participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is a lovely, beautiful day here in New York City. It is a big week for not only this city, but this show as well. We did a fantastic show for all of you on Monday. Had the likes of Sugar Sean O'Malley and Yuri Prochaska in studio because, of course, everyone is here for UFC 295 this Saturday at Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, the world's most famous arena. Tommy Aspinall against Sergei Pavlovich for the interim heavyweight title. And, of course, the main event, Yuri Prochaska against Alex Pereira for the vacant light heavyweight title. And when people are here, when there's a fight here of this magnitude, an event of this magnitude, we get to have a lot of in-studio guests, and that is the case for today's program. Now, also a big week for us because, of course, we have our Friday show live from the City Winery here in New York City on the Upper West Side. Tickets sold out in like two days. 
but I am excited to tell you all that the show will air live on our YouTube channel right here where you're watching this on Friday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Three surprise guests as of right now. It's going to be a grand old time. All of us doing a live show in front of a group of about uh, 200 people on Friday night getting you ready for UFC 295. Before I tell you about today's very special show, and before I bring in our first guest of the day, who I can't wait to have in studio, what a great honor this is, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but of course the UFC as well. If you haven't yet, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, use the code Hour. first time user, they hook you up, and that lets them know we sent you, and of course, a lot going on, as I said, this weekend with UFC 295. So a little something for everyone. Also, support for this show comes from Cash App. You can get your paycheck up to two days early when you deposit it into your Cash App account. Here comes the money. That's an extra two days to treat yourself while everyone else is just sitting around waiting for their money to drop. Basically, what that means is when you set up a direct deposit on Cash App, you get to live a full two days in the future. I mean, what's better than that? That's money. That's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store and set up direct deposit today. Thank you very much to Cash App for their support as well. All right, back into the show. Picks for the weekend, Parlay Boys, stay tuned for that. Also back into the show, On the Nose. I'm sure there's a lot you want to talk about. We'll take your questions. Shout out to mysterious moderator Frank, who has compiled said questions. Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Uriah Faber, the California kid, the freaking legend himself. The guy who put WEC on the map, put it on his back, carried them for years. The legend, many events I went to where he headlined at Arco Arena in Sacktown, the 916, having him in studio. And a little known fact, eh, it might not be little known because we've talked about it before. First ever guest in the history of this program back in June of 2009 was Uriah Faber. Stay tuned for that in studio. Prior to that, his guy, Slava Claus a.k.a. Vyacheslav Borshev, who meets Nazim Sadikhov this weekend at UFC 295, a proud member of Team Alpha Male. He'll join us in studio. He's got a great backstory. Uh, Uriah Faber anointed him Slava Claus, maybe because his name is hard for some to pronounce, but also uh, because he has just such a great demeanor and a great backstory. So Slava Claus is going to join us in studio at 3 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, we're going to be joined in studio by a good friend of the program, Anthony Smith, Lionheart, who's here to work the desk for ESPN. I'm sure he has some thoughts on the uh, main event. That's his division. Yuri Prochaska, Alex Pereira. We'll get his thoughts on all of that. And also, just great to have Anthony Smith in studio. Like I said, when there's a big event here, having people in studio is tremendous. But first, my friends, oh my God, I'm so excited about this. Uh, Our first guest of the day is joining us in studio. And he is a UFC slash MMA super fan. He's also a freaking legend in his own right. He is an international superstar. He has a new uh, comedy special coming out next Tuesday, November 14th. It's called Steve-O's Bucket List Tour. He just came out with his second book. He does it all on YouTube. He does it all on television. He does it all on the silver screen. He's doing it all digitally. He's doing it all freaking hard copy. He does it all. He is a renaissance man, a man of many tricks and trades. He is the one and only Steve-O of Jackass fame and other places as well. Wow, look at this. Steve-O, the man. Yeah, dude, what is happening? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, man. Thank you in studio? Me. This is incredible. I, 
didn't even know that you did this in New York City. Come on, man. You, you, you've watched the show before, right? You're familiar? You didn't know? You thought this was my basement too? Like, chill? I don't know, dude. Well, All I know is that I love you. I, I hit you up the other day. You did. On an unrelated thing. Unsolicited. And then I was like, oh yeah, I just landed in New York. You were around and... Here we are. Here we are. Serendipity. You know what's crazy about that? You, you hit me up about something MMA related, which yep. we could get into in a moment. Sure. And then you tell me you're free from this time to this time. Yeah. Then you tell me, actually, it didn't coincide with this, but I'm actually coming from another program. Can yeah, a talk we, show. A talk yeah, show. The Drew Barrymore show. Legend. Love Drew Barrymore. Yeah, who doesn't? 51st Dates. Right, and uh, they were running behind schedule. I was like, hey, I got to be at the MMA hour. And they're like, what? And, and What's they, that? And I, and I was like, I, I'm sorry, but I, I had to walk out. You left. I left, yeah. So you could be here on time. Yeah. And I told you 105, you walked in at 105. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm prompt. Yeah. And they weren't. I mean, things happen. Productions okay. get delayed. I'm not mad about it, but I'm also like, you know, I got I to gotta schedule. A lot of people would have just said, hey, Ariel, can I come in a little later? You didn't do that. You kept your word. So I appreciate that very yeah. much. Thank you. For sure. Uh, Thank you. Uh, so great to have you here. What brings you to New York? Are you here to promote? I'm here to special? promote my multimedia comedy special, The Bucket List. Yes. Steve-O's Bucket List. It's a wildly explicit, graphic, pornographic. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it really goes further than I ever could for Jackass. I had, How is uh, that even possible? Because we can't break the law on Jackass. And you can break the law on your well, own special? Yeah. You just I did mean, it. I just did it, yeah. Right. I, I, I had a, a multiple medical professionals literally steal drugs from the hospital, uh, general anesthesia drugs to administer uh, into a, a, an IV in my vein while I was riding a bicycle through a field. Um, a, a, you know, an epidural, it's a, yes. a, an injection My into your spine. It. She gave birth. Yes. Yep. I, I had uh, stolen drugs injected into my spinal cavity to render me paralyzed while I was in a full sprint. Like really high level, hilarious stuff. Yes. And, and all just <laughs> built into a, a just super crazy multimedia show. And it's finally coming out to the world on Tuesday of next week. I have many, many uh, follow-up questions to the things that you just said. First of all, you, you own all of this, right? So Correct. basically you don't have to play by anyone else's rules. Correct. And, and so where can someone watch this? Um, it's, if you go to stevo.com, that's where you can find it. We're, we're doing a uh, worldwide digital premiere at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday the 14th. Okay. You can get your tickets to that worldwide digital premiere now. There's like a live Q&A after, and, and anybody who gets a, a ticket to this has streaming for 30 days. Okay. Watch it as much as Is you want. Is this the future now? Like being <clears throat> in bed, and I think we're showing some of the uh, the highlights right here. Yeah, this there stuff we go. Is, I mean, just, it's just the tip of the iceberg. And I'm going to ask you about specific stuff in a moment, but you know, like I remember Andrew Schultz, the comedian. I don't know Correct, if yeah. he came in and he's like, I went solo and it ended right. up being, is this the future now? Like you don't need to be partnered with any um, big network or platform. You could do it on your own and make a lot more and maybe more importantly, not have to answer to anyone. That's the thing. Um, and, and I'd love it if it was a uh, kind of a strategic thing where it's like, oh, you know, in a business sense, it makes more sense. Um, for me, it was just a reality that 
what I made with this is so explicit that it just can't. Wow. It, it can't be on YouTube. It can't be on Netflix. And, and that's what, what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be crazier than anything I've ever done. Uh, how how long did it take for you to shoot this? Because like you're getting physically hurt. You yeah. need to take breaks. So uh, I worked on it for more than five years. Five years. Yeah. Wow. So this coincides with Jackass, with the filming of Jackass, the last uh, one that I, came out? I, I was working on this before the last Jackass movie. Okay. And during and after. Jeez Louise. So five years and it's finally coming out. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen the trailer, but there is an MMA component to this. There is. There's three MMA superstars in this film. Hall of Famers. Hall Chuck of Fam Liddell, Ronda Rousey, and your buddy, John Jones. Yes. Why my buddy? <laughs> why do you have to say it like that? What? I, mean, I saw a reason back and what? forth. I, 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 I don't I, know why he got so mad at me. I, I you know. I, he was I, very critical of Francis. All he said was his name. I said right. people were criticizing. Called me a backstabbing bitch. Yep. That wasn't very nice. He did call you that. And, and uh, I see both sides of this. You had brought up his name and then didn't complete your thought. Sure. If I completed my thought, it would have been even worse what I said. <laughs> I was actually trying to be nice to John by not going full with the thought. He, he was very critical. He said right. Francis was scared that he walked across the street. I just said people like John Jones. Right. Why is, how is that backstabbing? I, 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 I don't know. I, I know that, that John is... Um, I, love, I mean, John and I go way back. Yeah. John and I go go not way back, but but we we go back. Yeah, when we filmed the uh, the thing for my bucket list, that that happened um, in 2020. Okay, he was still the light heavyweight champion. Wow, you know he took the the hammer to my ear, literally a hammer, and I showed you. He, yeah. Blasted my so, so ear. So tell, tell us what are you trying to accomplish here? I was trying to get cauliflower ear. You wanted cauliflower ear. You wanted this. Why? Because when a man has cauliflower ear, he gets respect. Okay. <laughs> so this was like a goal of yours. <laughs> yeah, and you said, let me funny. go to the greatest of all time yeah. to give me cauliflower ear. And you're not going to do it in a fight or grappling or wrestling. Well, I tried that a little bit with Ronda Rousey. Okay. You know, but the first to... one was John? The first one was Chuck Liddell. First one was Chuck Liddell. And what did you try with, with Chuck? With Chuck, it, it was all like very elaborate. Uh, sports themed ways like kicking footballs into my head he shot a hockey puck into my ear uh, he hit baseballs into my ear he whacked a golf ball off my ear and uh, which one hurt the most the hockey puck man hockey. hockey pucks are serious yes very dense. And he was very close to you yeah Jeez Louise. Yeah, and, and uh, it seems that I just can't get cauliflower ear there are some people who cannot get cauliflower ear really why is that? I've heard this from many sources. Okay. That uh, they're just some people, wrestlers, wrestle their whole lives and don't get it. You're just a different level of alpha male. Yeah, You're perhaps. immune to cauliflower ear. Perhaps. But after I filmed that with John... Okay, then you went to John. Inexplicably, mm -hmm. out of nowhere, I just... John fell off the radar. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I know that I didn't do anything... To offend, like oh, with I didn't him, do anything with you and him. Me. Oh, interesting. Okay, just, all of a yeah. sudden, I was uh, I was non grata. Wow, you you wrote to him, he didn't write yeah, back. Yeah, I, I wrote to him, he didn't write back, and and it, it, I, I just didn't understand it. And then after you know a couple of years, that yeah, I reached. I was in Albuquerque. Right. I said, John, I'm in Albuquerque, and he was like, "Is this Steve O?" And I. <laughs> and then we're cool again. Then he came on your podcast, right? He came on my podcast back in 2020. Oh, okay. So this yeah. was after. 
And did you did you ever bring this up? Like, hey, why did you not respond? I don't. I still don't know. You didn't. You okay? He, like, uh, I, I was like, man, it's great to be back in touch with you. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I was just, you know, I was in, in a weird thing. You know. Okay. Now are like, you cool? Yeah, and now we're cool. Okay. Can, can you put in a good word? Or <laughs> I would uh, love to. Okay. Thank you. I, I would love to. I, mean, I don't get it. Backstabbing. What was weird about the comment <laughs> was he said you're backstabbing, but this is why I haven't talked to you for years. So if I'm like, how could I be a backstabber if you haven't talked to me in years? Right, right. Or if you're saying I haven't talked to you in years because you backstabbed, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I, I do love- have a theory as to what oh what it was. Tell me. I think that his old management, a- Abraham and Kawa Malky, yeah. and Maki, I think they had a problem with me. Oh, and that they put in a bad word on me, and John ran with that. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. He's not. With, he's kind of with them now, but like sort of. A lone wolf as well. But anyway, you're good with him now. I'm good with John now. And what you did on the film with him was uh, the, I saw, you showed me a clip before, so this is not, but like hammered. Yeah. This is insane. He like, laid his, at the time, the current light heavyweight championship belt. He laid the leather strap on top of my ear on his workout machine at his house. And he took a hammer to the belt with my ear in between the metal and the leather, and, and he's whacking it. And we, we were sure that would work, but what happened was my whole ear just exploded. Oh, my God. Doesn't that kill? Um, in the moment? No. Like, I, 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 I was fired up. Are you, are you taking anything to, <clears throat> to numb no. the pain? Nothing. It's been 15 years I've been clean and sober, and, and I've never taken a painkiller for, uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing, to, nothing going in and nothing coming out? Meaning nothing to like, like put you in a state where you may not feel something and nothing on the back end to... Right. Well, I mean, with that said, I mean, if I'm in the hospital and I'm having surgery, of course, they're okay. going to yeah, do yeah, general yeah. anesthesia. Uh, I'll, I'll take whatever a doctor gives me in the hospital. Okay. But once I, once I leave, I've sure. never even filled out a prescription for a painkiller. It's all Advil and Tylenol. Uh, how many surgeries have you had? <laughs> Quite a few. Like Quite a few. Over 20? I'm actually going in for a meniscus surgery. Um, coming up shortly. I had, I just got uh, hardware out of my collarbone. I, I had hardware in and out of my ankle. Uh, I had skin graft surgery on 15% of my body. Was that when uh, you did the, the snow angels? Yeah, yeah the fire uh, angels. Yeah, yeah. The fire angels, excuse me. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many total would you say? Over 20? Surgeries? I don't know about over 20, but uh, I'd say maybe a dozen. Is there any point, you're turning 50 next year, correct? Correct. Is there any point you're like, okay, I've, like, <laughs> is that it? Well, now, um, now the, uh, the stunts or, you know, whatever, the, the, the bits, the gags are, are going to be more uh, motivated by the fact that I'm that age. <laughs> so that, that doesn't mean you're stopping. It's just, you're now yeah, the 50. Yeah, you just got to evolve with it. You got to get in front of it. You got to acknowledge it. It's like, hey, you know. But is there a point where you'll say, you know, once I hit this age, I'm done? Um, I don't know that it's about an age necessarily, but um, my, my lady and I, yeah, we, um, we just bought a big property in Tennessee and, and uh, just kind of want to get set up there. Maybe even be just off grid and just call it a day. Wow. Yeah. No more, no more attention. No more spotlight. I mean, maybe. Do you yeah. crave that? Do you? Do, do, do you? I'm, I'm, an, I'm an attention whore at my core. Okay. Through and through. So I, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, I'd like to have the option of, 
I don't have to do anything. I can do it if I want. Right. Uh, we actually saw some footage there of your new property. This is a ranch in Tennessee. Yeah. You've got a, a huge pig that lives with you. Oh, there he is. What's his name? Yeah, that's Lulu. Lulu. Oh, yeah. is it a female? Um, it, it is Lulu. She's a female. Okay. Uh, I mean, that is, a, that is quite the hog. New pickup truck? Uh, well, it's a pickup, pickup truck that's new to us. Okay, it's yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Fair uh, enough. And this is, is this your wife or? Uh, that is my fiance. Fiance. When are you guys getting married? Um, imminently. Imminently. We've been waiting to get this property to get married on the property. Oh, wow. Yeah. And why did you choose Tennessee? Um, it's beautiful. There's um, no state income tax. Uh, I mean, look that, at this life. You know, You're like Beverly Hillbillies out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. The opposite. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at this. How many acres? 44 acres. 44 acres. Completely remote. Like, how far is your neighbor from you? Uh, neighbors are pretty spaced out. Okay. Yeah. That is incredible. Is this something you dreamed of? It, we've been dreaming of this for some time, yeah. How did you meet your fiance? On a job. She's a uh, production designer, um, art director. Okay. So this multimedia comedy special, she did the set design. I noted to you that the set yeah. was fantastic. All the different screens. I right. love this. It's a seven foot tall, 24 foot wide wall of television sets, all functioning, wired together, presenting the show. With and she me. designed this. <laughs> yep. And she found the T, like, sourced all the TVs, got them all wired together. Like, Incredible. she's amazing. Um, she's a part of the, the, the special as well. So there's, I mean, I guess you just have to find that special type of person who right. gets you. She's never tried to deter you from doing anything. She actually has. Oh, she has? Yeah, she is. Um, like which one? Um, she wasn't a big fan of the, the skyjacking stunt. What is that? That was, uh, <laughs> for many, many years, I, I wanted to avoid going skydiving. Okay. And my way of doing that was to say, hey, man, like, uh, if I ever go skydiving, I'm going to be completely naked and furiously servicing myself with another man strapped to my back. And I'll time it so that as I fall out of the airplane, I'll, I will simultaneously be just ejaculating. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was not an easy stunt. <laughs> yeah. Did it did it happen? Yeah. Wow. Is this in the special? Yeah, that's why. Oh, the, my God. That's and she didn't like that one? That's the big climax. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the, Part that's of the, the That's the, uh, the, the ending bit. It's, um, Why didn't she like that one? I feel like you've done worse than that in terms of your like affecting your body. In order to accomplish the, the task, because um, I, I, I had a, a man strapped to my back. Yeah. I was in this small little airplane full of dudes. I had to bring a uh, portable DVD player uh, and watch uh, a filthy movie. Okay. Which is something that I, I, I swore off of years ago. I really don't watch pornography. Okay. I think it's destructive to a healthy relationship. Okay. But I... Um, so she didn't want you to do that. This was for work. Yeah, no, of and, course. And, and the idea of me pleasuring myself to video footage of another woman was, was particularly upsetting to her as well as the idea of me, you know, Doing yeah. this on camera, like the women are weird. That's it, it, I can under, <laughs> totally understand where she's coming from, but it's just like you're taking a hammer to the head. Did, right, she's okay with that, yeah. but it's just like the moral. She she was there for the general anesthesia bike ride, but she could not bring herself to show up for the the spinal tap foot foot race. Right, right. 
and um, she really hated the cauliflower ear. Yeah, was she there for that? She didn't. She, she she came home while Chuck Liddell, Chuck Liddell was shooting my ear point blank with a paintball gun when when she got home. Oh my god! And she she can be heard off camera saying, "Does it have to be like an inch away from your ear?" Yeah. <laughs> Does she partake in any stunts? She she has. I mean, not like herself, but when 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 we did the Fire Angels and, yeah. I, and I was so badly burned, there were a series of explosions which filled the house with smoke, and we live in the Hollywood Hills, so Lux she. She knew that smoke was bellowing out of the doors and the windows, and she didn't want the neighbors to see that and called 911 thinking there was a fire. So she went around the house closing the doors and the windows so that we could keep shooting so that I could get so badly burned. Oh, my gosh. So she was helping you out. Helping. She, she's, a, she's a ride or die. A ri- absolutely ride or die. I saw her die. painting like your... Yeah. yeah what, she, what was going on there? Um, it, it was a, a, a just a funny gag um, where I went into a bunch of public situations uh, wearing an outfit that had my shorts simply painted on. Uh. So she painted on uh, my gym shorts so that I could go into a crowded gym and do a workout. She painted on uh, basketball shorts so that I could go, you know, uh, invite myself into a pickup game of basketball. She painted on a wetsuit, and I went surfing. But you're completely naked. Yeah. Everything. Okay. Yeah, she painted on uh, white tennis shorts, and I went to go get into some oh, tennis matches. Gosh. It was really funny. Um, so this comes out next Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Is it the, the stand-up that you're doing? I've always wondered this. Is that shot in one day, or is it a compilation? There, there, there were two shows in one night. Okay. And and, and uh, you know, I, I tell the story. I set up the bit, and then I pay off the bit with a video. Okay. And the videos, you know, as I said, they get so graphic and crazy that we have people passing out. Like, this is something that just started happening on tours. Legit passing out in their seat. There were five people who passed out at the first show that we taped and three people who passed out at the second show. One guy landed on his face in the center aisle and slid across the <laughs> aisle on his face. And... Uh, you know, we approached him to sign a release form because he would be featured. Yeah. But he was embarrassed. Of, uh, and so he's in the special with his face blurred. Is that like... Which a, sucks because you can't see the carpet burn he had on uh, his face. Oh, my God. Is that like a badge of honor when you see... I mean, I never wanted that to happen. It was never my interest to make people pass out. Like, uh, But once it started happening, I, I couldn't help but feel... Uh, level of pride. pride yeah i've never heard of people passing out at jackass movies that's true and, let alone eight total three yeah. and five yeah three and five and uh i mean it was like we definitely like we had people pass out all over the world on the tour so we knew yeah we knew that that, that was a thing um yeah it's just wild that what made what makes people pass out the most is uh a stunt called the vasectomy olympics oh my gosh yeah, because Lux and I, we don't want to have kids. So. Oh, okay. All right. So, so what... yeah, this, the whole show is a little bit of a love story, and the bits go in descending order of Lux's approval and support. I love it. Like, uh, the vasectomy, she's right there front and center. She's, she... when I'm dressed up as a piñata, and the, the kids are whacking me in the nuts right after my vasectomy. Oh, my God. Like, she's, like, pointing. She's, like, in the balls. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Wait, but what is the vasectomy Olympics? Like, you get a vasectomy and then you get nailed that, in the balls? Yeah, yeah, you get a vasectomy and then just a bunch of, like, rigorous activities. Wow. 
Yeah, based on a joke I heard when I was 12 years old, um, it was, what's the definition of macho? A man who jogs home from his own vasectomy. What? And, I, and I, I just always wanted to be macho, so I remembered the joke, and I thought, oh, I'll get a vasectomy and then do a bunch of stuff. And how did that feel? Uh, the, the bit really paid off. It like, did. Like we, we, went, we, 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 we went and we went until we knew that there would be like a, a satisfying payoff. Okay. Why don't you want to have kids? It's, uh, they're, they're, I'd say, a trifecta of reasons. There's um, my problematic DNA. Okay. <laughs> there, the, 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 like maybe I don't want to pass that on. Okay. There's what do you my, mean by problematic DNA? I mean, just my whole family tree is, is uh, on, on my mom's side, like 100% of the family tree is, is riddled with alcoholism and okay. addiction and gambling and suicide. And it's just... You know, it's problematic. <clears throat> then, uh, you know, I'm a little bit like I, I want to have a life. You know, like you have a kid and you kind of, it's not your life anymore. Sure, sure, sure. And the third piece is just the world. Like, do I want it on my conscience that I created a person to navigate this world? Right, right. If I were inclined, it would make more sense to uh, adopt an existing person okay. and improve their situation okay. rather than create a new person. Okay, that's interesting. Will, yeah. will you do that? Do you think you'll do that? No, nah, just we're going to adopt animals. Okay, perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and she's on board with this. She didn't want to have kids oh, yeah, either. She didn't want to have kids either. Okay. Um, so you 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 mentioned John. You mentioned uh, Chuck. With Rhonda, what did you do? Rhonda, we went for a more... Um, like traditional approach like uh you know we got on the mat she really grinded my ear oh it was more just like grappling grinding grappling a little bit of striking but it wasn't so colorful okay like uh at that point i was just trying to do uh what would be most effective and didn't work and her and travis like all day long travis too all all day long it's a big boy yeah and 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 can i just say how much i love Rhonda and Travis. Okay. Just wonderful people. Yeah. Did you go to their, they have a ranch too. Yeah. Right. That's where you went? In Riverside. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I feel like the left ear is a little bit, the left oh, ear. Yeah? No, no, this one. It is a little bit. No? Am I crazy? Uh, it, it, the one we were going for was the right. It was the right. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> I guess, maybe it's just the, uh, the lighting here. Have you ever done one and regretted it afterwards? Uh, I mean, stunt wise, um, the, the regrets are just when I didn't go for it enough. and, it, and it, Not that it went too far. It's yeah, when it go. didn't go far enough because the, like, uh, if I half-assed something and it didn't make yeah, the yeah. cut. Wow. This is all for naught. Right, like, yeah. yeah. But never that it went too far. You've never had it. I a- mean, whenever it's been me, um, the, the more um, you know, consequential, the, the more the, the damage or you know, the injury or whatever, it, that has just made it more notable. Right. It's made it uh, you know, better footage, like more like crazy things, sure, sure, more sure. another notch in my belt. Right, right. The regrets are whenever like somebody else was was Get harmed. Hurt. You know, like if I do harm to others, that's not cool. Right, right, right. Um so uh, this comes out on Tuesday. You also had a book that came out. Yeah, I had a book it? come out a year ago. Yeah, what is the book about? Um, it's a little bit of a kick in the nuts, right? Piece. Yeah, a hard kick in the nuts. Hard kick in the nuts. It's a book of wisdom, of you know, gleaned from a lifetime of terrible decisions. Okay, <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. Like your 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 your. I called you like a Renaissance man, but like your redemption story to where now you're still you know the same old lovable Stevo, but it just seems like 
your life could have gone in a totally different direction. Right. And <clears throat> somewhat reminiscent to a degree of Mike Tyson, who like could have taken that left turn and really, and now he's like Uncle Mike. Everyone loves yeah. Mike, right? And uh, I'm thinking in, in fighting terms here. You're, you could have been like that, you know, that E! True Hollywood story. Those don't exist right. anymore, but some, some people of sure. our age know what those are. And it's just amazing. Like you've got the shop, you're selling like the hot sauce, you're selling, selling the doggy bags, you're selling the butt wipes. Just, like, you've got a whole freaking empire. Well, thanks, man. I love I, it. I, I, I definitely, definitely am I'm, I'm trying my ass off and, and, and I appreciate you. And you've got an empire too, man. Yeah. Not quite yours, but it's amazing to see. I really do love it. Um, I even saw this. I don't think this is in the uh, doc um, or the special. Special is the right way to put it, right? Um, But I saw you with Michael Bisping. Ah, getting choked out. Yeah. And and I have to say, I think we have the footage of that as well. It seemed for a second like Mike got a little bit, here it is, a little nervous, right? Yeah. Okay, so can you tell for those that have never been in this position how this felt? Can you describe it? It's it's just creepy when when you get choked out like uh, it, it feels like it's everything that sucks about dying. <laughs> um, Look at and, that! Like right there, he's nervous. Yeah. You just black out. Yeah, you don't. And then when you wake up, you have no idea where you are. You're completely confused. And then it comes back to you, and then you're like, oh yeah. And it comes with this kind of a, a rush of excitement. You enjoyed it? I mean, it, it it's. Um, you know, I, I would class it as a free lapse. A free lapse. Yeah, okay. like like the, the, there was the um, like a, a, a girl got the, the, the guy Dylan Dennis. Yes. He, he choked out the this girl. girl yes, she yes, woke yes. up saying, "Oh, it's like better than drugs." Right, right, right. It feels a little bit like that. A little bit like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember when we first met, I think it was like 2019 when I was working for ESPN and I was blown away by your love of MMA and how much you follow everything. And in fact, you were the one who, and I relayed this to my friends at ESPN plus, you would get so, I remember you sent me this long voice note. Right. I was incensed. I was furious because on the fight nights, Saturday night, I, I would typically be doing shows and i would at the time be be, i was in still in comedy clubs so it would be like an early show and then a late show so i would be on stage while the fights took place and then i would get back to my hotel room at like you know one or two in the morning and now like i want to watch the fights but i have to go to the video on demand to watch them after the fact and when i got to the video on demand they would have the thumbnail would be an image of the person who won the fight like with their arms up celebrating and i'd be like you fucking assholes (laughs) like why why did you just give away the outcome of the fight the whole only reason anybody's going to the video on demand is to watch the fights like because they haven't seen them, sure. they don't need to be informed who won with the thumbnail. And you were pissed. I was so pissed. You and sent it, me like a three-minute voice note about it, so I sent it to them, and they've changed it. Yeah. Right? I, and I, I, I uh, complained to Dana. Dana <laughs> yeah, like... I, I, I think I, you went right to the top. I'm giving myself single-handed credit. 100%. For, for, they, they, don't, for they, don't do that. they don't do that anymore. Now, the problem is, and this is a new problem since, hey, tell me. since uh, the ESPN deal. Yeah. When you go to ESPN Plus Video On Demand, um, they, they should just have just the card, just the whole card. Uh, because what they do, you have to scroll through the library mm-hmm. of each individual fight. Right. And 
and and each individual fight that on the thumbnail they have a time code indicating how long the fight is. So the time code will give you give away whether the fight uh, yes, is is a, right. is a stoppage. Yeah, you know? if it's like an eight minute clip. If it's an eight minute clip, yes. then you know. And, and I don't want to know. So so uh, like so I like right. try to blur my eyes. <laughs> you know, I'm like ah, and I scroll through until I, just I get want the full three hours. Yeah, I just want the full three hours. And they don't put that up. Right. They don't. Uh, they, they do, but you have to scroll through. Uh, you, have to get, uh, you have to scroll through a whole that bunch be at of. the front. Yes. Yeah, it should be the first thing. Yes. And 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 I brought that up, and they were like, you know what? Like each thing is going to no. have a time. Code. Who did you say this to? Uh, Was I, it Dana? I, I have more clout there than he does. <laughs> <laughs> I would love. I mean, kill the time codes. Just kill. To kill the time. You codes. You don't need to Spend, put that up there. Yeah. Have a time code on the card. That's great. Sure. But don't have it on the individual fights. You're giving away the outcome. Okay. With the time code. I'm going to work on this. Yeah. Um, so are you, the, the, the thing I was wondering was, are you still following it as much? Big time. Big time. Big time. Everything. Yeah. You're like aware, like, uh, honestly. I'm a psycho. You are a psycho. This I'm is the psycho. number one thing you follow. Early prelims. Early like, prelims. Yeah. This Saturday, I'll be there. Are you, I was going to ask, are you going? Yeah. You got it. You're in they, they, like, to be fair, sometimes my, my lady uh, is still getting ready. I'm furious. I'm like, we're about to miss the first, first fight, fight pass yes. prelim. Wow. Like, we got to go. <laughs> I'll see you at the arena. I'll leave her. Yeah, really? <laughs> That's how into it you are. Yeah. And every Saturday you're watching, whether it's an Apex card. Yeah. And is it just much, UFC? Yeah. Or are you watching other You know, people? like, I, I just haven't gotten the bug for okay. any other organization. There's enough UFC. Like it's almost yeah. every weekend, so it's hard to watch like PFL or Bellator. Yeah, I've, I've uh, I, I have watched some Bellator. Not quite the same. Not the same, man. No. There's just something about the UFC. Yeah, no, it's an incredible production. So right now, like, who who's your favorite top? Like, man, that's a tough one. It's like asking, love? like, who's your favorite? What's your favorite candy? Okay, so it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just, I love them all. You love them all. I, I mean, is there I one guy, my like, favorite, ride or die guy, top of the list? Um. Um, I mean, how about this? Okay. The Vegas card in December. Oh, the one upcoming, yes. I mean. It's tremendous. Jesus. Yes. Are you going? I, I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's Leon unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That card is unbelievable. Who do you like in that main event? Uh, the, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington. I, I just enjoy hating Colby Covington so much that I kind of want him to win oh, so no. that he'll still be around for me to keep hating him. As, but he'll be champion. I mean, he'd like... He'll be insufferable then. Yeah, oh my God, the worst. Yes, Leon's such a great story. Uh, he, he is, and, and Leon's such a sweetheart. He is. Such a great guy. You know, so I... I, I and and the, I'm just admitting to you, this is the toxicity of, you know, I... I, I want Colby to win so that I can keep wow. hating him. That is and that's, it's, that's an embarrassing thing to admit, no, but I, I think that's why he's so successful. Nobody's going to miss a Colby Covington fight because they enjoy hating him so much. Yeah. There are other fighters that you really don't enjoy You're like hating. apathetic towards, right? Yeah. You have no emotional attachment to them. That's the worst <laughs> spot to be in. It's better yeah. to be the heel. For sure. That, that, was, that was the secret to Floyd's success. Once yeah. Floyd Mayweather became Money Mayweather, as opposed to Pretty Boy Floyd, who no one really cared about, everyone right. wanted to see him get his ass whooped and right. bought all his pay-per-views. Right. The guys who embrace that and understand that, like Colby, uh, chill to a degree. What, what, what's the line on that fight? At this exact juncture? Let's see. Let's see. What do you think it is? Ah, oh, man. It's, I'm going to say... I, I, think, I think Leon is, is probably a slim favorite. 
Oh, and nothing's working on my GC. What is the, what is the line for that fight? Oh, minus minus one twenty five Leon plus one hundred five Colby. There you go, man. See how I am. Very impressive, and I, and I think that it's because of his performance against Kamaru, the 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 yeah. third the third fight, the one right. in March. That because sure. I think a lot of people would have thought Colby. Well, yeah, the, the Leon was getting smoked, and then he got lucky with a head kick. But then something changed. The the last fight, right? He actually really won. He dominated that very one. Very reminiscent of uh, Aljo and Piotr Jan. You know, yes. there was like he was losing, and then the 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 DQ knee. Yes. But then he came back and and then dominantly won. Right. If not dominantly. No, it was pretty. I think it was four one or not controversial. Sure, sure. Although I take umbrage with the word "got lucky." I think. Okay. Le- I mean, that was okay. Fair. Incredible. Fair. He may have been setting it up. You never know. Fair. Uh, it was like a hail mary. Like he was down three <laughs> rounds to one. Right. Ten seconds left, or excuse me, fifty seconds left, or sixty seconds yeah. left. Oh, I'll um, give you that. I, I was watching that fight with uh, Patty Pimblett. Wow. Yeah. What? Where was that? Where were you? Uh, San Diego. Okay. Just you two hanging out. Um, he had a special party with his uh, manager. Graham. Graham. Yes. I really like Graham. Yeah, no, they're big, big fans of mine. They love <laughs> Yes, yes, they're huge. It, it was, it was uh, man, it was, it was an unfortunate week. That uh, that week of the, the Jared fight, Jared, Jared Gordon. Well, why is that? I mean, just with the... Uh, <laughs> with, 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 he tried to assassinate my character. Yeah. Didn't go very well. It, it, it really didn't. And then the fight didn't go well either. I thought right. I thought he lost that fight. Right. I mean, it was it was it was a, a fairly catastrophic week. Yeah. And from a PR perspective. From a PR perspective. I love the fact that you even know about all this. Oh, I know everything. You know everything. Like I like I, like, I, I don't miss a video from Full Mount MMA. Okay. From MMA Zone. From MMA on Point. I don't even. Okay, I know MMA on Point. The other two, uh, with all due respect, I'm not familiar with. The best one is Full Mount. Full Mount. Full Mount MMA is the best. They're getting a great plug here. Yeah, well, I what, watch. I watch aggregators. What do they do? They like they recap things. They, yeah, okay. the, the, it's it's every one of these channels is, has daily videos. And you're just sitting there consuming I, I it all. Consume it. I, I consume By the way, it. I have actually no animosity towards. Uh, Patty, Patty, and I, I. You know what? I, here's what I think. 2017, I was having him on the show yeah, before anyone knew who he was. For sure. And, and and here's what I think. I, I I I love Patty. I think that um, becoming a star, yeah. like, like like all of a sudden having a huge profile, it it comes with growing pains. Mm-hmm. It's very very difficult to be bestowed uh, prestige and influence and power without abusing it in some way. You get an ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's very natural. Yes. It's very natural. You get an ego. And I think if you're lucky that you learn quickly from the, the outcome of, uh, of you know, really ab- abusing this power. Mm-hmm. And, and I like to think that, that, the, uh, that the Patty Pimblett situation uh, was a learning experience. And I think that we're seeing that. I think we're seeing that. I think that the uh, the, the 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 ballooning in the weight is uh, is isn't happening in between camps yep. so much. I think that that uh, I would I would imagine that that Patty will come back on here and 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 make things right. I don't know. I hope so. I would love it. I've said he has an open invitation. Yeah. Um, I don't pay for guests. That's where the <laughs> understood. Uh, you know, I'm Underst- not... I, I, I understood. Yes. And I, I think. You know, I, I, 
I, I really think... I, I would love it. Nothing would make yeah. me happier. I've sent him messages. Uh, nothing would make me happier. In fact, I spoke to his good friend, Meatball Molly, recently, yeah. uh, who reached out to me and that really warmed my heart. Uh, so n- I, I said this recently on the show, I believe holding grudges is is like a form of cancer sure. in that like it's this poison in your yeah. body. And I don't want to have even Dana. If, if I saw Dana, I would shake his hand. I don't know what he would say, but like, I don't want to have any grudges in my life. Ooh. And, and and that's the thing. People are like, you, who are you beefing with? I don't want the beef. Right. Sometimes you have to speak up and, yeah. and stand up for yourself, but I, I don't seek it, contrary to what You don't want know. the beef, but you're also pretty sure that everybody else doesn't want the smoke. Old Ariel Hilwani over here. When you have receipts, when you are speaking the truth right. and others are speaking lies, it's very easy to speak your truth. Right. Um, I, I, was, I was wondering too, like, how many people are afraid to come on this show for fear that it might compromise their relationship with, with the brass? Dana, with the USC? None. Uh, there, there's one manager who who blocked all his uh, clients from coming on the show because he wanted to get in Dana's good graces, had a great relationship with this man, and he blocked all his clients from coming on. And because he does great work for the clients, they're like, all right, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to come on because I'm going to listen to my manager who said, hey, if you want to remain in the UFC's good graces, uh, don't come on Ariel's show. The thing is, a lot of those fighters would then text me on the side saying, I hate that this is the case. I'd like to come on. It helps me. Right. It helps you. It's great. Uh, over time, some of them have said, come on, we're coming on the show. Who cares? Because they see the likes of Conor McGregor, right. Israel Adesanya, Sean O'Malley, Europe, and the list goes – and. It's all good. You know, like right. today we have Faber coming in. Anthony Smith works for ESPN. On Monday we had Sean O'Malley in. We had Yuri Prochaska. It's, I, would, I would guess that 98% of what we talk about here is positive promotion for sure. the UFC. So I don't – I'd like to believe that everyone understands that. Even if they may not like me as a person or there's a grudge or a beef, they understand that. So it's – there's really – no one has ever said no for that reason. Right. Other than the ones who can't because this one manager is blocking them because he's trying to be – uh, in Dana's good graces. All right. You know who this manager is? I uh, want to see. I want to know how deep you go in the rabbit hole. I mean, it, like the. Uh, it it can't be Ali. Of course it, it is. It is. Yeah, wow, that's crazy that you knew that. It's crazy that you knew that. Because uh, like, uh, are you not talking with Rose? Are you not talking with Justin Gaethje? Uh, Rose is not with him. Gaethje is. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I was thinking him. of the Denver connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. Gaethje is with him. Gaethje's with him. Rose Khabib. isn't. Khabib doesn't come on, no. Um, but some of them do. Kayla Harrison, Derek Brunson. Uh, there have been some over the years, Marlon Moraes, who do come on. I like him. I, I like Ali. Yeah, yeah. No. He, 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 uh, There's a lot to like. He, he uh, introduced himself to me at one of the fights. He, um, he, he said, let me give you my number. You know, I'd love to, to get Kamaru on, on your show. Kamaru's not coming on here, huh? Kamaru's not coming, no, no. Yeah. But, I mean, he's smart for doing that. He should have Kamaru. Yeah. Like, Kamaru should be on your show. It's a great audience. Yeah. It's a great platform. So that's why, like, he does right by the clients. Unfortunately, he thinks that, you know... Uh, blocking them from coming on this show gets them in... Uh, I'm interested that you think that knowing about Ali is going deep. Like, he's the, the most, like, front and center manager yeah, but there you're is. Steve-o. I don't right. know how deep you go. Like, yeah. you're, it blows me away when people know anything going on. I, I, this, this blew me away, truly. 
I guess because I think we're still like a little engine that could. I, someone sent me a clip of Travis Barker. Are you, are you familiar with yeah, him? Yeah, he's, he's a huge fan. He was saying on a show that every night he goes to bed listening to this show. He's like, you know this guy, Ariel? He goes to bed. I'm like, you're sleeping with a Kardashian and you're like, hey, Ariel's on. I'm going to bed now. Like, I right. love this. That just blows my mind. That truly blows my mind. You know who's a huge fan? I might have told you this before. Anthony Kiedis. Huge fan of MMA. That, that oh, I, my God. We, we went, my, my, my girl and I... Flew ourselves to Dallas to be present at the uh, uh, Tyron Woodley, Darren Till. Oh yeah, okay. There was like there was like Tyron Woodley's last win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> and, and uh, it was a great win. Yeah, and um, and and it was the one that Dana opted to not participate in yes. the press conference. <laughs> yes, yes. Which, which gave me access to Dana to, to like film some, some awesome thing with him that I was very grateful for. But we showed up at that event in Dallas and uh, part of the course, we walked in to, to watch the first fight pass prelim. Amazing. And my seat was marked right next to Anthony Kiedis. He was already in his seat. Wow. We sat there and watched fights with Anthony Kiedis, front man of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for six hours. Wow. <laughs> Nonstop. And, and I remember thinking when I sat next to him, I was like, keep your cool, man. Keep your cool. Don't be annoying. Don't yeah. bug Anthony Kiedis. And, and, but it was just like he, he wanted to just talk fighting for six hours. That's amazing. It was the best night. And, and, and why not boxing? It's all of the hugging. Uh. You know, like I just, it's just like, okay, hugging, break it up. I'm right. like hugging, yeah. like yeah. break it up. Like I just can't, I can't do it. You like the uh, constant action. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, when, when they start hugging in MMA, it's awesome. What about all this influencer stuff? You like any of that when they cross over Ooh. Logan Paul, <laughs> Dylan, Jake Paul, KSI? You watch any of that? I can't, like, yeah. uh, I can't watch that. You know what? That, I, uh, I feel like I did buy one Jake Paul pay-per-view and i can't remember Anderson what silva nate diaz no, dude i watched the jake paul nate diaz match yeah with dana you did yeah what is that crazy yo that's insane, <laughs> it's insane. where um <laughs> what it, flex uh it was um in Tennessee, they had a fight night there. Yes. This you were there. Where, Corey this, Sanhagen against Rob Font. Yeah, Rob Font and Corey Sanhagen. That's right, same night. And, and uh, it was not a thrilling main event. It was not, yes. Um, Dana left in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the fight, right? Yeah, and, and, and it was... Um, it wasn't like like the normal, like, Dana's room and, you know... It was like... It was much smaller, uh, like deal. And okay. we, we went in with the, we just came in after the fight just to say what's up to Dana. Okay. And uh, and it just so happened the TV like there was Nate Diaz is walking out on the TV, and just like we're just sit down and watch it. What was that like? It it felt almost like when I was at Charlie Sheen's house. Okay. And and, and like watching the premiere of Two and a Half Men. The very first episode that had Ashton Kutcher on it. Oh my god! <laughs> like, analogy. Yes. After he got and, the boot. And, yeah, and and I mean, not that Dana got the you know. No, of course, just but like it, something that is counterintuitive that somebody's watching because yeah, you're wow. thinking they're not into it. By the way, why were you at Charlie Sheen's house? Because we had <laughs> because we had filmed the. Um, uh, the Comedy Central roast of Charlie Sheen. 
Okay. This is where Mike Tyson was there. Yes. And I convinced Mike Tyson to hold his fist out and so I could run and dive into his fist with my face. <laughs> and and I broke my nose on Mike Tyson's fist. Wow, you broke your nose from that. It was unbelievable. Somebody's got to bring this up. It's okay. the, this is the most unbelievably awesome thing. And it was featured in my second comedy special. But <clears throat> Charlie Sheen was, was a mensch. <clears throat> he invited... I love that you just used Mench, by the way. Yeah. That's yeah, tremendous. Yeah. He, he invited everybody who participated in the Charlie Sheen roast to his house for when it aired. Okay. And it just so happened to be airing the roast of Charlie Sheen uh, as the lead-in to, even though it was a different network maybe, but as soon as the, the roast ended, uh, on like the switch over and, and the two and a half men yeah. is, is beginning. And, and the first thing that they did on that episode was to... Uh, to kill off Charlie's character and introduce the new one. And they had like this urn, which was the, the ashes of Charlie Sheen. And there was like some, you know, uh, thing and the urn goes flying up in the air and there's a cloud of, uh, you know, a cloud of the ashes. And as the ashes settled down, Ashton Kutcher emerged behind. And, and Charlie Sheen, he said, Oh, that's good. Really? <laughs> oh, that was good. And, and, and I remember that night, too, uh, I, I went over to Charlie, took a photo with him. I had my black eyes still from the Mike Tyson right. thing. I said, I said, Charlie, let me get a selfie. I took the, the photo, and I said, do you mind if I tweet this with the, the caption saying, I think I'm at the world's most expensive crack house. Oh <laughs> and he said, hilarious, go for wow, it. Wow, <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, I tweeted that I was at the world's most expensive crack house. Uh, yeah. Okay, what was more awkward, watching that or watching... It wasn't awkward at all, watching the Jake Paul. It wasn't, okay. Was, way, he rooting, with, was he rooting for Nate? That's his guy, uh, I imagine. He doesn't like Jake, he likes Nate. He, he, he was, uh, I, I felt very objective. Not like I didn't detect like uh, any, okay. any vitriol or bitterness. Shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was interesting. Right. It was an interesting thing. Well, the, the thing that I always say about uh, Dana is like he won the race. Not only did he win the race, he has generational wealth. Many, gen so like the things that I think <clears throat> would fire him up back in the day don't fire him up anymore. That's why he needs to do things like the slap league and all that. Because he needs that. 2008, 2009, 2007 Dana to come up. Cause like he, look, look at the money he has, look at the fame he has, look at the fortune that he has, right? So people think that even the Nganu thing, people think that he's like at home going like, fuck Nganu want. No, we should talk about the Nganu thing because yes, the, the reason I reached out to you was that uh, you tweeted this uh, this graphic thing that everybody thinks it's such a gotcha moment yes. that, that this pay-per-view with Fury and Nganu only did 67,000. Which is incorrect. Which is incorrect. And your tweet, um, I, I perceived to be... Um, you were making the argument that the pay-per-view was not a failure, that it was viewed so much on, on uh, cable television in Europe and in the UK, and that uh, for this yeah. reason and that reason, you were arguing that the pay-per-view was not a failure. And I felt compelled to text you <laughs> saying, hey, look, let's assume it was a failure. Uh -huh. Let's assume it was. Let's assume nobody watched Tyson Fury and Ngannou. That doesn't change the fact that even though nobody saw it, 
everybody heard about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody heard that Nganu shocked the world. Everybody felt that they missed out because they didn't see it. And everybody now is just clamoring, if not clamoring, just ready, standing by to mark their calendars to purchase Nganu's next, next fight. Yes. Which is why I disagree so much with Chael's assessment of the situation. Chael made the argument that that Francis fumbled the bag after all mm -hmm. because, according to Chael, if if Francis had not taken the time off, if if Francis had stayed active in the UFC, maybe stringing four fights together would have earned him the bag that he got for the one boxing match, right. which... Okay, <laughs> you know. I'd rather okay, fight that, that, once that, get, yes. Yeah, that's it. That fighting four times to break even on one boxing match is is an is an argument. But I submit that now Francis controls the bag. Mm -hmm. Now Francis like is is in the driver's seat. Now Francis, his next boxing match. Like is worth bigger. way more than ten million dollars for him. Absolutely. Like we're we're into the exponentials now that the world is chomping at the bit to see Francis box again, which is why I don't understand for the life of me why they're talking about Deontay Wilder doing MMA. So there's a few. Okay, so can I say a few things to that? Of course. Number one, I never sat on this show and said this is going to be like the blockbuster pay per view of the century. <laughs> um, it was an audition. It was a, it was it was Francis's audition as a boxer. Yes, and he smashed it. Yes, so but now the, he's got the thing the job. is, the, some of the people, the detractors, going into the surreal gun fight in 2022, they said it's a mistake to not resign, right? Because what if you lose the belt? Now you've lost all your leverage. <laughs> then he wins that fight. He retains the title, right? And he won it in shocking fashion, being outstruck and having to wrestle wrestle with a bum knee, with a torn ACL. Yeah. Right down two rounds to none against the younger guy, the protege, and he beats him in the last three rounds. Unbelievable. Then he's out for a year, and people said, take the new contract. Take the new contract. You get the Jones fight and other fights. Take the new contract. He doesn't take the new contract. Then at the very end, they try one last time. He says, no, I want to be a free man. They said he was an idiot for, for not taking the contract. Then they said he was an idiot when everyone under the sun was like, BKFC, one championship. We don't want anything to do with Francis. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fumble the bag. That's where that all started. Then yeah. he was an idiot for signing with PFL. You went from the UFC to the C-Leagues, PFL. What the hell is that? Who are you going to fight there? Idiot. Right. Then he was an idiot for having a clause in the contract with the PFL that he can box as well. Why would you go out and box, get embarrassed, get knocked out, and then you'll be less of a draw in MMA. Just stick to MMA. Then he was an idiot when he got the Fury fight, and they said, you're going to get clowned by Fury. You're going to get clowned. Right. Then he gets the Fury fight, and we're there, and it's like, oh, actually, he did well. He shocked the world. He may even have won, but you know what? The event lost a ton of money. They spent over $100 million to bring all, all those celebrities. Did you see the pomp and circus? Th that was Chell's point. Right. It lost a ton of money, right? It lost then a ton. Francis didn't lose shit. Didn't lose shit. Then they said the pay-per-view bombed. And so everyone parroted the 67K number. But yeah. what I was trying to explain to the world was that's just one platform. You're going with the ESPN Plus number, which, by the way, it's closer to 75, but that's neither here nor there. I said on Monday that it actually did minimum 400K. I was wrong. It actually did closer to 500. So that's why I was, ha I was like, four. so you're talking about a 500K pay-per-view worldwide. I'm talking about DAZN, TNT Sports in the UK and Ireland, uh, ESPN Plus in America, and then uh, pay-per-view in Canada. 500K for a 
a boxing match that everyone said was a sham, that everyone said he was going to get smoked, that everyone said wasn't even like a real fight. And oh, by the way, this would be one of the highest selling, if not the highest selling pay-per-view events involving an MMA fighter that is not promoted by the UFC. Do you understand yeah. what that means? Sure. That, that, that's, that's, that's a gigantic win for Francis Ngannou. But still people want to say he fumbled the bag, he fucked up. My point all along was he won every step of the way and now, to your point, is going to win even more right. on the back end. And that's where I thought we had this disconnect and I still don't understand why people can't concede. He ro- but he could have gone knocked out in the first round and then he would have truly fucked up. But he didn't. So why can't right. we just say he won? And that's it. And it doesn't affect the UFC. The UFC is not going to go down the drain. They're going to sell out this. Nothing changes. But just give this guy right here, that guy right there, give him props right there for that right. moment. Give him props. For that's sure. it. That's it. Now, I said that the whole situation, to create an analogy, that that it, it reminded me of the Jersey Shore show on MTV. These people, the Jersey Shore, they were paid absolutely nothing for mm-hmm. the first season. But they went on to make $100,000 per episode Crazy. in subsequent seasons. And that's because they had to pay their dues, they had to establish the show as a hit, and then they got to renegotiate their contract. That's what Francis did. Yeah. Now he's in a Jersey Shore situation where what he does next, he has unbelievable leverage right. because he's proven himself to be a hit. So your response overall, and by the way, I love it that you agreed with me. You said that the PFL needs to get its investment back. Yes. So the PFL signed him to this deal in May, and they are owed one fight in 2024. And so they're acknowledging that as of right this moment, there isn't an MMA fighter out there who is now at the level of Francis in, in, in like a superstar type of way, right? No, because now he's just like a megastar. Everyone's clamoring to get him to fight for them. And so they say, all right, let's continue with this. This is what they're thinking right now. It's not a done deal, but this is what they're thinking. Let's continue with this boxing theme. But now let's have the boxer come to MMA and have this. But you're not buying it. I'm not buying it, so, and I think that it's 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 inherently fraught with the same problem that we all thought Fury and Ngani was was that it's not a, a compelling competitive contest. Sure. This is Deontay Wilder with four ounce gloves. Special rules, probably no kicks, no takedowns. So what it would really probably be is a boxing match in a cage with four ounce gloves. Special not, rules. No, don't love it. You'd rather him just fight MMA guys. I mean, you and I are in agreement that that Francis the boxer is the story. We've come this far. Yeah, no, I agree. We've come this far. But how does PFL get the money back? How, How do they, like, they're paying him. I mean, is, uh, is, is PFL, they don't have any taste of the boxing? They don't even get a sniff? No. Isn't that amazing? What a deal. Francis gets to go out and he, that's what I'm trying to tell everyone. Right. He, he cut the greatest fumble, deal of all time. Yeah, he did not fumble the bag. I they don't think. get a percentage, zero. They get nothing from the boxing. Wow. So they're like, yo, I think. Can, I, can they tell him who to fight? In boxing? And why would zero. Deontay Wilder do this? Because he's a crazy SOB and. They're going to pay him a ton of money. Crazy how? Like Antonio Brown crazy? No, no. I just think he's the one guy. Because ultimately, special rules is, is just going to be four-ounce gloves boxing. It's just going to be. So, like, that guy is one of the hardest-hitting heavyweights in the world, if not the hardest. So he'll, he'll probably be like, all right, fine. All right. No and, kicks. And then you know what? I, I'm, I'm warmer to boxing with four-ounce gloves. Be kind of crazy. I agree like, with you, by the way. Like, if you I, – I said this to, to Don Davis, who's the, the, the founder of PFL. I'm more interested now in the Francis 
boxing sure. story. So 100%. like, give me Francis versus Deontay in a boxing ring. Francis versus Deontay in a MMA cage was, I, I actually like the boxing. Big time. Right? Big time. Because it's just like, let's see how far this can go. Let's right. see how many more, you know, tricks he has up his sleeve. Right. And, and, uh, and, and Deontay Wilder uh, lost to Fury twice. Yes. There was one draw and then two. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's. But he, he's an incredible fighter. Like, I mean, losing to Fury is nothing. Also, it's like you can't do I that. I know, but, but like. They, sure. So that is it a step down? It, there's there's parody there. Yeah, but he beats Wilder, then he gets the Fury rematch. And now you're talking gigantic. Right. And, and what's this Usyk yes. thing? Like, uh, he's, he's incredible. He's a guy who came up from cruiserweight and now. I think, I think that the better, the boxing. Yeah. Nganu and Wilder. Nganu beats Wilder, then gets. Those, the, that's what I like. Okay. That's right. what I like. All right. And uh, and the PFL, hey, you know what? SOL. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. they fumbled the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, and by the way, man, what a treat to get to talk to you this for, is so, so, for so long. It's and, amazing. And, uh, I'm I'm just cognizant. You said you had to leave at two. And it's already I? two, yes. You told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 2.01. I don't want to fuck you. You, uh, you were kind to me. So I don't... I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Okay. We, we, we just need to talk about upcoming UFC fights. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, we've got uh, Alex Pereira. Yes, Yuri Prochaska. Is uh, Alex Pereira's a small favorite over Yuri? Do you, do you bet as well? No. Okay, you just like to know who's the favorite. I love to know who's okay. the favorite. Here's the other thing that I that uh, I told... T- <laughs> I was I was at Dana's house. Okay. <laughs> anyway, when you're chilling with Dana, like, can you put in a good word? Like, I, hey, you know, that Ariel guy is actually not too bad. No, I, you know what? I think like it's I, probably not. That, that's probably a, a bridge too far. Okay, fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> just if it comes up, you know, like, just but, feel free. But, I mean, I just like uh, I like to try to play the Rogan angle, cool with everybody. Uh, Switzerland, that's fine. <laughs> Switzerland. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, we were watching um, in February. The uh, Volkanovski versus Islam one. Oh yeah, and you're watching uh, this at his house. Yeah, because uh, it was it happened in Perth. That's right. And uh, and I had a it was a Super Bowl weekend, and I had a gig in Vegas for Super Bowl weekend. Okay, it was like host a party at the you know the whatever Amazing. casino. Get paid. And, yeah, get paid to watch the Super Bowl. Sick. So I, I guessed that, that Dana wouldn't fly all the way to Perth, Australia, and that he would be in Vegas for, for the fights. And so I just hit him up, like, yo, what did... And he said, yeah, you know, come on over. Like, uh, you know, we're watching the fights at my house. So we're, we're watching the fight. Great fight, by the way. The Volkanovski. Oh, yeah. By the way, when you're watching with him, like, is he... Because I've heard he'll call and he'll say, like, why'd you air that? Are you watching oh, the... They, that must be fascinating. Th- this is the this is the greatest thing. Okay, I had two uh, things I wanted to bring to Dana. Okay, <laughs> said number number one, like um, like would it like it would for curiosity's sake, I would love it if the inspection zone where they're putting the Vaseline, where yeah. they're checking the the gloves, the mouthpiece, the cup, if the inspection zone. Uh, they were standing on a scale so that you could know. Oh, I love that. So that you could know as the weigh. fighter steps into the cage how much they weigh. Oh, like, what an it, idea. It, they used to do this in HBO Boxing. They would say like, oh, Bernard Hopkins weighed in at 175 on Friday, but tonight he enters the arena at 186. I love that. I, I, I would love What that. an idea. I yeah. love this. What did he say? He said that, um, that uh, 
the, 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 the weight, weight cutting is just too much of a hot button issue and that they wouldn't want to. Yeah. Oh, it would be fascinating because you'd be like, Alex Pereira is walking in right now. Right. With 225 right. for a 205. Ah, oh, it's great. Well, thanks, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you oh, agree. I love that. Absolutely gonna, love it. Never going to happen because they don't want to draw attention to the weight cutting. All right, fine. Um, my second thing was, uh, you know, I think everybody agrees open scoring, but. Love it. I love open scoring. I'm a okay. huge proponent. You hate it. I mean, I understand. I want to know. I said I've got the compromise. Okay. Like, forget open scoring, but let every round begin with the live odds. Okay. Then, then, you know, like, you've got, like, you know the odds at the beginning of the fight. Like, why not, like, have so they that, have them pop up, but you want it before every round. They have them pop up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's no, like, uh, I, I, let the live odds be, and, and this, when I said this to Dana, he got, he, 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 he said, hey, it was like a voice text. <laughs> he said, hey, uh, you know, Next round, get the the live odds uh, on the screen. And you saw, and and it happened <laughs> yeah. in real time. Like uh, it was, it was so rad. And and Dana said, I don't disagree with that. I, li I like that, but we haven't seen that get implemented okay. on an ongoing basis. Then I was I was in Australia for my tour, and we were watching uh, Alexis Grasso against Shevchenko. Two. Um, not the two. The two was on the Mexican. Uh, yeah. Oh, the first one. In Vegas. The first okay. one. Uh, John Jones, surreal gun card. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, and I and I text. I was like, let me get the live odds <laughs> for this. And and the live odds going into round two. If it was round two, I'm I don't, I'm not sure. But the live odds going into that that round was like they had the 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 odds had swelled wow. to like like it was like Sagrasso was minus one thousand. Uh, or sorry, Chepchenko was yeah, minus yeah. one thousand favorite. Yeah, yeah. And it was so meaningful to see that minus one thousand number, like at the opening of the round, where Alexa Alexis yes. shocked the world. That's incredible. Yeah. But they're not doing it. They're not doing it routinely, and I think that the argument is um, is is that for me the same argument as open scoring, where if it's becoming a total blowout, a landslide, why would you draw attention to that? You know, like it makes, it, it, it could take the the luster. I get the, that, but if the, the fighters compelling. don't know. So like, I think a lot of the detractors for open scoring right. will say the fighters will know they're up so big right, they can right, take right, their foot right. off the gas. They'll but coast. if it's just, just for the broadcast, they don't actually know. Right. I just love, like every other sport, you know where you stand, right? And so uh -huh. I just feel like going into a title fight where your life could change forever, you should know if you're 2-2, two, 3-1. Two, right. you, you deserve to know that. How about the judging going on over here? Nah, it's, well, that's the, that's the main reason. You should at least be armed with that. <laughs> at the very least, give it to me before. If, if you're worried about it affecting like the whole fight, give it to me before round five where a fighter knows he has to either go for broke or he's actually not up or, you know what I mean? Like they deserve to know that. And I can guarantee you it will make for better round fives because that fighter will go for broke and he won't, you know, how many times has right. it been like, oh man, I thought I was up 3-1 and uh, in the end it was 2-2 two, two, and I lost that fifth round. You know what right. I mean? So just, I just think that they should be armed with that knowledge. There's so much at stake and the discrepancy between becoming champion and the money that you make and the money that you make when you're just like number eight is so large. They should know. They should know where they stand. 
Yeah. I feel very passionate about this. And I also feel very passionate about the fact that the refs and judges, there should be transparency. When you fuck up, like that judge who screwed up in the last round of the uh, Grasso-Shevchenko yeah. fight, like you should be able to come out and tell the world why you scored that a 10-8. Right, right, at the press conference. Yes. <laughs> Put out a statement. <clears throat> at the very least, talk to the fighter and tell them so they know what you're thinking. But they, right. these guys get to scurry off and they're never heard or seen from again. The draw that we saw in the main event this past weekend um, was based on a 10-8. On a this past two weekend was Jalton Almeida and Derek yeah, Lewis. Yeah. The draw. God, I made, that fight made me mad. <laughs> why? I mean... I get it, but it, it was it was basically a heavyweight version of Sandhagen versus Font. Rob Font, yeah, yeah, you're same hundreds. exact dynamic. He just he smothered him. But why yeah. why is that Almeida's fault? Lewis couldn't do anything. It was working. He was. I, I mean, I, I okay. I'll tell you what. Tell me. It's a it's a sport, and in, in sports you, gotta you win. wanna win. Yeah. But it's also entertainment. Right. And Almeida got the W. And he on moves his on. Record, yeah. But. He he did not get any new fans, I don't think. Yeah, you know what? Next fight, he comes back, he knocks a guy out, everyone forgets, and they're like, okay. "Oh yeah, you're on a seven fight winning streak, and you beat Derek Lewis in the mid." Like no one remembers. I still remember Derek Lewis and Ngannou. Yeah, Der- Derek Lewis at least had the 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 excuse that his back his was bad. Ngannou had yeah. no excuse. Ngannou was just coming no, off his loss to Stipe. It was mental. And then yeah, yeah, he couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. That was a crazy. I pay attention, Ariel. I love it. Uh, okay, so this weekend, uh, Aspinall Pavlovich, Aspinall taking the fight on two yeah, weeks' notice, and Aspinall is a slight favorite. Slight favorite. I did, I did look this he up. Is, he is. Uh, I, your... I, I would. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't. I, I was a little bit surprised that Aspinall is the favorite there. He's so good. If if he had a full camp, it would be a no brainer favorite. I can, I can understand your trepidation. I think what happened to Voke is giving some people some pause, right? So good, short notice. Will he be at his best? But uh, yeah, I like Aspinall. And what was that Aspinall injury? Like, was that something that we got to worry about? The knee? Yeah. Well, he's come back since then. Right, no, he looked fantastic yeah, he looked in fantastic. his last fight. But no, it's a serious thing. Yeah, he looked unbelievable in yes, his last fight. he looked incredible. Pavlovich is great too. Pavlovich, I just feel like, is is just really scary and just kind of just gonna be a tank that just goes you know it's been almost more well-rounded in my opinion yeah like fight to the ground he's like a Kane velasquez slash frank mir hybrid you know what i mean with the grappling with the striking yeah. the body type um so you're leaning towards i like aspinall my money would go on sergey okay. uh what about main event uh, Alex Pereira and I just like Yuri's so likable. He's, he's such a cool he's, dude. He's sitting and, there on Monday and he's like so intense. Yeah, just it, I'm. Is Anthony Smith here? He's here. Yes. Because uh, I would like to give Anthony Smith a hug okay. and tell him that the whole Alex Pereira beef with Anthony is just absolute. Bullshit. He would love to hear that. I, I just think it's absolute bullshit. Anthony was not out of line in any respect. Alex got all crazy in his feelings and like, come on, it's, it's absolute bullshit. And with all the the Izzy Dick riding, like, and just uh, this Alex Pereira, it's he's just not doing it for me, man. Okay, so you're going with Yuri. Yeah. 
Fuck, this is. I'm great. going with Yuri, and I'm and, and and I think you can tell with like you know I'm a, I'm a passionate guy. I love that. You know, him. like where where I where I dislike you know like I I'm, I'm invested in 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 what I want. I want Yuri to win so bad. Wow, I, I love want this. I want Yuri to win so bad. I love this. Uh, I mean, he was the king. He never lost the belt. Right, and Yuri is way more well-rounded than Alex. Sure, but what Alex is doing is pretty damn amazing. He could go from being a two-way world champion in glory kickboxing to now, in the span of like less than two years, be a two-way UFC world champion. Pretty remarkable. I get but it. I agree, I agree with you. With one tool, a left. One, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. But it's a pretty damn good tool. I mean, it, it was Yuri choked out Glover Teixeira yes. and then the waning seconds of that fifth round. Like... I just think uh, Alex and Izzy both—they're—I mean—they're grappling. Whoever was making fun of their grappling, mm -hmm. if it was Ben Askren or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like it was. I mean, it was like, come on, Yuri. Just, I know. Just, just put him to Yuri should do to Alex what John Jones did to Cyril Gone. Yeah. Just play it safe. Get him down. Tap him out. Go home. First round. Get out of there. I love your passion for this. It's truly <laughs> Thanks, infectious. Uh, I wish I could sit here with you for three yeah, hours. We, we don't do it enough. We don't. Anytime you're in New York. Now you know we're here. Yeah, I love it. Please tell me. Uh, all right. So the, the special comes out next Tuesday, November 14th. Steve-O's Bucket List Tour. Steve, it's not Bucket List Tour. The tour's over. It's over. Now this is the Bucket List special. It's, it's a Steve-O's Bucket List. He showed me some of it, and it's absolutely insane. There's the, uh, the poster right yeah. there streaming November 14th uh, on your website. Stevo.com. Stevo.com, and that is where that is where it's happening. Man, it's 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 truly surreal for me as a kid who was watching, you know, Jackass in like 1999, 1998, to like call you a friend to talk about MMA and see your pat. It's just, it's uh, it's it's amazing. It I really love it, is. Man. It and, really is. And uh, and for all of your controversies, for all of your beefs, I submit that you still do not have a single chink in your armor. Wow. I, I don't think anybody's ever gotcha. I just don't think so, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, that I think that you've been maligned. I think that you've been defamed. Mm. I I think that uh, that you've been done wrong. I appreciate that. And and and, and it's I, 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 there's always a reason for it, but it's never because you had a chink in your armor. Uh, they they say, oh, he's a victim. He's just a, you don't he's miss. Up. Yeah. I, I, I don't want the smoke. Yeah. You won't get it. You won't get it, my man. There he is, Steve-O. We're going to take a quick break. Sean O'Malley from Monday, and then we'll be back with Lionheart Anthony Smith. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Hour. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 
Hope and Wire, text Hope and Wire, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. That was my conversation with Sugar Sean O'Malley from Monday. You can see that on the YouTube channel right now. Tremendous stuff. Uh, from Steve-O. Go check out the comedy special November 14th. And now, without further ado, let us bring in the pride of Nebraska, my old friend, Mr. Lionheart, Anthony Smith. Come on, <laughs> guy. Oh, look at this guy. What a lovely gent. Look Thanks for doing setup, this. dude. Yeah, first time for you. Yeah. The, After you know, all these years. You think it's like just a... Everyone says it's this. like an internet radio show. Like, it's not. This is like a whole... Everyone production. is surprised by yeah, the control room. Sean, like, couldn't believe that there was an actual control room back there. Yeah, there's, like, people working for you and stuff. It's wild. Crazy. You. I, you made I, it. Well, sort of. We're trying. <laughs> um, they keep trying to break us down. But here we are. We're, We're still here. We keep big fighting. building. Yes. Middle of New York City. New York City. City. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I said this when Steve was here. Uh, you changed your flight... Yeah. Not to come on this show, but really to meet Steve O, Steve O, right? It was just it. Yeah. You're a big fan. I, well, okay, I definitely, we've been talking about me coming on here for a yes. while, but I, I kind of, I'm so glad I got a picture with him. I wish my mom was alive to see it, though. Oh, like, wow. I can't tell you how many roofs I've jumped off of and trampolines and just lots of dumb shit. You should have told him watching that. Watching Steve O. Well, I, I was kind of fanboying a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of a little bit shocked. It's happened twice a day because I ran into Hoist Gracie at the hotel, too. Oh, wow. Which was wild. First time you meet him? And, yeah, yeah. Like, what a legend. More of a, that was more of a meeting. I've, like, shook his hand in passing before. Okay. Uh, but we, like, stood and had a conversation. It was wild. Uh, isn't it wild, though? Like, Steve O's referencing. You know, your beef with Alex Pereira. Like, yeah, he's not just like... hardcore to know that. Yo, that's... Cr- like, I'm blown away by it. I'm blown away by... He's upset that they put... I don't know if you heard this part. Like, they were putting on ESPN Plus when you look at the... Uh, like, when you go, try to go back to watch the fights mm-hmm. and it's the clips. Yeah. So at the very beginning, like, this is when the deal first started, 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's... Um, let's say it's uh, Aljo versus Peter Jan. So the, the clip, the thumbnail would be Aljo with his hand up. Yeah. And so Steve would get so mad that oh, they ruined the fight. Oh, yeah. That's how hardcore. <laughs> and he's trying, he's going back to watch the entire mm-hmm. thing. Um, like listening to him talk about the live odds. Yes. And like who's who's the favorite this upcoming weekend. Like I had I'm working the event. I had no idea who the favorites are. Like I just don't pay that close attention. Like he is super in tune with the sport. Yes. It's cool to watch. It's amazing. Okay, so you're here because you're working the desk. I am. Um, yeah. Who are you working with? Chael. Chill. <laughs> my guy, my guy. Uh, we're good. We're good. Everyone's hitting me up. We're all good. You sure? Yes, we're totally good. Oh, well, okay. should I not be? No, I, I, I mean, I thought you were at first, but then I see him on Twitter. You know, Chill's a. Uh, yeah, but I think the, he's not talking about me, or is he trying? I don't know. I think he's I mad know. at Jorge now. He's definitely mad at Jorge for sure. I think people are actually trying to make that fight. I, I mean, I'd watch it for sure. You'd watch that for sure. Chill versus Jorge. I watch slap fighting. Why wouldn't That's I watch true. that? Yes, yes, that is true. Um, wow, you and Chill, and then who's the host? Uh, I think it's Eves. Okay, Michael Eves. I believe okay, so. Eves. Yeah. When are we When are we going to the booth? Enough already. I'm tired of waiting. I, I don't think it's a me thing. I, it's It's the strength of the talent there already. You got Dominic Cruz, Felder. Series. I mean, I would. I, I think when one of those guys gets sick of doing the Contender Series and, and the smaller shows, I think there's. I just need room. I think there's right. need a spot to open up. But 
Like, who would you take out to put me in? No, no, I, so good, I think they're all amazing. They are. I feel like there's got to be an opening here or there, no? I'm, I'm hoping that, like, as the schedule ramps up, that one of those guys just gets tired and, and someone needs a break and they're just a little bit overworked and I can at least start off and get my foot in the door, maybe giving just some relief to some of the travel right. stuff. Have you uh, done color analyst work for any promotion? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've done a little bit for LFA. Um, and I've auditioned a couple times. and like, Do you done, like it? I love it. I love it. I think it suits my style better. I think you would be great at it, honestly. Like, Bisbing is kind of an anomaly because he can do both sides. Mm-hmm. He, can, he can be a really in-depth analyst and really get into the X's and the O's. But he also can get you really excited about something that maybe you wouldn't typically be so excited about. Chael is the same way. He can, he can make you care about anything. Right. And, like, feel something about it. Uh, DC's really good at that, too. I think I'm closer to, like, a, I'm a less funny Felder, I think. Super analytical. Cruise as well, yeah. Would fall in that bucket, yeah, yeah. So right. I, I think it fits my skill set better. I'm just, Felder funny. I think Felder's really funny. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's incredibly talented. He is like very you know, good. Thespian, right? He right. Knows how to speak well, mm-hmm. explain himself. Super comfortable. He's he's really good on the fly too. Uh, and I know I guess a lot of people at home don't see it, but Felder gets thrown a lot of things. Okay. Like right in the last like last second, and he adapts really really well. Where I think some of us would have a tougher time doing that. It's uh, it's one of the most amazing things what those guys do. Anyone who does MMA, but like in particular the UFC, because you're doing the prelims all the way. Mm-hmm. That's that's two football games. Yeah, that's a People lot. Don't realize that. Like someone like Anik has to peak at twelve thirty, right. right? If it's a New York mm-hmm. card, right? Like a guy like Joe Buck who's doing a football game. Like you're kind of here the entire time. There's big moments. There's a you, right. you've got to like you can you could blow your wad in the first fight. Mm-hmm. Something crazy happens. You still have. 13 more fights to go. Right. And, and Anik is so good. I think Anik is pr- like probably the best TV personality across all sports. Wow. I, I, I truly believe praise. that. And that's not just because I work for the UFC and he works for the UFC. Just the amount of prep that he puts in, the amount of work that he puts in, the, all the us, the other stuff, the EA Sports video game stuff, right. the all the like all the hits that everyone sees before the fight even walks. Like you hear all the the promos before yep. that. He has yep. to do all of that stuff for every single card he works. Uh, he's just, I don't know, It's he's so good at his job. It's crazy to watch him work. Um, regarding you, though, it's very, very rare in sports to be an analyst and still be active. Right. I it's, think the UFC is one of the only yes, it doesn't organizations happen. that does that. It doesn't happen. You'll see it in, like, boxing a little bit, some guys. Yeah, like some guest spots. But it's extremely rare. It doesn't happen mm. in the NBA. Like, all the guys on TNT are all retired. Right, never in the NFL. Has it? Has it? Uh, has that been annoying in the sense, not annoying in that, like, you don't want to do it, but, you know, sometimes you get in the crosshairs because you have to give your opinion, but you're also, you're still active. Yeah. Or is it actually a benefit because fights can be made, there could be, like, a byproduct of the things that you say on the desk? Um, I, I would say there's more downside to it than upside. The the upside of it is that I'm still, I'm still in the game, so I'm still very up on you know the the nuances and the small changes in the sport. Like I'm I'm right there with it all, so I see it as it's happening. Um, I think it helps my own personal game, like watching different guys' styles and how they adapt to certain things. It's weird to most fighters break down tape on guys that they have the potential of fighting, so it's not. What does this guy do well? It's how would I do against this guy in this situation? Mm-hmm. It's very rare that fighters watch film on this guy and have to identify his strengths and weaknesses against this guy and be completely unattached to that. So it's a little different. In terms of like the social aspect of it, uh, it definitely keeps me on the outside a little bit because, I mean, myself included, fighters are sensitive. They don't like 
I, I think as a whole, fighters identify themselves as fighters. So it, it's who we are. You know, I think as I've gotten older, I've had a better balance and it's more of fighting is something I do and I do a lot of other things as well. Um, but when you're, you know, you're younger, you're up and coming and you're still in it like that, it's, it's your identity. So when you take a shot at someone's game, it's not that I'm meaning it to be disrespectful, right. but that's how they take it because that's, that's really I'm taking a shot at who they are as a person. Um, so I think I'm still in, I'm not in a lot of like social circles with a lot of fighters because I live in Nebraska. I don't hang out like that really. So uh, I don't see a lot of them in a lot of social settings, but when I do, it's clear who's, who doesn't want to fuck with me. Oh, really? Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, perhaps... Is Al, are you and Alex good? Like, if you see him this weekend, will you say hi to him? Or I mean, I would suspect he would, but he's different in person than he is on when he's got a microphone in front of his face. You what know do you I, mean by that? I, again, I think it's one of those things where he thinks I was taking a shot at him, and right. I think there was a little bit of a language barrier because I don't think that I said anything that was offensive. I I talked about his size. He's not he's not anywhere close to the biggest two hundred five er, and I was talking about his advantages and disadvantages and moving up a weight class. And this was before he fought. Um, and then he fought, and I think everything I said was right. He didn't look significantly larger than Jan. Um, his power wasn't as effective as it was at 185 pounds. He's not the most powerful guy at 205, and that's okay. He's a special striker. He, he's different in terms of, of his stand-up game. He's different than anybody. It's, it's special. His ground game is coming along great, but he's some of the disadvantages that he, that he had or some of the advantages he had at 185, he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't enjoy at 205. And I, I don't think that's negative to say. It's just a, I think it's a fact. Right. This is the exact same thing you were talking about two minutes ago. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to offer opinion, right. somewhat critical. Right. And it was very in passing. I thought it was very complimentary of him because it was the media day for my fight in Singapore. Yeah. So it was like, eh, whatever. Like, here's what I think about it real briefly. Right. Like, I think he's fantastic here, here, and here. He's not quite as big and, and as powerful as he's used to, used to being in that weight class. But this, I, and then I'll say, this is great for you. He wins the belt on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, You're now in the crosshairs I, of the champ. The, the best part about being fighters and me still competing is I can say whatever I want. If you're mad about it, then come do something about it. Right. I mean, I'm not hard to find. I've never ran from him. Any time I've seen him backstage with Glover, I've always made it a point. Me and Glover are, are, are friends, and we're very friendly. We don't pass each other and fist bump. It's hugs. How are you? How's your family? How's your wife? Say hi to his wife. Like, it's... It's a very friendly relationship with Glover, so I'm not going to avoid that because Pereira's in his feelings. Like, he, there's a really simple solution to that. Uh, I can't wait for this fight. Yeah, man, I'm excited. It's I love be good. this fight. You know what's so great about this fight? There's no friction between them, mm -hmm. but they're two stoic, unflappable personalities, right? Like I had Yuri here on Monday, mm -hmm. and the aura. He is so intense. He's different, right? He he is like a true samurai. When you're talking to him, it's you know, like there's obviously a bit of a language barrier, but he is intense. Like his posture and the yeah. way he moves his hand and everything is so fascinating. He's so intentional. Oh yeah, yeah. Does. Even his, like he intentionally sits a certain way, and like it, it's it's cool to watch actually. It's amazing. And then you have Alex, who is you know stoic in his own right. Mm -hmm. um, two great strikers, two completely different strikers. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there'll be a takedown. Maybe one or two. Maybe at the end of a round. Maybe Yuri. But could I ask, and I don't know if you can give predictions or not, how you think, but like, how do you actually see the fight playing out? I, I don't think it goes the distance. I think given the way they strike, no. someone's getting knocked down, knocked out. I feel Probably. confident in saying that. Yeah, I think there's a finish for sure. Um, uh, obviously, 
Alex is the better striker technically. He's more fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. Here he is a bit hittable. I, I think that if he's smart, though, he's probably going to sure that up just a little bit. You can't take, you can't give Prayer free shots like that. Right. He, regardless of how his power translates to 205, he's obviously powerful enough to knock out a grown man. So I think that his leg kicks are going to be a big deal. I think it's going to be a big problem for Yuri and his movement because he is, he, it's a, there's, a up and a, there's an upside and a downside to his, his creativity and his fluidity because he doesn't really care where the fight goes. But when you're in there with someone as dangerous as Pereira, you kind of have to care. You know what I mean? So I, I favor Alex a little bit just because of he, he's so fundamentally sound. He doesn't really make that many mistakes. Mm-hmm. It took a guy like Izzy to, to really get to him, and that was after he tried it four times. You know? right. So uh, I think we forget pretty quickly of how well he did against Izzy. Okay, so you're leaning towards Alex. I do lean Alex. If if Yuri starts to wrestle, though, and, and starts mixing that in, even the threat of a takedown is almost as good as a, uh, as good of a takedown. Right. Because then Alex won't be able to commit so much, and he's most dangerous when he's moving forward. Like, we've seen, he's a little bit timid in the yawn fight in the first round. Once he's seen that Blahovich was a little bit tired, then he started walking him down, and he's a really hard guy to beat when he gets kind of moving forward and running downhill. So if you can make him at least overthink the takedown a little bit. He won't be as he won't have as much pressure moving forward. Is there any chance he wins on Saturday? You're in the building and he says, Anthony, you're next. I mean, I obviously I hope so. I mean that would be ideal, but I don't he doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that always has his next move planned. He seems a very in the moment kind of person. Um, did tweet that I don't know if it was him that made it like the picture of you two. And the grappling and all the silliest shit I've ever seen. No, I know, but and then people were mad at me, like, "Oh, of course you would ask him for a grappling match." I didn't ask for it. Yeah, yeah. I just accepted. That's what he doesn't want to do. That he knows that he just he's he seems, but like you would describe him as stoic. Yeah, and I don't. I don't. You didn't like that. No, I don't see him like that. How 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 is that possible? He like never smiles. He doesn't have any. That's silly. You know, like how hard you have to try to not smile in certain situations. Do you think he's trying? Do you think it's yeah. an act? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's. I well, I think he takes his job very serious. I don't know that he's acting, but I think he puts on this game face when he's. In what the makes game. you think that it's somewhat of an act? Oh, because he's he's kind of funny. Okay. Like on his social media, yeah. like you see clips of him, you he's know, with this weird yeah. with, with this weird statue yes. thing and selling and, t-shirts. Yeah, like he has a sense of humor. Okay. And like him and Glover are like super playful. But then you see him like at these fight events, and it's I'm this stoic serial killer. Like, no, you're not. You're like you're kind of funny. You're not intimidated. No, no. Isn't that the best when people say you're scared? Like, I love when people say that cage fighters are scared. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that I would be more afraid of than Alex. in in MMA. Yeah. Wow, this is amazing. You don't have your next fight yet. I don't. Is there a chance they're waiting to see what happens on Saturday? I don't Saturday? know. I've been asking for one, though. Oh. And then I seen that they booked Rakic and Blahovich, which I was kind of hoping for the Blahovich matchup. So, so I, I don't know if they've actually officially announced that. I said this on Monday that they were oh, I working. Seen it, I guess. I seen, I seen a, like a, a, a graphic of it. So okay. I guess I don't know if it's official, but I yeah. seen the graphic that yeah, that yeah. fight was. Good to have Rakic back in the mix. For sure. For sure. Um, okay, I so like that guy. Yeah, you guys are friends now, right? Yeah, it was, it's weird. <laughs> you hated actually, each other or disliked each other. Yeah, we had a weird thing, for yeah. sure. It was more competitive, probably, but... Uh, not this last Paris event, but the one before, uh, we ran into each other and actually had a really lovely time. What you keep in touch? Like you check in or? Uh, he, he'll reach out when I fight, and and I'll reach out every once in a while, check on him. We had him on the uh, podcast not that long ago. That is wild. Yeah, I cool. remember the um, 
what was the line? Something about Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to me. Oh, Merry Christmas to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was in reference to trying to fight him, yeah, right? Yeah, fight him. And then, yeah. and then he gets injured. So he would come back. Who is, I'm assuming Johnny and Magomed, are, they're going to run it back. I have no information. I would assume. That would, yeah, I would that guess. That should have been a DQ, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That was so weird. It was really weird. Just like a title fight back in the day when. Yeah. Yeah. Who was in that one? <laughs> I don't. I that whole situation was weird. I don't know if there was a weird. Wait, which okay, one are we was, talking about? Johnny and oh, Uncle I thought we were talking about you and John. you know that, that's always weird. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it. I don't. I, it seemed like Johnny was ready to go. Of course, he was Seemingly. ready to go. Yes, yeah. but it was like you have two guys that neither of their first languages are English trying yes. to communicate in English. Like I feel like you should slow that down a little bit. And make sure that everyone's aware of what's happening. Hundred percent. And I don't know. I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm. I'm of the understanding that I don't think the referee always has to take the doctor's advice. Mm. I don't believe that that's like a hard and fast rule. I don't think it's like written in black and white. Okay. So I think like if there's some weird misunderstanding, like I believe there was, because I do think that the fight, like it being a no contest, is bullshit. Total bullshit. But the fight should have kept going. Hundred percent. So, but just, if it's not going to, it should have been a DQ. So, yes, I think in that in that whole situation happening, I think the referee had a responsibility to be like, "Hold on a second. What do you mean he's not okay? Are you saying he can't fight? What did he say? Right. Like, what's happening here?" And then get a little bit of explanation and figure it out. This this thing about the no contest that drives me nuts is like they say it was intentional or unintentional, right? So mm-hmm. here they say it was unintentional. What does that mean? He threw a knee. The guy was down. He tried to throw a knee. And it landed. To me, the only time there should really be a no contest is like, let's say you and I are about to fight and I'm like, it's not even based off a kick. Right. I just, I, I do something, my knee pops. Now, okay, there's a, like, there was no clear winner, right? right. I, I'm not talking about if you kick me and like I broke my leg. Right. No, then you win. It's unceremonious. Like it made... the flying knee that Calvin Cater threw at, um, wasn't a flying knee, blew his knee? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. It. it depends, like, you know if, there, I mean. if, if there was a lot of damage, then I can understand, but no contest has to be, like, a freak thing that happens where there's no... Right. To me, if... if I don't know why he threw the knee. Like, Johnny Walker is a foot taller than you are. Yeah. It, and his head was below yours. In what world is he not grounded? Right. And, and it's just irresponsible. That's why it should be a DQ. It should Agreed. be a DQ. And, and so that drives me nuts. Also, you What know, a nasty flying knee, though, that Johnny Walker threw when he pretended he was hurt. Yo, that was amazing. Was nasty. That was amazing. Yeah, it's super creative. To have the presence of mind to fake that in that moment yeah. and then to throw the knee and, mm-hmm. and like get that type of uh, air is unbelievable. But, and then there's a the trickle-down effect, like now they don't get their full win money and all that. Like, that's the part that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. So in a situation like that, if they could just go to the corner and be like, hey, I'm trying to tell them, like, can you translate this? Some, you know right. what I mean? I think we should be a little clearer before we start taking everybody's money. Yes. In yes. my opinion. Yes. I just think the whole thing was fumbled. So it should be, it should, they should run it back. Yes? I think so. so yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see the fight. Right. So I'm trying to figure out where that leaves you. Yeah, I don't know. Me too. Because to those are the, the top thing. dogs right there. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, is, everyone ahead of me is booked. Right. Maybe... If Alex yeah, wins, maybe. Think have you asked? No, no. Why not? I just got here. Everyone's here. I mean, you, boy, you text them. Yeah, I just, uh, I try not to. You try not to? I don't, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, constantly hey, what are you thinking begging if, for if, shit. No, not begging, but like, what are you guys thinking? If Alex wins, is there a chance? I just feel like I'm going to run into Mick and Hunter anyways while I'm here. So I just waited till I Better face here. to face? Yeah. Do you think there is a chance? But yeah, I definitely think there's a chance for sure. 
I mean, especially if he wins, looks good doing it, wants a quick turn. Right. The, the only go. X factor, I guess, would, would be Jamal Hill, but I feel like he's out for, I mean, Achilles is... Yeah, I think typically it's a pretty long one. Again, if it's if if Jamal's ready, then it's him. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I couldn't expect to jump the line on, on him, and I would be kind of jumping the line anyways, which I'm fine with. I think right. I've been around long enough that... Well, it's kind of like you can make the case. I love Cheeto, but if Sean wasn't banging the drum to fight Cheeto, right. there's a right. chance it's not Cheeto next. 100%. So if Alex is banging the drum to fight you, you get to jump the line. Yeah, and I would appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is... Fa- and, and, and you think Alex wins. So I this do. Could, uh, this could I work do. out I'm very well for way, you. Yeah. What about this Tom Aspinall-Sergey Pavlovich fight? I'm a little bit worried for Tom just because of the short notice nature of it all. Because we just... I believe... People got mad at me for saying this. Islam could beat Alex... Nine times out of ten, no problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think he knocks him out on a full camp. Well, I don't know what a training camp does to uh, protect timing, yourself from a head no, kick. You not really. You think if, he, if he'd have gassed, then we could have an argument for okay. sure. But I think that was just just a, a really well placed shot and well timed. Um, man, you know me and my hot takes. I I I think Aspinall can make it look fairly easy. I think Aspinall wins too. I think he can make it look fairly easy if things go his way. I think that... Short notice Aspinall, though? He's not really short notice. He was already training, getting ready for something. Yeah. All right. So, uh, he was, he's, especially since his injury... Not like a full camp, though. Pavlovich no, was no, training to be the backup of, fighter. He's kind of always... I mean, come on. It's the same thing. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I, I think that Pavlovich is a really good power striker. He counters really well. So guys like Derek Lewis and Ty are, are kind of tailor-made for him because they're going to throw hard and be there when he throws back. Aspinall's not really that guy. I, I feel like Tom's going to pick at him and, and get him to overthrow and counter. If he gets a takedown, I think that's it. Now, Pavlovich is going to be hard to take down. Right. He's going to be really hard to take down. So I think Tom could make it really hard, but I think there's a possibility he could make it look really easy. I feel very strongly that this should be for the vacant title. Not the interim title. How come? Okay, let's say John Jones comes back in July, mm-hmm. right? I mean, pretty serious injury. So, but let's say July, right? That will be a year and a half since his last fight, right? And now they're saying, at least now, and I don't know if it ends up this way. John wants to fight Stipe in that fight, so now you've got a guy with an interim belt who's not even getting a crack at the champion. And then yeah. if John fights Stipe, is the interim champ going to get the winner? And if he gets the winner, the winner of John and Stipe is only going to be ready to fight in December or January. And what if Stipe beats John? He's going to retire. I don't believe John retires, but I know Stipe will retire. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, the guy who won the interim belt in November of 2023 is not even going to fight the guy who won the belt in July. And then they're just going to have to turn it into a real belt. Wouldn't it have been a lot cleaner? Make this for the vacant title. If John wants to fight Stipe so bad, does that fight really need a belt attached to it? It's so big and it's like a legacy mm, fight. It kinda. doesn't need that. It doesn't need that. John, kinda. the greatest light. But if you look back at it in 10 years, it's going to look way cooler with it's, a belt attached don't to you it. This, is ma- this makes this interim belt so awkward now. It, yeah, but like I think no those guys fight. were probably aware of that going into it when they took the fight. Oh, I, I mean, I don't begrudge them for taking the fight. Of right. course you're going to take the fight. I just don't understand why the UFC didn't just make this for the vacant title. Just like they made... Magomed and Jan for the vacant title when Yuri mm-hmm. got hurt, just like they made Jamal and Glover for the right. vacant title. Just like this is for the vacant See, title. they've treated 205 a little bit differently yes. than they have some of the other divisions. Why do you like, think that is? <clears throat> I don't know. 
I, I think they don't want to upset think, John Jones by taking away. Well, his I, I think that John has probably earned it, the ability to hold on to it and wait. Um, I think there's something to be said for John. I'm sure John would argue that because you make a lot more money as champion outside of fighting. So, mm-hmm. like, like, your pay for appearances and okay. sponsorship deals probably triples. Okay, so with then, the title. So, can I offer this? John Jones versus the winner of this fight, right? No way. No way. Wait, it, we is, can't lose another big fight. We can't lose a. How, is, many, how long do we talk about John Jones and Anderson, maybe, or GSP and Anderson, or is like this all one these of those? Fights, I think is, so. Like, I think this would be the beginning of it. But both of these guys are too old for us to drag it down the road, seven or eight years, like we did the other ones. I would. I wouldn't call for this to be a vacant title fight if I knew that John was fighting the winner of this fight. Hey, this is your ticket to get to John Jones. You win on Saturday. This is your this is your golden ticket. But it's not even that. Well, and they, maybe they don't even fight the winner next. We've had situations where interim champions have defended. Yes, twice. Yeah. Henry uh, Burrell, uh, Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. No one likes that. No, but I, I think it's one of those special situations where I, I don't think that I don't know that Steepy or John would accept another fight with anybody else. Okay, so my theory is John Jones versus the winner of this fight on Saturday is actually more intriguing than John versus Stepe. Crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I want to see Aspinall versus Jones. You don't want to see that? Oh, for sure. But you, do you want to see Stipe that has left. at the risk of losing? I, I think that, I'm, I don't know, man. I, it's not too many times I got a lot of, I don't know, a lot of ambition that someone's going to do really well against John. And I just think that Stipe is, is the guy. Can he beat him? I don't know. I think that he's got a great shot at it, though. But, like, John's not going to start working through the contenders at heavyweight. Aspinall's on a contender. If he wins, or Pavlovich, they would be the interim champ. I don't. I think that those two guys. I think Aspinall and Pavlovich are fighting their toughest fight in the next handful of fights. Next, mm-hmm. I think that the John and Stipe fight for those two probably easier fights than each other. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Which think- feels disrespectful. Mm. But I, I just stylistically, that's how I feel. It matches up. But also, they're just younger and they're hungrier. Do you think Francis would have beaten John? After what we saw, no, Mm-mm. why not? John's just too dynamic. He's got he. It's not about can you outstrike John. It's can you not let John neutralize you. It's not about the wrestling. It's it's him neutralizing how good you are. So mm-hmm. he'll just go to where you're the best, and he'll just neutralize that. He won't necessarily beat you there, but he'll just nil it, and then you got to try to and hope that you're good enough everywhere else. He's 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 very unique. So you think John would have won? Yeah, I just don't think it would have been exciting. Mm, interesting. I, I think it would have been a boring five-rounder. I think that John would have left there without a mark on his face, but Francis probably would have too. Um, I, I think I, I, I saw you say that uh, this was the first time that you were like proud of MMA in one of these crossover fights after watching what Francis did. Very, very, yeah. Blew you away, like surprised you? Did you not expect that? No, I didn't expect that at all. Anyone that says that they did are, are fucking lying to you. There's no film. There's no tape study you can do. There's no fight you can go back to. There's there's no practice footage. There's even his open workouts. There's nothing that pointed to Francis having the ability to do that. That especially at like he's never been that calm. He's never been that like relaxed. He even when he had Tyson hurt, he didn't go crazy like he typically would have. He he was faster than he's looked in ever. We've never seen him fight behind a jab. We've never seen him fight southpaw. 
Like he switched stances. Yeah, it was crazy. Like maybe he has a little bit here and there on and off, but like if he ever switched to southpaw in the past, it was because he over like overthrew his right hand right. and he just ended up in southpaw. Like he was switching really smoothly back and forth. He looked absolutely incredible. I couldn't sing his praises loud enough. I, I think that he did the entire sport proud. And I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I don't give a shit. I'm, yeah. I'm jumping on it. So I, what would you like to see him do? If you, if you could decide I don't his... want to see him fight MMA again. Nothing. I, I, no, I, why? Yeah. I, I think, what about this Deontay Wilder mixed rules? Which... If anyone else in, was in that ring other than Tyson Fury, they don't stay awake. I, I think Francis Ngannou beats them all. Yeah. Like that Francis. Yeah. Now, did he like have the best night he could have ever had in his entire life? Possibly. Right. But if that Francis is the one that's going to show up more times than not... I think a lot. I don't. I don't know that there's too many of those guys that do beat him. I, I think that he beats Joshua. That version beats Joshua. That yeah. guy. That version smokes Wilder. Absolutely smokes Wilder. Right. Wow. I think some of the other guys aren't even big enough to even contend. Like, I think. I think Usyk is really, really good. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if Usyk is big enough. Do you watch boxing as much as slap fighting? Mm. You thought I was going to say MMA there. I did think you were going to say MMA. Definitely not MMA. I'm a boxing fan for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so so great for not only Francis, but like for the... Wait, did we have an argument about Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence one time? Did we? Were you on the Spence side? No, no. I was not. No, no. I know. I mean, that's your boy. Of course. Terrence Crawford Canelo is something that has been bandied about. I like that. I'm a little bit worried about the size difference there. It was a pretty big size difference. I (laughs) would... I don't know if there's a ton of interest in seeing them run it back, Spence and Crawford. I don't know why. Maybe don't at like would. 154 or something like that, just to do it at a different weight class to see if, if yeah, like Spence, a fresh coat of paint on it. And yeah, see and it. Spence, you know, he was strained mm. and all that. But Crawford is the freaking man. He is unbelievable. Do, do you ever see him around town? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, are you are you friendly with him? Very, very. His best friend is an MMA fighter, actually. Really? Yeah. What's his name? Wayne Sullivan. Wayne Sullivan. Yeah, okay. super cool dude. And. uh I know he, there was that one clip. Did you see that clip of him wrestling in his like, or in someone's like front? You know who that, the guy was wrestling? No. It was Gilbert Smith. Really? From the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, it's, and I know he's done a little bit. I know his kids wrestle. His a kids bit. are incredible. Right. Yeah. Have you seen them? I have, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. so you guys are like boys. Um, I mean, we're friendly with each other for sure. You know, like we have a different friend group, you know. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, we're super friendly. He calls me after I fight. I call him after his fight. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, super cool. Why did dude. you go to the fight? Were you working that night? I think I was working. There was the Utah yeah. card, the BF. Yes, I was working. Okay. Yep. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Blown away by what he did. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, what would you, okay, so going back to Francis, if you, if you could, uh, if you can guide him, you want him to stay in boxing? I, I, I just think he looked so good there. I think that he, he looked very comfortable in that, in that world. Um, I mean, he kind of took a swing at the king, and I'm not sure that he actually missed. Right. Um, I think winning a decision in your first fight ever like that in that situation was probably never going to happen. But if I'm Francis, I'm probably I'm probably going to try to pick off Wilder. I would imagine. I think he's the next. I think you can really market that. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, two of the hardest hitters ever. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a huge Deontay Wilder fan. I just I, I think that. I just think that Francis is is a different type of power now that we've kind of seen it. Do you think this will now <clears throat> reignite the MMA versus boxing thing? Because it felt like if he was going to get smoked, that it would kill it forever, or at least for the time being. Now it, it feels yeah, like it's, you it know, can. Sean is talking about Gervonta, mm-hmm. um, 
God, you know, God knows who may try to fight. Like it just feels like it's going to be easier for the MMA guys at heavier weights. I think the heavier the weight class is, the the the, I don't, the less technical you always have to be. I'm not saying you don't have to be technical at heavyweight or, or or light heavy or whatever, but I think at the heavier weight classes, MMA, MMA fighters are going to do better with the best boxers. I think the lower the weight class you get. I, I can't think of an MMA fighter that is going to hang with a Canelo or Terrence. Or I can think of a lot of MMA fighters that are going to hang at the heavier weight class. Sean versus like a Gervonta Davis, you think he could do well? You know, my initial thoughts was no, but I think the the more I think about it, I, I think it's possible if if O'Malley had the opportunity to to step away from MMA and just focus on boxing. The way that he fights now, no. But if if he only had to focus focus on boxing for Eight nine months, I think you would. I think you would see a competitive Sean O'Malley in boxing wow. for sure. Even though it's smaller weight class. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, 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 the guys at the tip of the spear in in MMA, I think, would all do well if we had the opportunity to step away and just only focus on boxing and that only. I think that a lot of them would be competitive. Would you ever want to do this? Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. What's like a dream fight for you? If you could step in the uh, the room. Now, honestly, I pro- I would probably have more fun doing bare knuckle. You're crazy, man. What is wrong with you? Bare knuckle? Yeah, like a, like I'm a huge Alan Belcher fan. Yeah, he's like fighting that, this weekend. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun, though. I love how like you, <laughs> you you have like these very sort of unique niche combat interests. Yeah, like I'm a little bit, I don't know, a little bit sophisticated on the desk. Yes. So like. You like all the like the real like a little bit trailer park too. I didn't want to use that word, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that was the word that was on the top. Of yeah, my... yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I I spent lots of time in lots of trailer parks. <laughs> I, I understand. I just there's not a lot of people who would be like I'm a huge Alan Belcher fan right mm-hmm. now. He's he's enjoyed like a renaissance. Yeah, as a heavyweight and jacked, jacked, jacked. I questioned some of the. Uh... The answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. he is. Like Alan Belcher versus Roy Nelson is a fight I never thought. That we'd ever see? Yes, a middleweight against I've been an Alan Belcher fan. I think the first time I really started paying attention to him was when he went leg lock for leg lock with Paula Harris. Oh, uh, that was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. That's Old school. It. So, okay, so you are you saying like you versus Alan Belcher in a bare Not, knuckle fight? Yeah, I think, like think it would be fight. fun. Wow. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Like my guy Chris Camozzi doing really well over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Just, a lot of guys. I think for like, I think us older guys that came up in the Midwest kind of fight scene, the bare knuckle scene very much suits us. Because those guys just go in and throw down. Have you been to any of those? Uh, a couple in Omaha, yeah. Okay. Like Houston Alexander fights bare knuckle yes. and doing really well. In his 50s? Yeah, it's crazy. Insane. I still train with him. He'll still come to practice really? every once in a while. He's still tough. Still, I, I would imagine he looks freaking tough. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry. Insane. The Eddie Alvarez, um, Chad uh, Mendes fight was insane. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I just, I just love the... Who do you think know. wins that one? I don't know. It's a pretty close fight, actually. Mike is incredible when it comes to this. And such a media marketing darling, too. Like, he's everything he says is gold. But he's just, like, he's so perfect for that world. But yeah, it fits him. Per- in it, the world of UFC, like, he was a little bit boxed in here. He could just be his crazy self. Yeah, well, he was a little bit. Even his fight style was a little boxed in. Right, right. Like, he, if you, he, he just had the ability. It's like you're fighting MMA without the wrestling part of it. It's it kind of really suits Mike Perry, and it's cool to see him. It's cool to see him be able to spread his wings and be who he actually is, fighting and outside of it. Yeah, and be accepted. It's like kind of the nuttier the better. Bare knuckle, you fit in, and he fits right in. Should the UFC sign Dylan Dennis? 
Well, why are you laughing? Serious question. Well, yeah. Come on. <coughs> to do what? To fight. Who? Anyone. At what You're telling. One seventy. Who? Who does he beat? Okay. Well. Okay. First of all, they signed. They. 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 They, they See, signed. Like you wrote me into like talking trash about Dana. I actually. No. I actually I, trust me. I've talked. Did a great job. I'm not. I'm not roping you in. I mean, you could say no, and that's fine. But. No. No. At, they, at they the signed, highest level, no. What's the highest level? Okay. What about contender series? I would love that. They would, I would love that. I would. I would. I, I actually probably think, be the most watched contender series episode ever. Brilliant. I, he's yeah. not going to do that though. Okay. No, so, because he'd have to fight his way in, and I don't know. I don't know that don't he think believes he, he can. By the way, he's two and zero in MMA. Like it's the type of guys that you would. Do see. you know their names? Absolutely not. I've said that. Okay. If the, if if some guy rang my doorbell and said, "I have your DoorDash order," and oh by the way, I fought Dylan Dennis in June of 2019, you would believe him. I would say yes. Great yeah, fight. That makes I mean, I'm sense. sorry you lost, but I I don't know, even know if he knows I, the names. I would of the guys. love to see Dylan get back into competitive jujitsu because he is magical on the yeah. ground. He's so good on the ground. It's just. I thought he did a great job in the the Logan Paul fight for what he has. Like he's he's not a striker, he's not a boxer. He That's an interesting have, one because I don't think anyone thought he did a great job for what he is. I thought he did great. What did he do? I mean, he now you're getting me to talk shit about. Yeah, but he didn't throw a punch. He's, not, he landed. he's not a puncher. Yeah, but you're, you're signing up for a boxing match. He's signing up signing up for a paycheck. Yes, but like. I, I actually thought the game plan for the first two rounds was smart. I did too. Tire him out, big guy. He's freaking launching everything. I, I think out. that that was the game plan was to kind of get him tired and it was and actually. To walk Plinio told me Plinio Cruz, who's Alex's coach, who they worked with a, right. him a little bit. But then the problem was, I think at the very end of the second round when he got rocked, he was like, then you're, then you're a little bit gun shy. Yeah. When and Logan's a big dude, he's gigantic. He's a big dude. I mean, he, they were fighting at like one, I think it was 90-something. That's not yeah, Logan's that, weight class. Well, but, that's not anywhere close to Dylan's like in-shape Excuse me, Dylan's weight, weight class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor fights at UFC 300 mm-hmm. is, is what I think will happen. I have no information about this, but it seems yeah. like based on everything that's seems been like booked. That way. Yeah, against Chandler, I hope. Um, Dylan freaking opening of the pay-per-view. Now, that, now that's a possibility. Yes. Like with Conor on the card. Yes. Sure. You don't think I wouldn't even be that mad about it. I just don't think it's fair to dylan why would it not be fair he wants this he's like openly begging for it yeah but then you, you throw him on the biggest card of the year to potentially get embarrassed it's i don't fair. think they can get another two a mike jackson type guy to fight uh, him yeah i mean they I did it with cm punk like current guys you don't think he could beat shafkat rahman i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> no, no 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 i'm kidding i i don't they could sign someone to fight him i think dylan is kind of a dickhead but he's funny mm. I, I think that he I don't know. I I think that he could pull in a lot of a lot of eyes and a lot of dollars. So like you could definitely get your return on your investment on Dylan. Hell yeah. Why would you uh, let another promotion get that guy? He wants to be in the UFC. Let him fight a lower level guy on the prelims of a yeah, pay per view card. Think, uh, yeah, I guess with his connection with Connor, probably it's possible. I mean, it's happened before. I Connor. hope so. I, I mean, I want everyone to get paid. Yeah. I just, I still. Don't, you I don't you know. don't think he can actually have a solid MMA career? Yeah, if he would take it serious. Right. Yeah, like the way he's been doing it, no. But it, I think he could be super successful. Those two really serious knee injuries right. that derailed him. Right. One failed, he had to go mm-hmm. back. So people forget tough. about that. Right. Um, he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't use that as an excuse as much as he could, mm-hmm. which kind of credit to him. Uh, I was just talking with Steve-O about Almeida. He didn't like Almeida, what he did against Derek Lewis, Jelton Almeida. W- which, which side of the, the fence are you on? Uh, probably both. Probably mm. riding that fence a little bit. Um, I get <laughs> you can't ride the fence. You're an analyst. No, I'm cool. oh, I understand. If you're fighting Derek Lewis and and you have the style and skill set that Almeida has, 
Of course that's what you're going to do. This, yeah. is the, this game is about winning. You also can't be upset when people don't like to watch it. Right. Like it's, I was super critical of Sandhagen uh, in his fight with Font, mm-hmm. but it, a win's a win. If you're gonna fight like that, and, and credit to him, he had an injury and had to kind of just grind it out and do what he had to do to get the win, which is the most important thing. When you leave that octagon, you should expect that people aren't gonna like it. And that's when you gotta, you gotta have to be able to just check that and say, like, fuck it, that's what I had to do to get the win. People aren't necessarily gonna like it. I'll, I'll wait till the next time and, and we'll clear that up. Because people, people forget super fast. Exactly, that's, that's exactly what I said. He goes in there next fight and knocks out Surreal gun, everyone would be like, oh my God. Right, right. Like, it, people forget pretty quickly. I think as MMA fans, we're, we're pretty harsh on people, but I think we're very forgiving. Like, right now, he's probably getting shit on a little bit because it wasn't, I thought it was fun to watch because I like seeing the technical, really small nuances and small technical advancements in his game. And, and I actually thought that Derek Lewis did a great job for defending, right? defending the submissions on, right. uh, with a guy like that, as tired as he was. I thought he was done in the notice. first round, to be honest. So did I. So for it to go to a five-round fight, and I, I, I think Derek deserves a lot of credit there. He's always been known as a striker. He's never been known as a grappler. Um, I thought that he exploded at the right times. I think it was safe at the right times. Again, it's not the most exciting thing to watch. I'm a nerd. I like to watch the really slow, methodical kind of game plan stuff. But I, I understand that as a whole, the you know kind of channel-flipping MMA fan, it's going to change the channel pretty quick. But I also am sure that deep down when that happens, I think people understand. Like, those fighters understand. And MMA fans are pretty forgiving. If you do something incredible right. next, well, we'll leave you alone about it. Aspinall, Pavlovich, Almeida, who has the highest ceiling of those three guys? Right now, where they're at, I think Aspinall. Mm. I think he's the, the most well-rounded. I think that he's the most dangerous in more places. Um, I don't know that Aspinall gets takedowns on Derek Lewis and doesn't finish. Mm. Interesting. That's that's kind of how I how I look at it. Mm-hmm. We uh, Pavlovich obviously could finish, so I, I think that it's between Pavlovich and Aspinall because I think we kind of already seen how how Pavlovich dealt with Derek Lewis, mm-hmm. and at times Almeida looked a little bit tired. I thought it was a really good fight for him to grow. I think that's like best case scenario for him. Twenty five minutes. <clears throat> excuse me. I think he got. I think he got all the lessons of a loss, but was able to leave with a win. Dominant win, 50 to 44. Yeah, but it wasn't easy. Right. I think he struggled. I think he lost some positions he shouldn't have lost. I think he was really tired at points and had to kind of weather a little bit and and find places to rest. I I think he learned a lot from that without having to take a loss. I think it was probably best case scenario for his career. Are you surprised Volk is coming back so soon? It's not January. Yeah. But it's still February. I am, yeah. Well, after his, his interview and him talking about it, not surprised. Would you advise against it? Um, if I was his manager, yeah. Yeah. Me personally, no, because I get it. Why, why, if you were the manager, are you advising against it? Because I think best case, you, you, you sit back and you kind of did the USC a favor. So I think you have the ability to take your time. Mm-hmm. You, you took a pretty hard shot, but I'm less concerned about that. I think he needs to sure up some of his stuff going on in his head mm-hmm. and come back not wanting to like erase something. Come back because you're ready to come back and, and you want to prove something. Like He wants, wants to erase that as fast as he can. 
it's not always the best move. It's kind of that home run mentality I talk about all mm -hmm. the time. Like, just keep swinging for the fences and hoping something hits. And most of the time, you're going to strike out again. Especially against a super tough young guy. Yeah, Tapuria's good. Yeah. Like, I would argue tougher than maybe the last couple of uh, title defenses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max but, was in there, but like Zombie and Yair, I think Tapuria might be tougher. I think he's... I think he's yeah, I think he's tougher than those guys. He's going to be a tougher fight than those guys, especially right now. And that's... I believe in Volkanovski. I think that if he comes in and he's focused and, and his head is in the right spot and he's physically ready, I, I don't have any doubts that he can beat Taporia and make it look, you know, really impressive. But you have to be like that to beat a guy like Taporia. I I feel for Volk, though. I, I found myself wanting to, like, I don't know, hug him mm. when he was talking because I understand. In the post-fight press conference. Yeah, I get it. He was very emotional. Yeah, I get it. I, I was just going to ask you have, you, have you ever experienced that? Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, like, especially after my mom died. Like, everyone was telling me, like, you shouldn't be fighting. What are you doing? Like, I don't know what to do with myself when I'm not fighting. I, we all, I was kind of, I said this earlier today, a lot of the traits, I don't think this is across the board, but I think the majority of us, a lot of the traits that make us really good at our jobs and really great fighters make us really tough humans to coexist with. And I think it makes us, it makes us struggle in other parts of our lives. Like you, you have to focus for so many years and you have to just dial in on this one thing and it has to become who you are. And you, you have to, you make a lot of sacrifices and you lose a lot of friends and there's relationships and like everything else goes to the side. And then like maybe you quote unquote make it and then you don't have the ability to fight as often or you like Volkanovsky, how many opportunities a year does he have to fight? You know, that's like, we have to have a target always. Like, fighters are better chasers. Like, I think in life in general is, it, is kind of like my rule, sports specifically. Like, you're either a front runner or you're a chaser. Like, John Jones is a really good front runner. Like, he's very good at keeping distance between him and whoever's number two. Most fighters are chasers. Like, always have to be chasing something. That's why you see guys like, like Michael Jordan. Like, not just fighters, but athletes, like, had to create things in his head. Like, well, that guy was talking shit. Like, now I have to, mm -hmm. I have to put it on this guy. I have to, he has to chase something. When you're the champion, and you don't get to fight as often. Like, you don't always have that target. Like, now you're being chased. So it's not always, I don't know, it doesn't always, I don't know if any of that makes sense. But. It totally makes sense. And it would speak to why he was so enamored with the idea of fighting for the lightweight title. Because mm -hmm. there he's chasing. He's chasing. Right. He, there's a right. huge gap between them. So yes, I know it's, exactly what you're talking about. So I, But I understand, like, as the champion of your division, there's only a certain amount of pay-per-views every year. There's only a couple spots you can fight every year. Challenges. You have to wait on contenders, right. especially when you're as dominant as he's been. There's not a lot of those challengers that people can really convince you have a chance. So he's kind of spinning his wheels, and sometimes as fighters, we fall apart when we're spinning our wheels. You could have, like, I get it. He said he had a great wife, a fantastic family. Life is good. He's got money in the bank. He's got crazy opportunities. Like, I felt that exact same way. I have nothing wrong going on in my life, but I'm not chasing anything. And, like, you just feel like you're spinning your wheels, and, like, I'm getting older, and I don't know what to do, and I just need to, I need something to chase, and, like, I need something to work towards. I need a target. I need a date. I need a name. And it just drives you crazy. Are you worried about when the music stops? How are you going to yeah, deal yeah, with that? Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. What are you going to do? I don't know. Just deal with it? Yeah, I guess we'll just deal with it when we get what to do it. What do you That's think? That's kind of why I've thrown myself into this, the broadcasting side of it. Because then at least I'm, you know, like when, you, I don't know what Volk does in his spare time. 
but what if I didn't have the podcast and I didn't have the radio show and I didn't have the desk jobs to prepare for? Like, I don't know what structure I would have. Like, I only fight a couple times a year because of where I'm, <clears throat> where I'm at in the division. So I need something to look forward to. So like, that's my daily, like Mondays I do the podcast and Wednesdays I got the radio show mm-hmm. and Thursday we do the podcast. And if I'm working the desk and I travel, mm-hmm. then I'm working on the weekends and like, you have too much spare time on your hands, which I suspect Volk has all the spare time in the world that he wants. What do you do with your time? Like, you, how, how often can you train without overdoing it in between fights, without burning yourself out? Like, probably spend a lot of time, like, sitting there trying to figure out what to right. do. You know what I mean? It's amazing because 10 years ago, guys in your position, there was no podcast. There was no mm-hmm. radio show, right? Like, the dudes who were coming up in 05, 06, 07, right. 08. Um, so it's great that you're able to set yourself up now mm-hmm. – you're doing it while you're active, but when you retire, you'll have this whole thing yeah. already. Yeah, it's less about the money. Along. It's more about the, the time. The time, right. The time. It's like, what about like the high of walking prison. out and the music and the people and all that? Do you think you'll, yeah, you'll crave yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot of, I don't know if I would say risky shit, but I do a lot of intense things that I think curbs that a little bit. Like what? I think that's like kind of like what Cowboy does. Like uh, Cowboy needs that. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. You mean like stuff like like ATV stuff? Yeah, like Ride My Razor and Celebrity Bull Riding and like just dumb shit. You do Celebrity Bull Riding? Well, the last two times it's come up, I've been hurt. So I've had had not been able to do it. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. Yeah, sure, sure. You're allowed. I'm going to. Uh, You're going to bull ride? (laughs) Absolutely. That's insane. Yeah, but like fall on your shoulder. Yeah, I know. Or else do you get that? Have you you ever tried it? No, absolutely not. (laughs) No, I'm just going to do it. You want to do this. For sure. You've been offered, and you, and you would have done it, but you were hurt. I was hurt, yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah, I was hurt. It was, it was not that long ago. They could st- the, the, the bull could, like, step on your chest. Yeah, fuck him. Wow. Stay on. That's crazy. It's hard to step on me when how I'm you, on his back. That is true. How do you how do you train for that? You don't. You don't? <laughs> no, you just go. Did you go on, like, one of those, like, motorized thingies? Yeah, that's not that quite feels the same, fake, huh? though. So you just wouldn't train? No, just go do it. Wow. Would your wife be okay with that? Yeah, I mean, it's not it, a choice. I'm gonna ah, do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. King of the castle. No, no. Wow. She just knows me. Right. You need to do that stuff. I do. Well, you, you see, like Steve-O. Mm-hmm. You would do shit like that. Oh no, he's, he's pretty crazy. Level. That's next level. The stuff he's talking about is insane. He got shot up with an epidural and then like won a race, and then his whole body was paralyzed. <laughs> like he's just insane. He's insane. I don't know how he does it sober now. That's true. Yeah. That's even crazy. And then trying to get the cauliflower ear. It made a lot of sense when he was like super fucked up doing right, it. Right, right, right. You're like, I could see a world where I could get fucked up enough to do some of that stuff. Sober, not a chance. No chance. No chance. It's crazy. Well, you're doing great. Thank you. Uh, you're working the desk. I am. I can't believe the studio, dude. You're, you're impressed. The thing is, yeah. Thank you. Like, you know, a car dropped me off in front of this huge building, you know, like... People downstairs like know where you're at. Like they're taking pictures of people coming and going and stuff. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, like they know. Like this is Ariel's building. It's not my building at all. Well, uh, they think so. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's nowhere There's near. Security. I'm very, I'm very proud of. It's crazy. Of this. Yeah. I don't have better. any security for my show. Well, you do it from home. Yeah, you couldn't do this at home. No, you, you need another home. This is part of the reason why I wanted to come back to the show because I love the set. I love having people. There's nothing like we could do the Zoom ones all day and mm-hmm. it's great. But there's something. Yeah, it's different. And, you, and, and if you're doing it from home, you can't invite people over. No. It's no. weird. Here you have multiple cameras. You've got yeah, a whole awesome. team working. I'm I happy for you. It. This is crazy. Thank you. It's cool to see a person. Thank you. Thanks for wow. changing your flight. 
even though I know you wouldn't have. If, no, I, would, I probably would I know you're just I, saying I, I, I know I, you would Like, I was you, already doing it, and you're like, by the way, Steve-O's going to be here. Yeah, I'm no, like, I know. All right, well, that helps, I guess. I know, I know. I'm happy you got to meet him. Yeah, me too. That, that hit me in the heart when you said you wish that you could tell your mom. Yeah, I do. I wish I could show that picture to my mom. She's somewhere. Just, like, it, I don't know. Just all the... I used to watch so much Steve-O doing dumb shit. Yes. And he was like... Late 90s, my favorite Jackass. Yeah, my yes. favorite character on Jackass. Like, legend. Like, Bam was pretty cool. But like Steve O was the guy. He was the guy. The guy. Like if you would have told seventeen year old me or sixteen year old me that like Steve O would just be here being like, Wow, I'm so yeah, happy to be up. like talking MMA with you. Like there's no chance this happens. Well, I don't want to like pump your head up at all, Ariel, but if you would have told twenty year old me when I was making my pro debut that I would have been here with you and Steve O, I remember like coming up wishing, like, I wish Ariel Hawani cared about what I was uh, trying to do. I swear to God. I appreciate that. There's a lot of fighters like that too. They haven't been very nice lately. Yeah, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I wasn't <laughs> going to bring it up. No, I'm kidding. There's been a lot of beefs lately. No, no, no beefs. There's no beefs. I was talking to Weidman yesterday. He's like, why do you got so many beefs? I was like, how many beefs? A lot of them are just pre-existing. Yeah. Chael and I are good. Jamal one is pre-existing for sure. Chael, if you guys are good. You know Jamal, he's just trying to build up his YouTube channel. And he sees anytime he talks I about me. he's doing a good job. Yeah, he's doing a good job of talking <laughs> about me and getting numbers. I think his YouTube channel actually looks really good. He looks great. He does. In fact, I told... He's actually pretty good at it, too. I told like, Ant Evans to reach out to his manager, Brian Butler. You know Ant Evans? Mm -hmm. I do know it. Because he's like a YouTube expert. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know him because of Mike yeah. and everything. That's how highly I thought of his YouTube channel. I was like, yeah, I oh, he great. can help with SEO. He can help with the back end. But he keeps doing these videos where he thinks he's like dropping the mic he's, on me. He's a different character, though. He, he lives a different life. Like he's, his, I want nothing like, to do with... His uh, mentality and his personality are, are... He doesn't really fit the mold of a lot of people in our world. He's very much... I just don't understand where don't, we went wrong because the truth is see, he's been on the show the and I was very kind and I put out videos and this and that. He didn't like one question that I asked him and then went on this whole thing about how... That makes sense though. Well, you were talking earlier about fighters sometimes. Yeah, yeah you know, that makes a lot of I think sense. It can be he's, misinterpreted. He's very real. Like Jamal's not as proper as a lot of us in this sport now because he just, he is who he is and he, he just, he doesn't give a fuck. Sure, like, but my retort to that would be like, I called him up, I tried to squash it yeah, I don't know if he's that guy. I think once he's done, he's done. What, six more videos? Like, we, yeah. why do we have to do well, so I'm many not, videos? I'm not defending it. Why do we have to do anybody? so just, many videos? I'm just saying his reaction anyway, to get it the views. makes a lot of sense. Like, I'm not surprised by it. Like, he's, I think he's the type of dude, once he's done, he's done, and that's his thing. No, that's fine. Uh, but I, I see you have my back, so I appreciate it. I do. Anytime, you yeah. know. Uh, Michael, on the other hand, not so much, but that's okay. Michael, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Michael and I go way back. Look, you know, did I call Michael up and say, hey, you should call up Dana White because Jacare's hurt and, and, and Weidman's hurt and you should get this title shot against Luke Rockhold and change the trajectory of his life and career? Yes, sure. But am I going to hold that? You know, like, am I going to feel like did maybe... Did he put that in his movie? His, uh, yes. Did he? In the doc? Yeah. The story, he tells the story. That's awesome. Not only does he tell the story, he tells it in his book, too. That's, see, it sounds like Michael's got a lot of love for you. Seems to have forgotten, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, I was like, hey, Mike, call Dana White now. There's a title fight to be had. It worked. Sure, I know you're in Toronto filming a movie, but this is your chance. Conceive. What happened? He made Luke Rockhold shut the fuck up. Yeah, and, and changed the tra trajectory of his life. He did. Now, did I go in there and punch Luke Rockhold? No, but I feel like I was a pal. Would you, though, if you could? Absolutely not. 
I don't want to be a fighter. I don't want to fight anyone. I am terrified of all of you guys. I want nothing to do. People say that to me like, they're like, oh, look at you running off the stage when they were throwing the bottles. Of course I was running okay. off the stage. I was what, do you, <laughs> what do you mean? Do you think I want to get hit in the face with a bottle? Oh, you were out so fast. I, it was kind of, I think it was slick. I was just like, I'm just going to go over here it, and I did. It was quick though. Yeah, because I don't want, if I would have stood there, See, I would have gone stayed. hit. No way. I Why? Stayed. I don't to know. prove it's... what? No, not okay. If I was you, I'd leave. Yes. If I was me, I would have stayed. Yeah, because you're different. You possess DNA that I don't possess. No, you are I'm courageous. A of, I'm a fan of chaos. It's not courage. It's a fan of chaos. You walk into a cage with four ounce gloves and nothing else and fight other human beings, and things sometimes go wrong, and you say, I want to do that again. Yeah, I, but we don't feel any different than you would feel. No, nah, you're different. You're different. Mm, maybe. Um, I think you have to go. Do I? I don't know. I think I saw something. Yes. Do we have to go? Do no. Okay. Go? I think I, I saw it. But uh, right. Uriah Faber is here, so I do have to. Okay. Uh, I can't take any of Uriah Faber's stuff. Legend. And what Slava Claus, too. If you want to get Slava a nugget Claus. for the, uh, the broadcast. That. Yeah. Slava Claus. You love know, that guy. Oh, I love that guy. He's a legend. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Smith, you're the man. I appreciate you. You've your got name. the uh, YouTube channel. you got the show with Mike. Mm -hmm. Believe you me. Uh, Sirius on Wednesdays. Yeah. We're doing a live show here. At, Today? No, on Friday at Legends Bar. Okay. Come check it out. Uh, it's me, RJ Clifford, and Dean. Dean Thomas. Yeah, come check it out. Um, I'm doing uh, a live show on don't... Friday too. Oh yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Thanks for counter programming. You, you taking your show. you taking your whole studio with you? No. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to another place called City Winery. Oh, thanks La for the invite. Well, last year you came, and I feel like that's just one. I mean, how many times am I going to cash this chip in? Every time. Uh, I'm a very I, I have guilty conscience. I really conscious. just want the hoodie. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I just want the hoodie. Uh, I'll send you a hoodie. All right, perfect. Um, and also, in addition to that, he's working for ESPN. Am I missing something? You got the podcast, you got the radio show, no the TV work, and soon to be color work. Someday, yeah, someday. I think I need to put in a call. Zach. And I'm going to be a catcher on slap fighting. Oh, uh, you got done. that gig? That's done. You yeah. got it? Yeah, we just got to get the date. Wow, right here, bro. You and Forrest Griffin? Me and Forrest, we're catching bodies. Would you do that? Slap like, fighting? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's there's a number, but it's higher than they probably want to pay. But is it, if, is if it higher it, than yeah. your MMA number? No, okay. no, it's close probably. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. You don't easy. even have to train for that. Yeah, it's easy. I'm mean, not easy. I mean, it's pretty tough. If I'd you imagine. could slap fight one guy out there, who would it be? The smallest guy. Is there a weight class? Yeah, but I just no. I'd have to be a hybrid, like a two hundred five. No, no. I like if a you slap fight Alex Pereira, <laughs> would I? Yeah, yeah. How would it go? I don't know. What? I don't know. His, ch his, his chin has seemed to be, I don't know. Mine's held up better than his recently. Yeah. It has. Shots fired. At 205, it's held up all right, though. He didn't take any big shots, but right. it held up okay. Yeah, Could why, be a weight cutting thing. for a grappling match? You versus him and slap is I would love fight. that. You would love it? A grappling match? No, no, no. Slap. I would love anything. Yeah, okay. I would do it all. Well, we'll start with the MMA uh, title fight, of course, if he wins on Saturday. He's the man. He's Anthony Smith. We're going to take a quick break. This is my conversation uh, with the aforementioned Yuri Prochaska. And in a moment, we'll be joined by Slava Claus and then Uriah Faber, the California kid. Don't go anywhere. What a special day here on the program. Our Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Right. We are back on the MMA Hour. That was my conversation with Yuri Prochaska from Monday. Uh, also showed you my conversation with Sugashan O'Malley from Monday as well. What a time it has been. What a week it has been. And the fun continues, my friend. So uh, earlier today, we had Steve-O in studio, then Anthony Smith. Still to come, the legend, the California kid, Uriah Faber, the very first guest that we've ever had in the history of this program. I can't wait for that. But the reason why he is in New York is because he is here helping to coach and corner one of his guys. He is so proud of him. He calls him Slava Claus. In fact, his real name is Vyacheslav Borshev. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm going to ask him that question in a moment. Here he is, the uh, the man known as Slava Claus to those who can't actually pronounce his name correctly in <laughs> Thank studio. Thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Have a seat. How did I do with your name? Uh, Close? It's okay. Vyacheslav yeah. <laughs> Borshev? Almost, yeah. It's Vyacheslav Borshev, but... Vyacheslav. Yeah, Vyacheslav. It's like a bit more of like a Y in there. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, thank you for coming. Sure. Great to have you here. And uh, you're fighting on Saturday, of course, at uh, UFC 295. How's the uh, the weight cut going? Yeah, it's good. No it's problem. Right now. <laughs> it's really good. It's uh, you're really used good. to this weather because you're from yeah. Russia. Yeah. But coming from California, does that affect you at all? Or is it... Uh, I know it's a little chilly in Sacramento now, right? So it's not that big of a difference? I'm, I'm like, I'm really enjoying the California weather right now. I hate cold. Okay. Like, probably because of such experience I have. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's no problem. I like travel and also I'm excited. Like I see Manhattan and all this stuff. Like I think it's even helped me mentally. <laughs> have you been here before? No. It's my first time. First time in New York? Yep. Wow. When did you get here? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. And, and what do you think of it so far? I mean, it's cool. I, I heard a lot of... Uh, stories about New York and I, I'm not for some reason it's most of bad stories like how dirty is it how like terrible is it I don't know that's cool it's just super crowded I yes. kind of like I already not use it anymore but but there's an energy right yeah, wow, that's so awesome like especially like where we're staying right now I know it's Manhattan probably like best place <laughs> and I'm not sure best spot in New York I, I, yeah. I'm, I don't really know but looks really cool everything you're looks. near Times Square right yep have you got, did you go see yep. the lights and everything? Yep. It's surreal, right? Yep. That's crazy. That's amazing. That's impressive. And uh, what about fighting at Madison Square Garden? Is that something that you thought about? Does it mean anything to you? For some people, it means something. For some others, it's just another arena. What about for you? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because right now I'm on a spot with my all this experience. I'm not overexcited about that, but. I just, when I remember when I was a kid and running like next to the Volga River and I was dreaming to be just master of sport of kickboxing and people thought I'm crazy at that time and now I'm fighting Madison Square Garden, it's, it's crazy. Like when I, yeah, it's like, I made it. The journey, <laughs> yeah. yes. It's, it's amazing, yeah. Why do people think you were crazy? I mean, I never been like, super talented guy everything i got in my life is hard work like wherever like kickboxing uh, travel like doesn't matter every 
like time I succeed, that was through the like everything, even the way how I get my green card. Like that was like crazy. How did <laughs> you get experience. it? Like, I mean, uh, technically I get it as an extraordinary case, but uh, like uh, first, first, uh, first time of the first lawyer when I tried it, like uh, we make a good deal and I thought it's amazing, but I spent like two and a half years and lost all money to nothing because just he wasn't good enough. Like, wow. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think he scammed me or did it on purpose. I, I think he's just bad lawyer. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And finally, I found a good lawyer. She's amazing, but the problem is she was like super expensive, uh. and that was like how I really struggled with everything. But now we, we finally we did. And I, and I remember when I got my green card. And it's funny because I never even was thinking about to stay in USA. My goal was just. UFC, that's it. I never, I, I thought like, okay, I would live in Russia, coming back and forth and fight. But when I got the green card, I look at it, uh, oh my gosh, I put so much blood in it. And now so many people who just won green card, get married, yeah, like yeah, yeah. political asylum, whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is different. And now I feel like I like America a little bit more. <laughs> I love, okay, so, so you grow up in Russia. Who introduces you to fighting? To uh, Kickboxing was the first combat sport, right? That you yep. were, who, who introduces you to that? How do you get on that path? I think that my, my dad brought me to to the like to the gym first time okay. but i mean i've been fighting my whole life like my first fight was in 2002 official fight how old were you then like 10 10 yeah wow official fight 10 are you yeah. what, what are you wearing that was uh headgear like i mean that, that was kind of like amateur fights okay but the thing is like back in uh, uh like russia europe especially east europe the amateur kickboxing is kind of like olympic sport like it's very competitive okay like for me, it was harder to get a Russia, to win a Russian national championship than compared to world championship. Because like in, in one weight class, you would have like multiple world champions from different years. Right, right, right. <laughs> so why did your dad put you in kickboxing? Was he a fighter? Uh, I mean, he did judo. Like, okay. He grew up in USSR. At USSR, you know, everything was like all the uh, sport clubs was for free. And he did everything. Like if you look his like uh, diplomas from like hockey, soccer, you can try everything. Wow. You don't have to pay. Right. <laughs> yes. And uh, I, he never was focusing on any sport. But I think kickboxing was because it's kind of new sport was at that time. And uh, we have probably one of the best kickboxing school in the world. I was in from my gym, hometown gym, I was a sixth world champ. Wow. Now it's like nine or something like this. And, and what's the name of your hometown? Volgograd. It used to be a Stalingrad. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so how close is that to Moscow? Like thousand kilometers. Okay. So, so at what point do you make the switch from kickboxing to MMA? The, that's my, like probably money. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Money. Yeah. But that, what, what year? So, like you, you made your debut, I think, in 2019, right? Yep. So, w when did you decide? Okay, this is what I want to do. Yo, well, I, I lived in Moscow for a couple of years, and uh, like I couldn't move any further in kickboxing I couldn't make any real money and what's the most you made like, in kickboxing yeah i don't even remember like maybe five thousand something uh, like okay that. so nothing yes. to live off of yep and uh the my when my daughter was born uh, actually i i i I, did, I haven't even been there i, I was fighting in china at that time wow <laughs> yeah. you missed it yeah and when i came back uh like um, our, our, we were kind of in like not that good situation like when i remember that that wasn't like really best memory and uh, I, I keep trying to keep find a way to get more money in kickboxing that was super tough and I just okay like like where's the money is right now like MMA is pretty like 
popular because boxing is, is still harder. It's like you need to work right, with somebody. Right. But MMA was since to me like real American story. All you need, just work hard, like sh show off. And there was much more uh, like um, place where you can show your skills uh, compared to other like sports, uh, martial arts. And I, I, I had a, one of the friends, like, I mean, we're still friends. <laughs> uh, I, I lived at the time for a little bit uh, back and forth, like St. Petersburg, uh, Volgograd, Moscow. I keep traveling. And he put this idea to me, like, he said, oh, you should go to Team Alpha Male. I said, like, why Team Alpha Male? I said, oh, and he's a huge fan of uh, Team Alpha Male. And he's <laughs> told me the whole story, how this team happened, who Uri is, like, all, everything. And I said, okay, let's try. And uh, also, I got some, a couple of friends uh, lived in L.A. and, uh, like, not too far from Sacramento. I decided that's not too risky. I'm going to try. And I went straight to... Um, did you call Team anyone I, before or did you just no, fly there? No, just... Ah, you mean friends? No, no, like anyone at Team Alpha Male. No, did you say, hello, I'm coming? No, no I just show up and say, like, hi, I want to fly. So that first day, yep. what happens? You you show up and just say, hi, I'm here. That's to actually interesting. I show up and though Uriah wasn't there. Uh. Like, I think I was waiting for him for two weeks. And I just bought everything, wherever they have, like, all the memberships and try everything. Like, jiu-jitsu, like, like I, I was everywhere. Like, uh, Were the other pros there? You know, like yeah, yeah. I I, I seen some guys like uh, Josh Emmett, uh, yeah, Emmett, uh, uh, Elkins, uh, Philly. Like I mean, all of this. Yeah, yeah. At that time was I think that was a lot of people around. Even Sarah still there. Like there was a lot of guys there, and uh, I just keep keep showing up. And finally, I got Uriah. And my I had no English at that time, <laughs> and I just I brought him the. Uh, Soviet hat there with this thing and some like t-shirt gave it to him like hey hi you right I want to fight and he said oh cool have you ever wrestled before I said no <laughs> never ever like I'm from Russia but I never wrestled like wow never even once like and that's how it started so is it true that he said like for a year he didn't want you to fight because he wanted you to learn wrestling and like the full yep. How that's difficult a, was that? I think he, he put me in sparring with a couple high-level guys, and uh, he realized right away, yes, I'm, like, the real deal. <laughs> and he asked me the same night uh, to go to jiu-jitsu. And I think for five minutes, he choked me probably, like, 15 times, maybe, wow. at least. <laughs> and he like, and he said, eh, fight would be over after first. I said, no, but I still want to try, I still want to try. And he kind of held me for, for, for a while. Yeah, he was a... I think, actually, to be honest, you're right, even the reason why he moved finally to USA, because he he make every like everything. I mean, he did everything to make it happen. He's an unbelievable guy, like so uh, welcoming and friendly and supportive. That's amazing. Yep. It's it's uh, like I'll always I'll, I'll never forget. I think it was when he lost to uh, Henan Burrell, and like he's on the microphone. He's talking about T.J. Dillashaw. Like he's always thinking about the team and the teammates and stuff like that. And I would imagine he's like that in the gym as well, right? Yeah, like a true leader. And the thing I really like about the, his team, uh, he got very similar idea what I had back in home. Like team, it's not just business, not just like it's multiple things together. But also, I, I would like think about that like as a gang group. Like it's it's my my it's my wolf pack. That's it. I'm here. It's uh, everybody supposed to take care of whichever. Like and it's not just about money. It's about like multiple things and loyalty and I love it and I, I can see and also he never pressure like I, I don't think he ever pushed anybody to do anything like it's like he gave you all tools and if you're smart enough you can use it if you're dummy you're dummy sorry mm -hmm. it's your fault 
that year, like early on when you weren't fighting, how difficult was that for you? Because I'm assuming you're not making any money, right? No, the, the, actually at the beginning, he pro, you see, he's such a good guy, he not even remember that. But he actually, at the beginning, he helped me a lot. That's how I made the last trip. Because I, that was a free trip before I, st- I, st- I stuck here in USA. And the second trip, I sold my car and uh, technically put all money, what I have, came to Uriah, and in months, I tore my meniscus. Oh, wow. And I went back to Russia again to make a surgery, all of this stuff. And um, the, my last trip, that's crazy. I actually, I forgot about that. Every time I int- people interview me, I, I always forgot to like, say that because it's so, super important for me. I was raised my grandmom, and she's like everything for me. She's my like mother, dad, my Batman, everything. <laughs> like, and uh, I forgot how I made the third trip, like, because I remember I was out of money. And I found the picture, and I, I make this picture to make sure I would never forget. My grandma found the money. I have no idea where she get it from, and like we have the picture of me and the, like bunch of money is like where, wherever he get it from. Maybe he robbed somebody. I don't right. know. Oh, sorry, she robbed. <laughs> and like we make a picture, and uh, that's how I made the third trip. But as I make it here, Uriah start helping me. Like uh, he gave me a job, he gave me everything. Like, wow. like he helped me with a visa with everything and to, br- to bring my family. But after pandemic started, that's when, that was the craziest time in my life. That's well, how I realized I'm a man. <laughs> I'm not just a fighter because I never did anything except fighting. I have no skills beside the fighting, like zero. And when pandemic started, everything shut down. That was really scary. My wife was pregnant oh, wow. this time. And yeah, th- that's when my crazy journey started. So what did you do? <laughs> I mean, I work everywhere, like on a field, uh, I work uh, in a field. Yeah, doing uh, what? <laughs> uh, like planting. <laughs> wow, in Sacramento? No, that's... you went back? No, no, no. Here in California. Okay, yeah, in California, and uh, that's actually technically saved everything. But but there was sometimes it was so tough. Like I I, w- I woke up at four a.m. go all the way on the field, work all day, and on Fridays I I uh, as as I get back shower and i went to the club nightclub to bounce in there oh my gosh. because there was only one club on Folsom which still worked like even like doesn't matter like regardless pandemic yeah, yeah. yes and i worked there too but I, I quit on this job very fast because people was like like i realized i, I can punch somebody i don't want to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also wanna, you're not getting any sleep it must have been exhausting yeah, that was tough but the funny thing pandemic forced me because my debut was in 2019 and after that, for a year, we couldn't find any fights for me. And I was actually in amazing shape. One of the best shape I've ever, I ever been. But we couldn't find any fights. And during the pandemic, finally, the fights started happening. Because, uh, uh, like, as Uriah said, now, like, people, like, struggling about finding any money. And they, they, like, they take a fight easy. And that's how it started, like, during the pandemic, technically. Did you ever lose hope? Did you think, like, oh, man, I got so close and now this pandemic, I can't get, like... I may have to go home to get a real job or something. Did you ever think that you'd have to give up on the dream of being a fighter? I actually, I did give up right before Contender Series. Like, I did? I, I, yeah, I did. I did give up. Like, I, I, I even talked to you, right? That, that, that's the thing, because remember I told you, I never was planning to stay in USA. And uh, when I realized I'm stuck here to chasing my goal, like, I'm like, why am I doing that? Right before uh, Contender Series happened, <laughs> we wrestled with Clay Guida. That wasn't even life wrestling. And his uh, wrestling shoes stuck between my toe and second uh. toes and like torn it so bad. Like I, n- I never seen that. My skin was, I for the second I thought my toe split off. Wow. <laughs> it was really bad. And uh, 
I, my, my, my son was already born and I was laying down at home for like a couple days, almost a week. And my wife used to take care of everything. And I, I was out of money. See, like I'm useless. That was like so tough. And thank God, like some guys helped me to, uh, like my friends, uh, Uriah's friends, they, they, they gave me a job that was easy. Like I was kind of laying down, like pruning or whatever. Okay. And right after I get a little bit better, my food, they give me landscaping work. And I, I never forget this day. Like I worked there all like, because you know, I, ha I had no real skills. Most I take care of trash. And I was so dirty and like I sit in the car, go back and like, look, I'm almost 30 years old, man. Like I'm actually, I educated, like I could be a lawyer back in the home. Wow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, like a world champ. I have a pretty good background at home and like, what the fuck I'm doing here? Right, like, right. Like, and I, I go to to my wife and uh, I said like, w like look, why are we here? Like, I mean, do you really want to stay in USA and like live live here or like what? And the the f my uh, green card was in process right at that time with first bad lawyer. Right. And she's I don't know, but let's at least finish the process like. And I'm okay, but I'm not sure if I, I want to do it anymore. And I go to Uriah, like, it's funny, I shaved everything, my head. Or, wow. Like, I think I, I got some metal problem at that time. Yeah. And I, I told Uriah, like, like, look, Uriah, like, I feel like, like, that's it. Like, I, I'm almost 30 years old. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, it's so stupid. Like, if you, if you still think I should be a fighter, like, let's try at least, like, some Bellator or whatever. And for some reason, he interrupted me right away and said, no, I told you we will be in UFC. Like, I, I tell you, we will be in UFC. And like, I just, okay, I, I will trust you. And I start training step by step. And probably in a week, like right after he told me that, week or two, every time I, I, I went to the bed, I, I keep saying to myself, okay, tomorrow he will text me. Tomorrow he will text me. And he texted me and said, contender series October 12th. No like, That's it. I didn't even look the guy. said, so that's it. I will be in UFC. I know. <laughs> wow. How nervous were you for that? Because you had so much riding on I that. I think... Uh, this mental problem part helped me to prepare. And the crazy thing is, I, I was reading Dostoevsky at the time. Huh. Yeah, I, I actually finished, you know, Crime and Punish? Yeah, yeah. I finished, and this really, like, is tough book. Like, and I, I think because my mental health was kind of, like, bouncing like this, and also I read this book, this helped me to never even think about any nerves, like fighting. I just, I don't think I ever thought. As soon as I, as Uriah told me October 12th, I, I know, like, I will be in UC. That's it. Like, I didn't watch the guy. Like, I was... Not a thing? No. Only Uriah. Uriah told me everything about this guy. Wow. Yeah. And they, I maybe watch with Uriah together. That's sure. how we usually do. But myself, I never search. Uh, do you think if it didn't go your way on Contender, you would have quit? Probably. Yeah. More like, I mean, I, I did quit. Like I, I did give up. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You just had a heart to heart with your with your guy. Like you didn't you didn't pack your bags and go home. You but you know that wasn't like I I was I wasn't just chasing my dream. That yeah. was just I trust your eye. I said yeah. okay okay you you know better. Like you, and I, I, I unbelievable. And I hear you are at Madison Square Garden. Yep. <laughs> you there was a bit of a rough patch in in the UFC run. Were you worried like going into your last fight? Were you worried that you were fighting for your UFC career? Yeah, and I, I, at that time, the, it's actually interesting. I remember I forgot the, this guy name, but the, everybody keep posting like, oh, he has some like very little money on his uh, bank account. And me and my friends was la laughing, not 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 aggressively, of course. No, we, we, I respect like best wishes to this guy. But I was, 
in debt like around like 70 something thousand because I borrowed wow. from my friend like uh, 50,000, like 45,000 for lawyer. And also I, I supposed to pay taxes. Oh man. And technically I was like, that's it. It's d die, but do it. Like there's no way. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And Are was, you out of debt now? No, now my now everything much better. You're all good. I, I, I paid back, like yeah. because I got the bonus. Of course. Oh year. yes, yes, yes. Yes, I paid back. Every, now good. Now good. You feel comfortable? I, I can't really say I feel comfortable uh, financially uh, because I'm living in California. Right. That's true. <laughs> I, I mean, it's New York, probably even yeah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but I'm happy with everything happened. Like I'm really enjoying. I don't think now. I mean, I believe. I, I hope nothing really can break me. Like, it doesn't matter what's happened, like, tomorrow, Saturday, as long as I'm alive, I have both hands, both feet, I would, like, do everything to keep my family safe. How, how is your family, like, does, does your wife like California? Do your, I know your kids are young, but... Yeah, you, my wife loves it. Like, she does, okay. I, I mean, so first... As long as she's happy, rather, you're good. <laughs> the main thing, oh, yeah, she's super happy. Like, she's, she's cool. And she supports you. She she's okay with you fighting. Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, she never knew me like beside right. fighting. We we like sweet uh, how we call high school sweet high school sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're together forever. Yes, and I mean, she I I don't think she ever seen me do anything beside fighting. And so you could go on a bit of a run. You said you were fighting. Was that the last fight of your contract? The last one? Yeah. Now I got oh. the new one. Wow. So there was a lot riding on that. Yep. Man, that's pressure. Yeah. <laughs> were you nervous before that one? Uh, the last one? Yeah. I actually, I, I don't think so. It's, it was weird. Like I was, I actually was in extremely good shape. I prepare really well. I, I knew what I have to do. I mean, and I, I think right before the fight, I knew I got the green card. Like uh. they approved it. Like I, I, I still had some sort of relief right before the fight. Okay. Um, this one you feel good about? Yeah. Good. No problems? No problems. How, how do you think it goes? Of course, I have to win. <laughs> yes, but like, how are you envisioning the fight playing out? Uh, I mean, I believe he he will bounce in between striking and wrestling because he's well-rounded. Mm -hmm. Yes, but my goal just keep my game plan. <laughs> Where's he from? Uh, I mean, I believe he's from Brooklyn, but he's also oh. Azerbaijanian guy. Azerbaijan, okay. Would you you wouldn't have a problem fighting another Russian? Would you? Some people don't like. I'm, to not, fight. I'm like, it's 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 funny. It's some Russian. Uh, like um, journalists asked me, like if I would go with flag. Mm. Now, I mean, I, I just said, look, I'm Russian. I never, never ashamed of it. I'm proud of it. I love my culture. I love my people. But I'm not fighting for Russia. I'm fighting for money. Mm. When I used to be an amateur fighter, yes, I was proud to hold my flag because I used to be part of Russian national team, and that was a huge thing for me. Like I proud, like oh, I was this little piece of that, but. Now I'm training in America, living in America, and like it's my business. I'm just, I'm just. If you stop, stop, stop paying me, I would never fight. Mm. Like why? <laughs> so it's UFC or bust, meaning yeah. like UFC or nothing. And yep. so on Saturday, no flag for you. What, what do you mean? No flag. You won't come out with the the Russian flag. No, no, no flag. No. no. Yeah. You're just representing your team yourself. Maybe a team alpha male flag. You'd be more. I, I don't think I represent anything. Like I just, it's a business. Just, right. I'm just making money. Like I'm not representing fighting. at all. Yeah. Like uh, I, I mean, it's it's makes sense. I'm Russian. Yes, I've never hide it. Hello, sure. I'm Russian. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but but like I'm, I don't think I represented. Okay, fair mm -hmm. enough. And uh, Uriah gave you the nickname Slava Claus, right? Yep. Because of your demeanor, because you're in such a good mood. Uh, I you better ask him. Okay. You ask him. I will ask. Uh, do you like the name? Are you okay yeah, with it? Yeah, that's really cool. It's a great I, nickname. I actually, I, 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 it seems like I, I. 
probably can make even some money beside of uh, fighting uh, even uh, pretty soon. People already paid me to show off like as a Santa. Really? Yeah, in a, yes, in the wow. event. In a Sacramento? Actually, Ukraine, oh, sorry, uh, Uriah's event. Really? A1, yeah. yeah to show up yeah. as Santa Claus? Yeah, as a Santa Claus. Right? Amazing. Amazing. Well, uh, great to meet you. Nice I wish you the you. best. Uh, this Saturday against Nazim uh, Sadikhov of Azerbaijan, but um, as you said, fighting out of, I think he's born in Azerbaijan, but fighting out of Brooklyn. Uh, but you're getting to fight in the world's most famous arena where the likes of Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, and obviously later on Conor McGregor and so many others fought. So I wish you the best and uh, great to meet you. Appreciate and good luck on your journey. Good and luck. I believe Uriah is actually going to come in now. So thank you for coming in. Thank I appreciate you. it. There he <laughs> is. Uh, Vaisheslev, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. And there he is. Hey! The first guest in the history of What's this What's up, program. buddy? How are you, man? So Have I really never been in studio? I don't think you so. You sure about that? I mean, you've corrected me on things that I thought was right. I could be wrong. Like, even the poster in my office, you're like, that's your story yes, is yes, wrong. Yes, yes, that, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I didn't I want to do that. Well, that. do you remember any of this? You don't remember is being Has it here. always been like this? No, it's evolved. Did you ever have my bobblehead? No, I don't have a bobblehead of yours. Why not? Do I have? I've got one. I actually have a picture. Most of you. recently made one not, uh, about a year ago. Oh, so then I definitely don't have it. But I have a picture of you, like an old school WEC picture that sometimes I put up over here, like uh. a, a portrait of your face. It's so. I don't know the last time I saw you in person. Well, you look great. You look you great look too. Same. Yeah, so do you. You look. <laughs> you're actually like. You, I feel like you're very muscular. Well, yeah. Like how much you weigh right now? If you don't mind me asking, I feel like you're thick, like you're strong. You no, know, I used to have a habit of stepping on the scale a couple times a day throughout for like 20 years. Okay. And I don't step on a scale anymore. You've I think someone it. actually borrowed my scale and never gave it back. And so I'm probably about 163. But you're in shape. Oh yeah. You're always Come in the on, gym. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never be you'll never be like one of those fighters who balloons, you know? Yeah, I don't think so. You just don't have that in your DNA. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I got all sorts of nutrition stuff. You know, I was one of the the guys that helped put the the nutrition program like on the right track with Trifecta Nutrition back in the day. For, for we're the, the first ones to do the the right, I remember. Trifecta Nutrition was was the ones to do that. I've got you know nutrition's my gig, baby. I'm not messing around with that. How about this guy? Slava Isn't that Claus. amazing? What a guy. What I tell you, I said, hey, yeah, one of my favorite human beings, Slava Claus. I actually watched a. He sent me a uh, <laughs> a video, and I'll have to send it to you. You can play it later, of him dancing in his in his like home gym. Oh yeah, he's a great dancer. And and I was like, dude, this is my guy. And he didn't really speak much English at the time, but I was like, this energy. And he said, and he sent me on the text afterwards, not your regular Russian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's true. No, his post fight <laughs> dancing is great. Yeah, yeah. His whole you demeanor see is this great. Video. This, he still had hair back in the day uh, when he was doing this one and. When, when, yeah, it's been nuts. I think we're seeing some of it right here. Is this it? Hey, oh no, that's not the one. I that's not I gotta one. send it to you. Here, here's some more dancing. <laughs> this guy. Bro, this guy's this guy's been through what so much. Oh, look at that. I mean, you guys didn't get to get in too much of all the stuff he's been through, but he's got awesome and he's like a historian. He like knows he I, he's like when we're having conversations, he's telling me all the history of this and that and the other thing, and it's like man, it's like just general history. Again. General history, mostly with his country right, right, right. and everything surrounding him, like right. makes us Americans seem a little bit ignorant. When he comes to you, he was talking about that day, like I think I'm done, and you're like, no, 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 no. I told you, you know, UFC. What, I'm sure you've been in this position before, yes. right? When a fighter says, I, I'm done, yeah, they're almost looking to you for that reassurance. Yeah, how tough of a spot is that? 
Well, sometimes you have to be frank and, and let him know that's the case. But for him, that's not the case. And it's funny because he he came and he had shaved yeah. his head, his face. I don't know if he had shaved like his eyebrow even maybe or something. And I was like, and he's like, hey, uh, I think I'm losing my mind. Oh my <laughs> you know? God. He's like, he's like, I'm just thinking I, I need to be fighting for big money. I'm one of the best fighters in the world. And I've been harping on, on Sean Shelby and I've been harping on Dana and um, I actually had to have a sit down with, with Shelby because we were kind of going through some stuff at the time. And I was like, listen, I tried to get Slava in before he had any fights and they did that for a girl that was like a good, a good person, but I couldn't find any fights for him. We had him boxing cause we could get fights boxing. He's beating up all these great boxers. Um, and then, um, so I was like, dude, just hold on. And then I called Dan, I'm like, bitching and moaning to Dana and everything else. And then, and then Shelby hit me up and was like, Hey, I got the right matchup for you. And can he step in short notice? I said, yeah. Let's go. And that was such a big relief for me to be able to tell him that because right. it was it like felt amazing. Oh yeah, because he'd been there since 2017, and he wanted to fight on 2000, 2017. You said a year. I held him out for two and a half years. Oh wow! Because he came from you, like tell him to sprawl, he'd jump. He had zero zero grappling. Like right. it was completely foreign to him. And he's a skinny right, kickboxer right, right. guy. That that so that's a whole different animal. But uh, I mean, he's a, he's a champion. When you have a champion, you have a champion all the way through and through. You're a champion at what you do. You know, champions they find a way, and he's that's what he did. Th those times where you've had to tell someone, yeah, it's probably best if you don't pursue this. Yeah, that's got to be. Well, usually it's like they've convinced their girlfriend or wife to support them when they're dicking off not taking it serious right. okay not you know that kind of thing like i just and i don't ever try to discourage someone i'll say okay look let me give you some realistic things like here's some markers go compete in a jiu-jitsu wrestling blah 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 you know here go here's here's uh eric cortez frosty he's 15 see if you can beat him in wrestling boxing or jiu-jitsu he's your same he's actually a little lighter than you i had one guy i put Corey mckenna on when she was when he when he was 18 and he was like adamant he wanted to fight and like, but you don't understand. I, I've got it, you know? And I'm like, okay, here's Corey McKenna. She's 115 pound, 18 year old girl. I'm like, let's see how you do. What happened? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Corey's a killer. Oh yeah, of course. Wow. And but, then did he leave? Uh, he stuck around for a while doing the general classes and whatnot. But like for like a, a fighter that is like, that has put in the time and it's home, that's all on them. Like I've got a guy... Alex Sandoval, who fought in the UFC, had the worst luck ever. One of the always did the right things. You know, he's coaching for us. But um, he's a guy where I'm like, hey, try longer, try longer. He he would run on the weekends and he was he did all the right stuff. He was there before there was a weight class for him. He eventually got in to the UFC. Then they, you know, he has I think he went one and two. Uh, but super exciting fights. Then they're going to get rid of the 125 pound weight class, but it took them forever to get there. And then the pandemic happens. Um, like that kind of situation, I'll be like, bro, like stay a little longer. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, but, um, yeah, I try to be as positive as I can, but r realistic, right? You have to be. And I've got a huge team. I mean, our, our team is literally like a hotbed of talent from all over the world now. How many pros? I don't know, probably 60 some odd pros, but wow. like the exciting thing, like if you look at, like I just talked about Eric Frosty Cortez, he, he could go pro tomorrow. He just turned 18. Wow. And you know, I've, he, he just had that super fight with Adrian Lee's, uh, 
is it Adrian Lee out of Hawaii? Angela Lee. Angela Lee's little brother. Little brother He's yes, 17. Yes, yes, He's yes. about to sign, sign with one. one Frosty yeah. and him had a could have gone anybody's way, and Frosty went up a weight class to go fight him in Hawaii. Tough man. Um, I've got uh, Aaron from India. She's 18. I've got uh, Sefala. He's he's from Chechnya, from Russia, and he's. Uh, just turned 20 and he's already can go with all the guys. How are I've you got, getting these guys or are they coming to you? Do you recruit? They come to us. Oh, they just, no, I don't recruit anybody. I, I learned a long time ago, you don't try to convince people to do this sport. You don't try to convince them to be on your team. Like They just come to you, like his story. Yeah, Sefala is a killer. Aaron, she came over here all the way from India. She's uh, part of what I want to talk about today is is what we got have going on with Sac State, Sacramento State, the university. Tell us. But Aaron is... She came here from India, got her classes at Sac State all around their pro practice. We have uh, Isaac Thompson came as a teen from, from Australia. We have Mick Debeck Orobay, who's, who's from Kyrgyzstan. We have, uh, we have probably 15, 16 different countries on any given day in the gym um, that are, you know, following their hearts and their dreams. And so... It's been pretty awesome. I mean, I, I love to see, you know, us be a hotbed for like an open place for people to come and follow their dreams. You know, in China, we have Song, Sumo, and Yan, three of the, the top Chinese fighters in the world that are all on our team have moved here with us. And, um, you know, Corey McKenna, Mason Jones, and... Um, you know, Malat from Canada and, and the list goes on of all these different people. We have all these Brazilians that are with us. Uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to come in and have this mesh pod of, of people. Oh, my, my boy Stav. I got to introduce you to Stav from Israel. He's Legend. 19, uh, three and oh, came here and he's following his, his dreams. And, and the coolest thing is we have, you know, we have the guys from Azerbaijan, from Chechnya, from Russia, from Afghanistan, from uh, Liberia, from, and they're all speaking one Friends, language. Yeah. It's, it's just, That's you know, amazing. the world climate goes away. Um, did you think it would turn out like this when you started Alpha Male? Like, what was the original goal of starting the team? I was just, I was passionate about it. I was recruiting my friends, um, like Chad Mendez and, and Danny Castillo and... Um, you know, Scotty Jorgensen and um, even TJ Dillashaw back in the day was a guy that I had recruited in college to come to, to come to Cal Davis when I was still a, a coach. And so I was just like preaching this, you know, Dustin Akbari, he was my training partner. He was like 15 or 16 at the time. And, uh, and I was just passionate what I was doing. I wanted to bring people with me and had like the vision to like fill in spots, which I've been doing, like, like see, see an opening you know, fill the spot that, that goes with first MMA gym in Sacramento and, um, everything else. So I didn't really envision it. I just, you know, was having a lot of fun and following my passion and so here we are, baby. And, and now you're doing big things. So you just referenced it and I saw you post on Instagram as well. What are you doing with Sacramento state? So Sac state. So, um, luckily we've just got this new president, Luke Wood. He's uh, a Sacramento guy, has his own, amazing story in the foster foster uh system from a young age he uh he actually has some um jewish russian jewish heritage that he didn't know about till till later um and he is a boxer he is a sacramento state guy that had it the hard way 
and he loves mixed martial arts. And Aaron, the girl from, from India, mm-hmm. he had a discussion with her about why she came to Sac State. This also happened with Tassandra uh, from Australia about 11 years ago. You've met Tuss before. And, um, and she was there because of our gym. And so he, he came to me, started boxing at the gym, and was like, man, I, I, I've just taken over. I love what you guys are doing here, and I have a vision to blow out this this sport and be the first combat university where we, you know, put our stake in the in the ground and say this is the place to go to foster anything. And and you know, you made a career out of the sport too. You know, you love this sport, and you're the, you're in a in a field in the sport. Uh, I've got my partner Tom Anderson, A One Combat. We're doing our first event, Dana Whitish. Yeah, I'm Dana Whitish, baby. What does that mean? Dana Whitish, he's just like doing things like Dana, but just way lower level. Okay, all right. Just blowing it. He's trying hard. <laughs> I know I know he, I know he's trying hard. He he writes to me about all your events yeah. and trying to get some um some pub for it. So you you've got a good guy in him. I really Oh, he's amazing. And his wife, they they kill it. And so we're doing our first event at Sac State, January nineteenth. Oh wow. Uh, right this is across, A1 Combat. Yeah, this is right across the street from my gym. Oh, amazing. And so what I've been talking about with Luke Wood, and we've already started the process, we're dedicating a building on campus to where we're going to uh, go through this, uh, athletic commi- uh, the athletic department at Sac State, and we're you know, bolstering up the, the uh, you know, club programs with I'm making all the hires, boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, uh, Muay Thai, traditional uh, kickboxing, and we're all going to have departments. I also <clears throat> have talked and have the vision and intention of teaming up with them on all these projects I'm working on. You know, I talked a little bit about trifecta nutrition. I mean, we've got um, all this cutting edge thing. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen the robot BJJ. Have you yes, seen that? Yes, we actually have video of that. Where the where that's, the limbs? That's my company. Yes, I know that's your company. The limbs snap. They, the, it's, 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 it's the beginning of AI with, with, with our sport. Here it is. The robot. Yeah. The BJJ and, um, so this is Sam Hans, my boy. You created this. So Sam Hahn was my old partner on optical panacea back in the day. We see those crazy pictures and stuff. Okay. And he's started seven years ago on this project. I remember I got back from, I think I would, uh, it was maybe China or, um, I can forget. I got home. He knew I was home. I hadn't heard from him for, for three years. He got off social media and everything. Turns out he'd been in his house that he turned into a factory wow. building these seven years ago. So he goes, he calls me at one. He's like, you got in Vegas? I saw you just landed. Come over to the house. I want to show you something. <laughs> he's got one of these robots tied up on a rope. His house is turned into a, he's got a, a mat on the front, on the, on the table, I mean, on the, in the front room. He's got computers in his master bedroom he turned he built his own vacuum system built his own 3d printers and he's building these robots so he's like you got to test it it's got joints above all this stuff and the first one he had like a face that would open up and you could put your ipad in there and you can watch dvds mm-hmm. while you're doing stuff and i got on it and i just go and broke it and he was like oh you know uh, two years later he had the next version uh, two years after that he had the next version and now he's got like the most cutting edge AI, it's got sensors for different types of chokes. You can do trachea chokes and blood chokes. It's got um, joints that can dislocate. It, it, it moves like a human. Um, What's it and called? Like Connor, it's the robot. 
Robot BJJ, right, right. drill the skill, baby. Yes, I love it. And, uh, Some people and Con- s- Connor just hit me up. He wants one. John Jones wants one. Really? We're, we're building one. I'm going to get one for, for Connor with his, for his yacht. I'm going to get John Jones one, but we're building him and Gordon Ryan ones that fit their size. Uh, Rogan wants one. That's amazing. Um, we took him to the PI, and, and you can see some videos of guys doing it. But anyway, so... I've got that project going. I've got something called MMA Plus. It's it's about fan engagement. It's Web three type of stuff where we do you know one like one one in a lifetime kind of experiences that you can sign up for, and uh, on and that's the beginning of a whole another journey. I'm hopefully going to work with DC on that one. Okay, but um, <clears throat> we've got. Uh, you know, I've got I've had an MMA university for about eleven years that I I'd never launched mm-hmm. because you had the draft too, right? MMA draft, the combines, right, right, all that kind of stuff. Um, we did the first six combines, and and I've got like all that stuff rekindling. I want to do all that with Sac State. Use their 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 teachers. Use their their uh, their their bright young students. Use their facility. They're going to be using our gym and my property as an extension of the university where we run uh, kids that want to go pro, want to, want to turn this, this sport into uh, their life, uh, a program. And so, um, you know, I, I have a vision of, of teaming up, you know, cutting edge development for products that we need um, and having a real university and, and the, the, the stuff that comes with having a university behind it. And um, no, it's been exciting. So you have the so to recap, you have the gym. You've got what you're doing with Sac State. You've yeah. got the the robot. Um, the, well, I've done some passive stuff too, like you know, Kudo popcorn, the protein popcorn. <laughs> but my point, I brought that to the UFC before. Well, I was I invested in that before it was at the UFC. Why were you so good at all of this? Like you were doing all this stuff. You know, I remember form back in the day, yeah. and I'll, like I had a couple of clothing lines. Why? Sold out to K Swiss. Yes, I remember. Uh, you, John Jones, was uh, sponsored by them. But like, why were you so good at this, and others so bad at this type of thing? Well, I don't want to say anybody's bad at anything, but I will say that you know you don't get to hear about my failures either. You know, I've had a lot of failures. Things that are cooking right now are cooking. A one combat. Uh, November 18th, UFC fight pass. Then we go to Sac State January 19th. I think the vision for me has always been, um, I get an idea. I'm not scared of failure. I'm not afraid to delegate, to share, share the love. Um, one of my best attributes in my opinion has been, you know, and, and is, is connecting people without asking for something for it. Like a lot of people protect their relationships. I foster relationships, bring people together. Maybe they go do business together, great. The more success they have, they can always pinpoint back to me that, hey, you're right, put us in touch. And if I ever need something, I can go ask. Um, but also being kind of lucky, being at the, the forefront of a, a brand new sport where things aren't set in place. And the biggest thing I can't even talk about yet, I kind of tease you with it, but I'm working on some really big things that I think is going to, help change the sport um, and help change my life and, and possibly some other legendary fighters' lives as well, Ooh. which I'll, you know, give you first grab at. Oh, I love that. Unless Rogan has us, you know? Oh, that's just fucked jo- up. I'm just Jesus. joking, buddy. Oh, just joking. Rogan. Um, <laughs> how, to th- how to throw that no, in there. No, I appreciate that. But th- <laughs> you, that. Do you really appreciate it? No, listen, you I give me a little zinger, that's fine. <laughs> but but that, that, that speaks to my heart. I, I have to say, 
And I, I was talking about this, uh, I think it was with my wife recently. And I was like, man, I've officially become the old guy. Like I've officially become the old guy. And so when I, th- like even now I, f- I feel like my eyes, like when I think of you, WC and Arco Arena and Jens Pulver and Mike Brown and, and, and all those. And then like, I, I, it bothers me that I feel like people don't remember, that people yeah. don't appreciate. You know what I mean? It bothers, it bothers me that people don't know who, you know, Leonard Garcia yeah. is and, and what WC48. They did something about Leonard Garcia recently, but where is he now? And I think he's doing some big stuff, but yeah. The point is, like, I, I just don't feel like the legends get the, the... That's why, actually, when I was watching the Francis fight, did you watch that? In, uh, yeah. And you see, like, the older Incredible. guys, it's so nice. It was so nice to see them front row being treated like kings. Yeah, and so I, awesome. I, I'm just wondering if you ever feel that way. Like, if I know you, um, you're too there's busy. There's been moments where, where you're like, ah, uh, but... You know, I'm a half, half cup, half full kind of guy. And you, I feel like, and like, this is me really. And I feel like you're the same way. It goes, I'm family, dad first, second mentor, which I spend my time in the gym every day, um, mentoring, sometimes coaching. Uh, and then entrepreneur entrepreneurship is is the third thing. But, you know, it goes in that order. So, and I feel like you're that. Like when I think of you, I think of, awesome family man from conversations we've had and everything else uh as of late <laughs> you know fighting for what's right in mma space honestly uh, and and then and then and then you're a journalist you know so um for me just keeping the priorities straight has been big and um you know i've got some really cool things that i'm working on that that i think are, are going to be big uh, can I pitch you one? Can I pitch you yeah, an idea? Because you're like such, you're almost like the Mark Cuban of this space. Like you've got, you're like Mr. Shark Tank. I will tell you. Yeah. If you look at some of the, the people's stories and I think of like Elon Musk and those kind of guys um, and they tell their stories, like I'm sure there's times where they felt like they didn't have much, but they're building to a bigger thing. I feel like I've stayed on that trajectory where I've, I always feel like I'm, I'm kind of struggling, You're waiting but for the big... I've got massive things that I'm hoping and working for and believe that are going to happen. But let's hear the pitch. Okay. Well, I, I know they will happen, especially because some of these sound great. And I love the one with Sacramento State, but the pitch is, and, and it's, it's not so much like I, I want, but actually someone told me that I should do this. Let me throw it your way. Independent MMA Hall of Fame. Mm. This needs to happen. Yeah. A Hall of Fame where people can come and visit and learn about the history and learn. And, and, and there's no ties. Just like the Basketball Hall of Fame <laughs> has nothing to do with the NBA. Just like the Football Hall of Fame has nothing to do with the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't hate the UFC Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think it's great. And they've built it into a thing where International Fight Week, four or five guys have their moment. I love it. No one loves the history of the sport more than me. Yeah. But the the MMA Hall of Fame doesn't exist. And it's t- this weekend, 30 years UFC. And Lord knows there's a history prior to the UFC, right? Yeah. There's the Pancrase this days. This weekend is the only, is the 30th. Yes. Reunion? I thought they already did the 30th. They've been doing it all year. All year, but ah. November 12th, 1993 is, is this See, Sunday. this is why you're gemmed. But the, the, come on, like there needs to be a place where a, a fan can go and learn about pride and learn about shooto and learn about pancreas and learn about a hook and shoot. Who's this Jeff Osborne who was the first guy to put women's MMA on cards here in America? And what was WEC all about in the freaking Tachi Palace days? Yeah. And, and, and who were these? Like there needs to be an MMA Hall of Fame. Someone told me, uh, I don't mind saying this, that I should pitch it to Mark Zuckerberg because yeah. he's now like developed this love of- uh, He loves the sport, huh? He just tore his ACL. I know, I gotta sparring. send him a robot up in Tahoe. That's I got right. my buddy can fly right on, on the water. On the thing and he's actually, been, I think he's he's big fans of Jan 
and Yanzan Yao and Sage Northcutt. Yes. Yeah, we should go give him a robot. So what do you think? Do you think it's time? <clears throat> I do. Here's the problem. This is the problem with all great ideas. And you're seeing it even with like this antitrust thing. Oh, yeah. Like Crazy. somebody's got to dedicate all their time, energy, and effort to right. do it. I'm kids first. Yeah. Family first for my any spare time. Then mentoring the next generation. Then entrepreneurship. Um, you don't have time for anything. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I just <laughs> wanted to know if you think it's a good idea. It's a great it's, idea. It's about time, right? It is about time. But who's going to do it? Who's going to? Because there's it? a business there. You know, Sacramento has their own Hall of Fame thing. What they do is they invite who's who who's made it in the past, and all of a sudden you've got these influential people that are there, and they've somehow monetized it. And but and can I just money. be honest? I don't want to make a dime off of this. You don't. But somebody needs to if they want to put their time and energy. You want to. You want to do the things that are best. I uh, want a place where people can go learn about Ricardo Arona and yeah. Fedor Emelianenko. Do you think you'll make it being 13 years in a row as the journalist of the year? You think you'll make it? Do you think I'll make it, what, to 14? No, you think you'll you'll make the Hall of Fame as, as, oh, I, I as 13? I'm, I'm just messing that. with you. I don't you. care about that. No, no, no. <laughs> I couldn't care less. Truth, truthfully, like I love yeah. Hall of Fames. Like I've been to the hockey. I've been to the basketball. I've been to the baseball. I haven't been to football just yet. But it just, the, I feel like the history of the sport is not celebrated enough. You know what I mean? I, I know Hoist is going to be here this weekend. And like, if it was up to me, this is a suggestion I threw out a long time ago. The UFC should have named its top 30 fighters to celebrate 30 years because that's what the NBA did. 50th anniversary, they, they named their 50 greatest and they all came, all the living ones came to All-Star Weekend. Imagine <laughs> if they all came out, 30, the 30 best fighters in UFC history. Could you yeah. imagine what that would be like? It would be incredible. Yeah. You know, they're doing right now the, the top 30, and I was actually a host on the, on the second session of it with, with John Anik in, in DC, but um, where they're doing the top 30 of 30. And, and I was there, I had to interview Dominic Cruz and Dimitri oh, wow. Johnson, those kind of guys, but I wasn't on the list. That sometimes, like that kind of thing, because I was 31, almost 32, you'd probably know better than I would, when the UFC actually introduced my weight class. Yeah. Before that, it was WC under yeah. the UFC. Same company, different name. And so Demetrius, Pettis. And so me never getting the UFC belt would exclude me on, a, on a, that list when nah. I was... That's, you well, were, it was, for, for, for them, I, I was excluded on the list. Really? For, it was owned by Zufa. It was the same company. Right. But but I'm not saying that's why. I'm just saying I yeah. was... So, sure. So... But then they included me by having me my, do the interview and whatnot. But, you know, they say, oh, well, he didn't win the, win the UFC belt. It was the same thing yeah. as far as anybody's concerned. But that, that, that kind of thing right there, there's a little technicality kind of sucks. Because I was literally 31, almost 32 when some right. guys are out of their prime. Right. When they introduced my career into the UFC and then I became a title contender, title, title you know, uh, for that. Multiple. And that was before you saw it and everything. And, you know, you know, someone asked the other day on a, on an Instagram thing, if he thought I was natural, you know, more than anything, yes, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm an all natural guy through and through. And I could probably pinpoint some of the other guys that I would say absolutely were, but, um, you're the one that told me, no, bro, everybody's on stuff. Me? <laughs> you told me that you got, cause I asked you and you're like, dude, a lot of people are on stuff. Well, this is just from my conversation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, you know, people. you, you yeah. sniff out the details, buddy. No, I, I don't have time for that. No, but I mean, <laughs> People were a lot of people were on stuff back yes. then. Well, then there was the TRT era where everyone was like, it was allowed to be. On yes, TRT. so it was a massive loophole. But does yeah. it bother you that you never won the UFC belt? I mean, does it bother? Do I waste any time thinking about no. it? No, absolutely not. 
I mean, I would have liked to just to, to solidify. And I tried my hardest. Sure. I can hang my hat on that. I got a lot of opportunities and I trained my ass off of those and gave my best foot forward. And I actually thought I won the, the fight in 2011 with Dom as to debate. I mean, you know, he obviously thought he won, but that was a um, close ass fight. it was a super close fight. I think it was right. I don't know. Fuck, you know, I'm weird about that. But yeah, you know, but, uh, but I mean, it wasn't like I got ripped off, but they could have easily said with some of the calls, they, they could have easily said, yeah, you won. Right. Knockdowns, damage, you know, however you see it. So, um, in my, in my mind, I'm very fortunate to have been in the place that I have performed the way I did and, um, have the clout that I do. I mean, I, I really, it seems like a daily thing where I'm getting opportunities Actually, we just we just uh, launched a wagernation.com. Once this other once this other uh, sponsorship goes out, you call me because we'll get okay, you. Okay, oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate Nationwide, it. worldwide. Okay, nice. Wagernation.com. Uh, what about <laughs> what Anthony Smith said there? He said he's terrified of when the music stops. Did you have that? No, you know me. I I, I left before I had to, and I knew I was doing it because I wasn't getting the excitement. The the right. The hair wasn't standing up on my neck. I was chasing big opportunities to get myself excited. You know, another title run, go and jump up a weight class to fight Frankie Edgar in the Philippines. Like trying to, the one that got, the two last fights I had, three last fights I had, going into retirement, coming out of retirement, fighting Peter Yan that was a scary guy, those all got my juices flowing. And that's why I did it. It was never, I could, I have a lot of friends that have made a lot of money and I understand how to make money. And I was just talking to Jaslyn about this and she's like, you know, she has the same sentiment. She wants to, she wants to do things that she wants to do to make money. And I said, yeah, I, I get it. And so <clears throat> my thing is, uh, you know, it's a passion thing. And so I, I decided to leave when I wanted. I decided to come back when I wanted to. And, and that's a rare thing that you get to be able to do. And I, what I found was the reason I'm here coaching today with Slava and, um, and in the room every day, mentoring kids that are, you know, 15, 17, uh, you know, the guys are st Stav's 19, uh, Frosty just turned 18, uh, Aaron's 18 is because I, is, I'm passionate about it. And when I, when I was retired, I had about a week of, oh, I can drink a beer every day if I want. I can eat ice cream every day if I want. But what did I find myself doing? The same routine I had done for the last 20 some odd years, my, my whole life. Go to the gym, play my sport, hang out with my friends, do my homework. And so I just found myself back in the gym. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. But I'm, I'm waking up early and I'm doing all these different things to build a bigger, brighter future so I can have my jet someday and bring all the young kids with me. And, and uh, you know, that, that's kind of what, what lights my fire is, is like continuing to It's got to be grow. fun to, to take the newcomers like through the system, right? Oh, it's that, the best. It's they're the wide-eyed. It's the best, like a Song Yudong, for example. The best for a Song Yudong is that his battle was not athletically or skill-wise. It was self-belief, and he had the motivation. He has the skill set. It's it, it was the mental side of things, not 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 giving when the go, going gets tough. And like I've seen marked improvements, which will make him a world champion. Now he's going to be the main event, I think, in Shanghai. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's out there yet, but no, it's fine. 
Uh, is it fine? No, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I won't, I, I'm just blowing past it. It doesn't yeah. matter. So, why, why people care about these things, I don't know. It's just like, it's yeah. just fights. There's going to be 13 of them on Saturday. Well, you care. You love fights. No, I'm just, no, no, no. My point is like, gotcha. okay, who okay. broke the news? Who sleep? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, but, but what I'm saying is a guy like that, where I can say, okay, everything's in place, but this little thing. I've got another guy, Andrew Coyne, who's uh, been with me since he was a little kid. And he was our first A1 combat champ at 145. And he's on the cusp of being in the UFC. Um, but for him, his battle was never the mental side. He's as mentally strong as it gets. He's coordinated, learns good. I mean, learns well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sacramento and, State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, go Ags, though. That's, that's, an Aggie, that, that's an Aggie statement there. But um, he needed to get stronger. So part of his regimen every day is, is getting stronger as a career. I knew him before puberty. Knew him after puberty. Wow. I was like, you're going to focus on strength. I never really had to do that, you know. Because you just had it God-given. Yeah. Or whatever lifestyle I lived right. on the way up, you know. Are you trying to bring an indoor football team to Sacramento too? So we were working on that. We're still working on it. I mean. <laughs> How do you have time for all these things? Just great people in leadership positions. The guy, Roy Choi, owns the team. My good friend, um, Dave Shapiro and his brother uh, Ben Shapiro is actually leading the charge and bringing them there. Uh, this isn't a Ben Shapiro who does like the political commentary, is it? No, I think Shapiro is a pretty common yeah, it is pretty name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but Ben Ben Shapiro he has Pivot Agency and and he's thinks that Sacramento would be a great place for it, and so we're still working on that. Yeah, you're like the mayor of Sacramento still after all these years. So that's funny because I've I, a lot. Have of you people, thought about it? Well. I've had all my buddies, a lot of my really good friends that are heavy set, I mean, heavy, heavy in the development and the business world who are seeing our city get run into the, the ground have asked me, um, you would win to, to go. And they're like, you'd be the most funded candidate and this and that. But you know me, I don't want to comb my hair. I wear sweatpants every day, <laughs> you know, flops, yeah. flip flops. You could be you. Do you have to? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. But then, then for me, I'm still trying to build business and, yeah. and, there, and, and I'd be a public servant for four years. And they're like, but after that four years, then you can, the keys are open because of the connections. And I'm like, I'm a very connected guy as is like, and that's, that's some of the stuff that's leading into the bigger things in my life. And, uh, I don't want to handcuff myself to be a public servant. I can do some great things for Sacramento right now, Sac State putting Sacramento on the map, Sacramento state on the map with the first ever, uh, combat program. We've got our, uh, the Hercules building. That's the, the, the B mascot and, and my gym as a partnership and the team as a partnership. Uh, the, th the other things I'm working on trying to do the, the MMA plus stuff, the, uh, you know, all the, all the different things. I'm robot BJJ. Like this is all cutting edge things. And, and I've tried to do, be on the cutting edge of, of things in the past. But I feel like, because like you said, you feel like I'm that person in the space that gets business br opportunities brought to you because it's, it's because of reputation, not burning people. Sure, it's sure. because of, you know, the brand that I built by, by being true. And, and so I'm getting all these opportunities and I get to, uh, you know, kind of sift through and say, what, what do I love? What do I don't love? And where can I add value? Where can I add value? And, um, 
I think the UFC, uh, the the MMA Hall of Fame is a great idea. It's it's definitely going to happen, right? It should it has to happen? Thirty. I mean, there's enough of a history now, and people who should be celebrated fights, promotions. I mean, it it will happen. I just I want it to happen in the right way. And uh, where you know, I've thought about. Who do you think? Like, think about when whenever I think about an idea. Yeah. I think who's going to be the best guy to run with it, and I'm doing that right now with Sac State. I'm 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 creating a. a a real job for a head guy that loves the sport for the right yeah, reasons no, for sure. and understands each thing. I don't know who, who that would person be the guy? is. I don't know who the person is. I'm not good at that part. I'm good at the idea part. And honestly, I don't even know if I should be involved. I just, I just want to keep putting it out there in the ether and, and hopefully someone hears this because it should be something that Honestly, like, I don't even know if it should make money. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it has to make money to keep it up. Yeah, like, it has to make money. Uh, it's just, I just want the sport and more importantly, the fighters in the sport to have that place where you could go with your family and be like, yeah. man, these are my shorts from, you know, WEC. You know, you know who would be good? Who's that? You know who would be good? This is, a, this is an idea. That's what I think of because I, I thought of Andy Foster right away. Oh, the best. Andy Foster's the best. He's, he's my favorite guy in the sport as far as, like, he's regulation. Best. best accent in California, uh, too, man. Yeah, hey, you're right. You know, I got to tell you, you're right. You know? <laughs> he's you know? the best. And, uh, he's doing the pension Lee, thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah. Lee Palmer, his right hand man, awesome guy in, in in Sacramento. Also, if those guys together could go with all the other commissions and say, uh, "Hey guys, we want one representative yeah. from each commission to help Some put together idea. a unified Hall of Fame," that's who we should talk to. When I think of key people, great integrity. Andy Foster, number Andy one. Andy Foster. And I Lee wish Palmer. Andy Foster was was overseeing the entire sport. I wish it was a national yeah. commission. And and there was one guy at the top, and it would be him. He believes in transparency. He 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 allows us to talk to the officials if there's something going on. He puts things out. The absolute best. He's great. And then what he's doing with the pension is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Pen, the pension, and I went down there. Josh Emmett, Andre Feely, uh, Rhonda's mom went down, uh, and 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 spoke, and they've passed it that there's now a a pension for MMA fighters in California, which huge. Which is a huge step in the right direction. They had direction. it for boxers, yeah. uh, not for MMA fights. By the way, how is your sister doing? She's amazing. She's good? She's, She's got all a, good? a six-month-old, beautiful baby, Violet. Wow. And her, her husband, Max, is a is an awesome uh, human being. He's an officer, and and, uh, and they're living the dream. They're okay. living the American so dream. No uh, issues from no the issues, accident. Yeah. That was so scary How about stuff. you? How's your family? When was the last time you plugged uh, 20? My brother. <laughs> David plugged your one. brother, man. Your, yes. your mom will love that you plugged your brother. I know. And she's you probably know? watching right now. You were, her, you were her favorite. Uh, <laughs> yes, I haven't plugged it in a while. You're Who's right. Your mom's new favorite? You know. She's been following still? I, it's she not probably as, just has enemies now like you now. Mm, like some people that are her least favorite. Because of how they treat her son. Yeah, of course. Oh, my mom, my mom. If someone <laughs> treats my... Treats me bad. My yes. mom's going. That's why she never came to a fight. She'd be in the ring, trying not one. To, trying to, she's never been to one fight. Wow. She'd be trying not to even fight like people. Sacramento heyday. Head- Zero. Wow. Zero percent. Did you try to get her to? No. Because you didn't want her to be uncomfortable. Is it because I never? Uh, we my my parents were hardworking parents who showed me love and support, but it was never a thing for my parents to be at my sporting events. Like my dad could make it when he could make it. My mom would come sometimes and it wasn't like, I was always like looking for where right, were right, my right, parents. Right, right, right. I just, I didn't need it. Didn't, it wasn't the thing. And, and so it's pretty common for, you know. Did your dad go to your fights? Yeah. All of them? Uh, as many as he could. Okay. Yeah, as many as he could. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, if you ever get the clip of, of my very first fight, I'm fighting Charlie Valencia 
Wow. Wearing shoes. You could still knee in the head on the ground. You could kick in the head, I think. You could do everything. Um, and he puts me up against the cage, and I see my dad going nuts in the front row, just ah, screaming. And I smile at him, and I give him a head nod like that. And then I do a, 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 a throw that I still show today where I step over and toss him on his head. But it was my dad. I give my dad a, a smile and a nod like, hey, man, chill out, bro. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is you best. in a nutshell um you and dom good oh yeah how did that get solved there was always like i never really had that big of a problem with dom i enjoyed having an enemy and mm-hmm. and and there was like a there was a time where he wanted what i had i feel like and yeah. he he had a little chip on his shoulder about it and so he was doing some things that were immature at the time i feel like he grew up he more than create his own name and in, in, in some ways surpass even his, his commentary and things like that and multiple championships, world championships in the UFC. Um, I think the chip got off his shoulder. We had a really unique event um, before our third fight or maybe our second fight. I can't remember. I think before our second fight um, where the PR people with the UFC, maybe a changing of hands, just kind of overlooked and put us like a month before our fight was announced together on a um, team building type of PR event where we went to go see the, uh, see the, the Marine station in, in San Diego. Okay. You've got to have heard this story before, but we're there to oh. meet people. And all of a sudden we get drill sergeants in our face. They give us backpacks and we do a whole day of the crucible, which is like a three day journey that they have to do to, to, to like become a Marine where people quit and everything else is like sleep deprivation. And we were like getting yelled at about the dead soldiers and we're, it was, it was me and Rich Franklin and, uh, yeah, maybe Michael Bisbee. I can't remember who else. And, uh, we actually had to, we're getting like berated about like the fallen soldiers and what it meant. And like, we had to work as a team to do things. And so we had like a two day stint where we like actually became kind of friends and uh, and then we went right back to like, but now uh, you're good. Enemies. But we always communicated after that, even uh, if it was to talk a little, talk a little trash. Right, right. It'd so now like, you see him though. You, yeah, I like Dom, and he actually remember when I retired, he he he's, he handed me a yeah, yeah. poster. I don't know if he had signed the over the face of it or not, but it was like you know he's made an effort, and I've made an effort to to be cool. What if you saw TJ? I think TJ's back in my area. Like, I don't know. I'm, I I don't really. What does that mean? Like living? Yeah. Okay. I, I have a friend who's like, hey, TJ just bought a house right next to me or something like that. <clears throat> and honestly, I don't know. That was such a weird transaction and how the whole thing went. We have a lot of mutual friends um, that I don't know how much in contact he is and, or isn't. But, um, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of great friends. But like, if you, uh-huh. have you ever seen him somewhere and. You guys shook hands? I don't think so. Wow. That's wild. We probably will now that we're in the same area. We have some, sure. some good Sure, but like at fights there. or something, I thought maybe. I've walked by him once or twice at the thing, but. And no no words exchanged. Yeah. That one's a little deeper. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to let bygones be bygones, but. You don't you know. seem like a grudge holder. You know, I don't. I don't like negativity in my life. If there's negativity there, I'll squash it. But even like, like a guy like. You know, there's a time where James Irvin and Scott Smith, do you remember, you know them, obviously. Yes. I was in the corner for uh, Scott Smith when he got hit in the, in the liver. He'd sell. 
and Pete Sell ran after me, knocked him out. I was in the corner there. And James Irvin, I've been in the corner for him multiple times. Um, and then they were working for me at my gym and then they went and opened their own gym that I, I was like upset about that at the moment. And now James Irvin is like, he's my best, my best uh, resource Really? Running my gym in, in Rockland, running the gym in Folsom. He's like, we forgave and forget, forgot everything and, and we're great. So um, I'm never like a grudge holder kind of guy, but I, I don't, I don't like negative energy. So if there's any negative energy there, I'll just avoid it. Any idea where Scott Smith is? I heard he moved out of Sacramento. I, he drove by the gym at one point a few years back. And, uh, and I think he moved maybe to Idaho or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I feel like guys like that. Scott Smith, Pete Sell, legendary fight. Yeah. Should be in the Hall of Fame. People don't know it. James Irvin runs a tight ship at, at the gyms. Wow. And I said, and he's got, he, I have three gyms in the area, Rockland, Folsom, and, and East Sac is, is my, is my, like the main gym. Um, but James is awesome, man. And he's got, I got, I go, bro, put up your poster with Anderson Silva in the gym and put up your flying knee. I mean, what a legendary, yeah. le legendary guy. We've got, uh, you know, a great thing going there. It's uh, <clears throat> it's been pretty cool, man. Well, I'm very happy for everything that you have going, everything you just mentioned. Uh, I do want to give another plug to A1 Combat because that's probably yeah. the next thing coming up. You said yeah. November 18th. We've got November 18th, we've got a huge card at the Hard Rock Casino. We've got January 19th. Which Hard Rock Casino? Hard Rock Casino Sacramento, which is on the outskirts of Sacramento. Okay, okay. And then um, our first ever, and this is kicking off our big program at Sac State, on-campus fight with uh, a January. stack card, January 19th. It's literally, you walk across the street. My property's here from my gym. You walk across the street and, and you can walk onto campus um, and do that. Amazing. And, and watch that. Check out the robot. Robot, you know, it's funny. We're about to do this, uh, this um, crowd campaign for the robot because the robot's expensive. Yeah, I heard. Sam's been sitting here. Over 4K, right? It's over 4K, which which is still a deal because Sam Hahn builds every single one himself oh, wow. and he's moving down to Sacramento. We're going to do a crowdfund to get the cost down because I mean the, the, the usage of a, of a robot and we're, and we're in, I don't think I mentioned this, but, um, Sac State's in the process. I talked about using their resources. They're in the process of hiring, uh, new computer and AI staff. Like I think they're going to hire seven new, which is really rare to hire seven in one department to, to get on that AI kick. Uh, and the AI, you know, is, is it's, it's a game changer for everybody. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Gary V. We have our like monthly meetings with the athletes that are under Gary V's oh. company, Vayner sports. Yeah. And, uh, and he, his advice maybe a year ago was like, AI's everything, get on AI. And so Sac State is hiring, in the process of hiring seven new AI uh, professors. Wow. And with the robot and what Sam Hahn knows, he's like an expert on AI, an expert on all the equipment, everything. I feel like we're gonna be able to do some really cutting edge things in the MMA space with an online university, which I already have you know, in the, in the bank, uh, the robot and, and building off of the robot and, and really learning a lot about, um, you know, how to use AI in the future of MMA. Look at you. This would be cool. Always one step ahead. Uh, Slava Claus on Saturday. And Jamal Emers is actually out of our team also fighting. Okay. He's the first fight of the night. Yes. Jamal Emers, another That's great against, story. Uh, Dennis Bazooka, right? 
bazooka yeah. and Jamal is, I mean, talk about a solid dude with a, uh, you're cornering both of them. I'm not cornering. No, okay. he's got his coach Jake there okay. and, uh, and I'm cornering Slava. Have you cornered anyone at MSG yet? I don't know. You'd know better than I would. Yeah, probably. MSG's I know I've pretty... seen the hotel I'm staying in, but I also fought New Jersey a couple times. Right. I remember that in Newark. Did I fight here in New York? I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I know, I feel you didn't court, you didn't corner, uh, <clears throat> you corner Cody Garbrandt when you fought TJ here? No, I was here for that. Maybe that was it. Mm, no. So Newark was the closest. So, Hannah Brow, 169. Ariel, when we yeah. get the program going at yes. Sac State, yeah. come do a guest speaker on, oh, on, I'd love to, as the, as the world champion. Um, journalist guy journalist guy I'd love to I love talking to kids yeah students I actually one day want to teach a class we, we're gonna have look when this thing goes we're gonna we're gonna build this into something that's really amazing at Sac State when you're you know money's in gray. the bank and yeah. you want to do something fun that is your passion hopefully we'll be either an example for what's gonna happen or you can come out to Sacramento and bring the family out and, I'd love that and, Sacramento always a, a, a near and dear place in my heart because of those early days. How's your wife? Everyone's good, thank you. Kids? Kids, good. Your Yours mom, well. your wife's, your mom's doing good. My mom's doing great. My dad's doing great. My brothers are doing great. Yeah. My wife is Jacqueline. Yours is Jocelyn. Although Jaslyn. Jaslyn. Yeah. But not married. What Working we, on it. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. We, I know. I got what you. What are we waiting for? I got you. What are we waiting for? Uh, the, Will I get invited to the wedding? Do yeah. I make the cut or? Well, probably not. We The way mm. we want to do it is on the beach, very private. Okay. Jack Johnson, if you ever watch this show, to have you uh, play our song. Um, is that the dream? I feel like you can make better that together. Happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to talk to Kelly Slater. Kelly Slater's my oh, boy. God, I love Kelly yeah. Slater. It, we, on Top the beach, 10 like, coolest human beings on the planet that oh, day. He's amazing. I'm going to go out there, hopefully, to his wave pool. Oh, sick. Um, somewhere in November and and try to get a little bit better because I'm, I'm not a very good surfer. Okay, so the dream is somewhere on the beach, wedding, Jack Johnson is playing your song. What song yeah. is this? Better Together. Better Together. That's your song. Yeah. There you go. Kids walk out, flower. Man, I love the idea that my daughter, I mean, I'm sure you see on occasion, but she's like, she could plan the friggin' thing. She's four. She wow. could plan the thing. That's how advanced my, my little daughter is. And then Rome, <laughs> he'll be the dancer. <laughs> I love it. He maybe, looks, maybe male stripper. We'll see. He looks kind of like a mini version of you, Rome, right? Like so blonde I, hair? I, like, yes, at a first glance. And Jaslyn, Callie looks like Jaslyn's right, twin, right, like right. identical twin. And from a first glance, but she's got my mom's face. Okay. And and Jaslyn's skin and Rome has Jaslyn's face. That's why he's so beautiful. And he's got my skin, my hair color, right. and my stature. Poor guy. But he'll he'll do he'll be all right. Well, you don't you don't know. You don't know. He's like, well, how old is he? Two? Yeah, his grandpa, his grandpa on mom's side's, you know, he he played uh six years pro football as a in the oh, wow. Canadian league. Actually. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Wait, he, on on your wife's side? Yeah. Six years in the what team? Do you know? Uh, what is it? Edmonton. Edmonton. They were the Eskimos at the time. Eskimos, and there's also the one. What's orange? Orange. Edmonton Eskimos. He played on a couple of. He was the he was the rookie of the year. Wow. His first year, and so he's six one. He could do a full flip with bat with pads on, at six six foot one two two hundred and ten pounds. So maybe Rome will get a little bit of that. Callie's got his his speed already i think if they want to be fighters would you let them 
I think Callie's going to want to do, she's been, I got to show you these videos. I'll make a, I'll make a, a reel of it, but I went to her kindergarten. She's in Spanish or not kindergarten, her preschool, Spanish immersion preschool to talk about what I do for a living. And so I, I talked to him about that. I was a prize fighter and I'm also a mentor and a coach and, and, and this and that. And I had all the kids get up and show her stuff. Oh, sick. And so the other day at breakfast, she's, I'm, I'm, I'm making breakfast and she's in the kitchen. She's like, dad, you think you're a teacher? You teach people how to fight? And I said, uh, yeah, kind of I do. And she goes, I go, I need to work with you a little bit more. And she goes, you forgot dad. I know how to fight. And, I, and then she jumps into her stance that I showed her once in her class and puts her hands right up to her face. I'm going to post this probably today now. And she starts throwing these, these straight punches and I'm like, coach her through it. And then she goes, and then she says, and then she makes up her own punch with a double punch and a double punch with a kick. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, she's like, I could teach my friend. She's, I said, who are you going to teach? She names off all of her friends. And then she, you know, little t sneaky Tommy, his son's Dash. She wants to marry Dash. Okay. And she's like, Sloan and Dash, you think Dash knows how to fight? <laughs> and I said, ah, not like you. And then she, uh, it's, it's this great video. I'll show you after. So if she, she does, if she does want to do it, you, you're cool with that? I'm cool with it. I, I, I'm not going to encourage it. I'd like tennis. Sure. Yes. Uh, golf. Right. Uh, but you won't, she wants to be her. a doctor, a fighter, a sure. police officer. You um, won't stop her from doing it, but you no. won't say like, if she decides to do it right. on her own, yeah. I will go all in and be the, the Floyd Mayweather family. Right. 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 Uh, right. absolutely. You know, I'm not sure. 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 I'm open-minded. Like your like, pop hippies. Yeah. My pop, my mom. Yes, That's the man. He's Thank doing you. well. Oh man, he's gonna love to hear. It. He's gonna love to hear. The freaking man. Oh, he's the best. He, 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 no one has had my back more than your dad That's right. over the years. That, oh, my dad. My dad is a diehard uh, fan of yours. Love that guy. <laughs> love him. Yeah, he's great. He'll be watching, and and uh, you know we're gonna also do uh, on top of everything else. Faber, Faber and Sons Construction. I always remember as a kid he had his little business card, Faber and Sons Construction, and so he's done. My gym, my Victorian, oh, wow. my building on the northern coast. He's done, uh, you know, a lot of stuff for me when it comes to construction. So he built my house. Yeah. Good guy to have. Uh, yeah. This has been and tremendous. With my brother Ryan, Uncle, Uncle course, Ryan, yes, yes, yes. Okay. the best uncle on the planet, who also is a manager at my gym and runs the whole department of, of uh, like, fixing up the gym and, and keeping it running tip-top. Awesome. Well, much love to the Fabers. This has been great. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have to thank, he may not be watching, but I have to thank Lloyd, Lloyd Pearson, who told me you were in town uh, and told me to hit you up. That's how I, I remember to do so. So thank you to Lloyd, who I know yep. you work with as well. For, Sports. Yep, for the uh, recommendation. <laughs> so great to see you. Yeah, oh, was there another thing? I was just going to say, we talked about your your wife. She's a, she illustrates books. Yes, yes. And I still need have that. I have that that Cali book that I wrote before she was born. I'm gonna go back and see how accurate it was because I wrote a whole. This oh, is how wow. Cali is gonna be. And I wrote a little something for Rome that I didn't finish before he was born. But we can still talk about. Yeah, you know, me and you going into business among your me and 48. Your wife. Me and your wife. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't try to steal the thunder, man. Just <laughs> like you true. do with your brother, man. Oh come on. <laughs> Uh, How's your brother's favorite? clothing doing? It's going great. It's going great. Twenty twentytees.com. Okay. Do you want some? Yes. Okay. Is that mainly what's going on? No, I didn't think. I think mostly he makes stuff for people that are about six foot yes, eight. Yes, a lot of basketball I, players. I maybe I can maybe wear a pants for the whole outfit. Or maybe the kids. What I'll do is pair of pants. Yes. I'll cut holes in it 
It'd be a summer outfit. No, you can fit. You can fit. He, he has his women's stuff. It's just a. It's just a. No, I just, I just, I just. You have a lot of success, and I want you. Yeah. To, I want to share Spread, the love, yeah, man. No, that's the kind of guy yeah. you are. Yeah. Uh, Uriah Faber, everyone, the California kid here to corner uh, Vicious Love, who we just met. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you for coming in. This was great. First guest ever in the history of the program, June of two thousand nine, with the broken hand. In the really? bed. You tweeted the picture. You said, I'm about to do an interview with Ariel Hawani on his podcast, and it was you in a hotel room in Los Angeles, and you had a cast on your hand. You have no recollection of this. I will find that tweet. Okay, yeah. I'm going to send it. it to you. Yeah, X. Um, it's not an X. Sorry, excuse me. I'll find that post. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Here's my conversation with Francis Ngannou from last week, and we'll be back to answer your questions on the nose. Don't go anywhere. All right, that was my conversation with Francis Ngannou from last week, of course, following his magical and thrilling fight against one Tyson Fury. Uh, that was Uriah Faber. Earlier, we had uh, Vyacheslav Borshev, a.k.a. Slava Claus. Earlier, we had Anthony Smith, and we started off the day with Steve-O. Um, amazing to have the in-studio guests. It's just a whole different ballgame. It's really a lot of fun and uh, a different connection. And and truthfully, because I don't travel as much these days, like I don't even remember the last time I saw Uriah in person, uh, having uh, Anthony Smith here, seeing uh, fighters come in is just, uh, is just really amazing. So uh, I appreciate them taking the time and our fun week will continue on Friday with our live show, which as I said at the top of the program, uh, will air on the YouTube channel on Friday evening, beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and that, of course, is 3.30 p.m. Pacific. All right. Thank you very Still much to our good echo? friends. Uh, a little bit less. Copy. But uh, it has definitely, I think, gone away. So Frank worked hard to pick out uh, questions. Um, what is this? Uh, okay, let me go to the questions. Some St. Vitor bagels and coffee were delivered. What is going on? What is that all about? Uh, we were hoping you knew. No. All right. Uh, how would they know where, where, where the office is? That's uh, the same question we had. By the way, St. Vitor bagels, I don't know if you know this, is like the, uh, that is like the cathedral of bagels in, in Montreal. Oh, so we should eat these. I mean, they're the best. I don't know if someone is someone trying to uh, poison yeah, us. Stop. No. Um, anyway, you worked hard to pick out questions, and so we will get to the questions, and I'll try to get to them all very quickly. So, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for a good old fashioned Q and A, MMA fans. Yes. I guess it's Ladies just a little bit hot the in the ears. To hear from the man How's himself, that? Ariel yeah, Hawaii. I think that's good. Live from the box oh, yeah. in beautiful New York City. It's a nice water bottle we got there. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, now, what do you think? I mean, we're very late. We don't usually get the questions at 4.50. I, I know you guys got a set up for Saturday, and I know Andy's back. Saturday. Yeah, you've got, uh, you've got the watch party. Are yeah, we going Friday through, comes before Saturday. We're going through all these things? I think you should take it as far as you can. DC2, Shalom Ariel, seeing the glimpse of action on, oh, or of action, excuse me, Action Bronson on the broadcast Monday with Cheeto got me wondering about him coming on as a guest again. Maybe it would be possible for him to perform next time he's in the studio, somewhat like his acclaimed NPR Tiny Desk performance. That was great. I love that. Would you be welcome to inviting a musical guest like Action on and possibly having them perform? Absolutely. 
Can we pull that off, Frank? You're the audio expert. Yeah, let me just reach out to him. No, I mean, can we pull off having someone perform? Do you like a Tiny Does? Definitely. Or like Howard Stern. Howard Stern would have like, you know, red hot chili peppers. Can't stop a dick. Dinged for that. What? You can't sing songs. Oh, come on. Would you be welcome to inviting? Yes. We've seen Vogue cook on the show. It's time to let action cook as well. As always, have a great weekend. I will tell you this. Great suggestion. There's a very good chance you hear from Action on the show in the near future. So if you're a big fan of Action Bronson, and aren't we all, of course, right now? Where is it? Uh, uh, I'm wearing my Action Bronsons right now. There they are. I get so many compliments when I wear these. Oh, my God. You know yourself. They are, uh, they are a hot commodity, and I think that they're almost impossible to find. So I always feel very cool when I wear these. Action Bronson, top five coolest human beings I've ever met. I would say top five. With GC, Rick, and I. Yeah, as one through four and then action. Uh, Troy, my old friend TST, a.k.a. LST. I've seen you ask Sean O'Malley for meditation advice and Tim Welch for morning routine advice and also how to manage screen time better. My question, have you taken any of the advice and given it a shot? It's a great question. Um, I'm compiling all my information. Uh, I, I have been working on the screen time uh, especially the social media time. I've really been working on that, work in progress. Uh, I would like to get into meditation. Uh, I do pray every morning, and that's some form of meditation, but I think this is a little bit different. Um, morning routine, I, I've been working on it. Uh, in fact, like this morning, believe it or not, I think GC and I were talking about this on Monday, either on air or off air, didn't look at my phone when I woke up. I looked at my phone to turn off the alarm, but I didn't check everything like I usually do. Um, feels like a victory. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, so we're going slowly but surely. How long did you go? I woke up at 6.30, and I think I went to around 7.30 when I was... Wow. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. But, you know, 6.30 to 7.30 is like prime time, hectic time in our house, waking everyone up, making lunch, this and that. So you're occupied. You're not just sitting around. Um, the, the, the key is going to be like before bed or when I'm walking the dog. So like yesterday I was walking the dog and usually I'll, I'll look at social media when I'm walking the dog. This time, podcast, pocket, didn't touch the phone. So I'm trying. You know, I'm trying because I don't want to. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very depressing out there. Um, and I'm Anxiety trying. would be through the roof if you walked the dog without the phone. Okay, so this is, this is a great question. Uh, it wouldn't be through the roof at all because I have no fear of missing out. In, in, in the past, I was always afraid of missing out on like a scoop. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of divorced from that life. My, my f- I guess not the fear is like I would be bored. You know, I did that story on the uh, the bird watchers last year, and I was so envious of them because I asked them, like, what do you do when you go for a walk or when you walk your dog? And they say, like, we have a whole symphony around us. They just listen to the birds, and they're like, oh, this is that. This is the warbler. This is the, the. – and I wish I could do that. But I feel like – here's the thing. I enjoy going for a walk with my dog, and I enjoy listening to something. I will say, though – I am very uninterested in everything that I, like there's, 
there are very few podcasts where I'm like, ah, new episode. Can't wait to dig in. Is there any podcast that's like a must listen to you? I find myself very uninterested in all the offerings out there right now. Oh, yeah. Maybe Rick is, what, do you, what is it? Oh, yeah. He says while he's doing a podcast. Who, me? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing a show, yeah. Do you listen to your own shows? I'm not saying I hate podcasts. I just find that there's nothing that is enticing me right now. No, do I listen to my own shows? Absolutely not. Are you crazy? I don't listen to anything. Um, I, I've told the story of where, uh, you know, I, I listen to podcasts when I go to sleep. And sometimes I'll forget to set the timer. And mm. it'll just keep rolling. And it'll roll into, like, an episode of the MMA hour. And I'll wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night and it'll be playing. And it's like a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, why? why would that be a nightmare? Do you hate your job? Yeah, I'm just like, oh, my God, what is this? What is going on right now? By the way, what about that clip from Travis Barker? He was on a show saying that he goes to sleep to this show. If you're listening right now and if you're dozing off, uh, hello, Travis. That was a huge honor because I've always said, and it's not because it's Travis Barker, who I actually grew up loving Blink-182. All the small things. I mean, just legendary band. But um, anytime someone says that we are an escape, you can listen, watch, read a million things while falling asleep, right? a gazillion things, and they choose to listen to us is the greatest compliment. So, of course, when you hear someone super famous and successful say they choose to listen, but, like, if Joe Schmo sent me an email and, and it has happened, and they say, oh, yeah, we, you know, my my wife is always like, why are you listening to that guy, or can you stop? It's just an amazing, it's an amazing compliment. Uh, cool. Hap- you got to say hey to Courtney uh, Kardashian as well while you're at it. Courtney, yes, of course. Well, I'm assuming he's not, like, letting it play, you know, you think you think he's playing it in the house? You think he's playing it for everyone to listen to or in the yeah, bedroom? You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. If he's going that's, to sleep, you never know. That's my sleep routine. I play it out. You just play Sorry. it out? That's, well, that's my what wife's I do too. Like, wife's okay with that? My, well, my wife's allowed snore. First of all, my wife's asleep before me, but she's also allowed snore. So I think that the trade is fair. Wait, you, know? you, like, you actually her, play I it? deal with her snore. Yeah, yeah. It's just on next to me. Wow, that's crazy. No I earbuds? I do the exact same thing. Really? You fall asleep no, with earbuds the, in? I don't like the comfort of, of no, the earbuds in. Can't do it. Because I'm not like a back sleeper and I don't stay still. Like I'm on my body. My wife my would chest, kill me. Like I'm just. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. What are you listening to at night? Uh, there's some good ones. Uh, like most of them are like old favorites. Like I really like a lot of the ringers. Uh, shout out to the ringer. They're, mm-hmm. they're a pop culture podcast. The Midnight Boys are great. They've got a new series called the wedding scammer that comes out every week um which i'm really vibing with um i got nothing right now simmons you know like the the usuals that that i've been listening to for a bit so uh can i tell you what's my favorite as you know huge podcast guy no i know that's why i was like oh i should ask eric this yeah (laughs) my my current favorite thing to do now is um soccer documentaries or soccer like highlights like um when Tottenham played on Monday. That was a crazy game. Did you see that? Like five goals were called back. It's a, so I'll watch. They'll, they'll put Two together like... cards, right? Yes, they'll put together like... Yes, good good shot, Frank. How did you know that? I talked to a coworker yesterday. Yes, they had nine men. Um, they'll put together like these 18-minute compilation videos. And so I'll watch that sometimes. Soccer has really become like my favorite escape, uh, even more so, so than the NBA and all that at the moment. I don't know. So you're my... laying in bed watching the TV. You're a watcher. No, no, phone, phone. But you're okay. Same so here. you got the phone and you're like watching it as you doze off. Yes, and and it usually lasts okay. like four minutes. <laughs> as as we've discussed, it takes me forever to finish anything. Yeah, 
No, we we have. Uh, I'm a listener, but I mean, so you're you have the headphones in while yeah. you're watching it. Yeah. Nah, you're not yeah, living. You're not living life. Blare out. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that. Wow, all so of my us. Wife puts I am a little surprised that all of us do it. I guess I'm just not that selfish. I mean, I don't want to yeah. wake other people up. So it sounds like you're not having a great experience either, though. Sounds like you're you're a little bit. I mean, the idea of sitting in bed and listening to something without any headphones on is, is like I feel like it's an incredibly insensitive thing to do to the She's person a, sitting uh, next to you. Good sleeper. My mm. my wife is snoring next to me right. like. Like a chainsaw. What if she's like, yeah. okay? Between God, the two of that, us, it's that bad, um, Rick. She's just like, oh, she's just ripping oh, it. Man. I mean, then you, you actually, you, you are owed playing the pot. Sure, sure. I'm owed. What if she um, owes trying, me back pay? What if she's trying to fall asleep? Oh, I mean, she's already asleep. Okay, but would you do it if you're we like, just had a, we just had a baby. <laughs> We've got a two month old baby. She's already been out for forty no, no, minutes. No, would you, I'm would even... you play the thing full blast if she's trying to fall asleep? Not okay, full, full blast. blast is not is not accurate. Yeah, no, like, we I'm, don't, not, I'm like, not talking full blast. I'm talking like it's barely a smidge on, just enough to where yeah. I can hear it. But okay, so then wouldn't you Same. rather hear it like full blast in your ears? No, I don't Discomfort. want a full blast. <laughs> I don't want a full blast. It's just someone lulling me to sleep. Something that I don't have yeah. to be listening to that I can just kind of, it's just like white noise, background noise. Some people well, listen to ocean sounds. Some people yeah. have the TV on. I play the podcast. Frank, ha- or I mean, uh, Rick has his wife just ripping a chainsaw, snoring. Yeah, yeah. No, mine starts snoring different things. while I'm watching something. I tap her on the shoulder and ask her to roll over. Wow. Wow. Frankie. I guess I'm, I guess I'm nicer what we than need, I thought. What I've discovered is what we need, though, is an update on how Travis Barker does it. Like, now we know MMA hour, but now question. I need, like, the habits. He, I need to this understand, is really going like, to prove if he's listening. This is really going to prove if it's just a one-time thing, you know? Yeah, so the question is, the question that we have for Travis is, is he listening with headphones or is he listening, you know, full blast? Does Courtney mind? Um, is she a fan as well? I mean, it's possible. Um, by osmosis. I mean, she's by, listened to it by, enough. Like, probably who's this Ariel guy who, with all the great yeah. takes and yeah. everyone's has the, so the fond of? Have habits changed during the pregnancy? I mean, sure. These, oh, that's right. These are all questions we need answered. Okay. Uh, please get back to us, and you're you're certainly welcome on the program as well. Uh, Travis was on the show back in the ESPN days, so a uh, friend of the program, as we like to say. Okay, Cole, happy Wednesday to Ariel and crew. This past weekend, my son won gold in his first jiu-jitsu tournament. Mazel tov. Seeing him win and how happy he was made me feel over the stars. Never heard over the stars. I've heard over the moon, but not over the stars, but it makes sense. Couldn't help but think. We always hear about the thrill. And the agony in sports. But when it's your child, these emotions can be heavier than what we see on TV. My question this week, Ariel, is what advice or personal experience can you share from a father's perspective on not only dealing with the agony but teaching your child how to deal with it too? Thank you for your time and love the show. That is a great question, and I couldn't agree more. Um, Man, I get nervous when I watch my kids play sports, and now my daughter is playing soccer. And just last week, guys, my daughter's uh, coach in rec league soccer, she's in first grade, said she should really think about travel soccer. She's got quite the rifle, uh, four goals in the last two games, okay? Not to brag or anything, but there have been times hey. where my son, yeah, got put in nets and I was freaking nervous because I didn't want him to feel embarrassed or feel ashamed or feel guilty about letting the team down. And so it's funny, um, Uriah was talking about his parents attending his sporting events and 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 my parents didn't like it wasn't a thing it wasn't a part of the culture that parents go to sporting events here it's everyone has to go and if you don't go you're a bad parent and so i try to remember how i felt after letting the team down i remember one time 
Uh, I think I was in, in eighth grade and I missed a shot at the buzzer in high school basketball and it killed me. It ki- I was so mad about it and it was such a, it, it felt good. It, uh, I wanted that buzzer beater so badly. And so you just try to talk to them about, you know, playing hard and, and, and being good teammate and, and highlighting good moments in the game. But yeah, you did this and don't forget you did that. And it's not easy because my middle son's team never loses. And my oldest son's team always loses. And, uh, you know, some of the games aren't close. And so try to lift the spirits and not get too down, not get too high. And so you have to, it's hard to give like a blanket piece of advice. You have to know your son or, or daughter. You have to know what makes them feel good, what, you know, makes them feel bad. Try to stay away from the bad things, give them encouragement. And the main thing to me has always been as someone who struggled with this as a kid, like confidence, build their confidence, let them feel good about themselves let them feel that even if they didn't have a great game, dust yourself off, get back out there and then show them pride and show them happiness when they do great things. So I always tell them how proud of them I am and how much I love them and how happy it made me to be there and watch them and, and all that stuff. Cause it's the truth. I mean, there's nothing on the, like I look forward to all of those games and I'm so mad when they end up coinciding and I have to miss one. I hate that. Um, it's a great feeling. And then when they score and all the parents look at you and you're just on, you know, you, I'm not a loud parent. I don't scream. I don't fight. I don't argue. Um, except for that one time we shot, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much to myself. Uh, it's a fantastic feeling. So I wish your son, uh, the best in his jujitsu journey and, and hopefully you'll be by his side to be there for the ups and the downs. Uh, Logan, greetings, Mr. Hilwani. Given the three title fight announcement we got Monday, what do you think the long-term plan is with Conor McGregor? All signs point to a UFC headliner with Michael Chandler, but given he wins or loses, what do you think the direction the UFC goes uh, given both outcomes? I see no fight beyond this that it makes sense if he loses. Come on, that's crazy. There'll always be a fight for Conor that makes sense. Is it uh, a Diaz fight? Is it a Gaethje fight? Is it a, I mean, there's always a fight for him that makes sense. Even another Poirier fight, for goodness sakes. I, I think let's just get to this fight. Um, I don't know how many he has left. You know, it could be less than five. It could be less than three. Conor McGregor at UFC 300 is the move, especially given what they've laid out. And it would just make that event gigantic. So hopefully it happens. And it sounds like he's in a really good place training currently in the, uh, in the UAE. So let's see. But uh, all signs, I, I don't know about 300 specifically, but it seems to be all, you know, pointing to the direction of, you know, that April-ish return, if all things continue to go this way. Thomas, uh, what's up, Ariel and crew? Is Frank the reason why you no longer do the dart segment with in-person guests? Did he get sick of making sure their audio was good? Whatever the reason, I hope it comes back soon. Thanks for all you do. I couldn't make it through my work week without you all. I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't know what happened with the darts. I, I, I really don't know. But to answer the question, it is not a Frank thing. It is solely a me thing. I don't Actually, know what I've been getting endless complaints. Yeah, why are I? But this people want to see it. This That's is the, the class. Want, but, you, but, but you know what? This is the classic thing because when we did it, people complain. You versus Stevo and darts. When we Stevo doing something crazy. Is it not true that when we did it, people complained? I'm not sure. And then they complained when we had the darts guys on. Y- you don't. You don't know what you <laughs> got till it's gone. Now yeah. it's gone, and everyone misses the darts. I mean, the board's right there. You've got you've got to factor in an extra 10, 15 minutes to the interview. We could do that easily. Yeah, no, but it just, you know, we're here and it makes for a longer day. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'll bring it back. 
when the time is right. I mean, is it fair to say, you know, your, your darts passion has waned, right? Like, Oh, that's, I mean, that has, that has to be not true. I'm still watching everything. I'm watching everything. MVG. We'll be there in June. We'll be there. I can't speak. I haven't heard you talk about it in (laughs) six months. Excuse me. I mean, you're not asking about all my interests. Are we talking about, uh, are we talking about La Liga soccer as well? We're not. Okay. I could talk to you all about Jude Bellingham. You'll tell me about it though. Uh, Jude Bellingham. What a guy. Uh, I've actually heard you opine about Jude Bellingham on several occasions. I love I haven't heard about him. Follows me on Twitter, by the way. My bad. My bad. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let me tell you something. December, World Championships, Ali Pally, you know all about it. We'll be talking about it. That's in uh, that's in a month. We'll be talking about it, so chill out. Uh, I try not to bother you guys with all my, you know, interests, because I know you're all very busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Darius, hello, Ariel and friends. During the UFC countdown for UFC 295, Tom Aspinall mentioned that he started sparring with heavyweights for this camp. Yeah. Big weekend for Big Tom. Uh, it caught my interest because I figured it was normal for heavyweights to spar with heavyweights just to prepare for the power strength. I wanted to know your reaction to the comment. Now, was he saying he only spars with heavyweights now? Like this was the first time? I didn't see it. There used to be a time where UFC Countdown was must-see TV. There used to be a time, believe it or not, that UFC Countdown would get a million viewers on Spike TV. Any longtime fans would remember this. And now I, I just feel like it's so formulaic, rinse and repeat. And perhaps I'm wrong. GC, do you do you uh, do you watch yeah. UFC Countdown? Yeah, I, I love UFC Countdown. I actually think it's far better than than Embedded. Embedded's cool for like behind the scenes, but UFC Countdown. Sure. For me, maybe it's just because I'm a newer fan. It's, it's yeah, no. Crazy. I mean, like right now, the episode for this week is sitting at over six hundred thousand views. So like, that is great. It, I, it, I, I'm talking about on TV, a million. Oh, it used okay, to do okay. a million on Spike TV. Yeah. On That's, TV, I don't even know when it comes on. I know it comes on TV yeah. still, but I have no idea when. It was it's a big deal when UFC Countdown was premiering, sometimes after Monday Night Raw. Um, like It was always like in a strategic spot. Do you know of this comment about him sparring with heavyweights? Did you see it? So I'm typically like a uh, Thursday, Friday watcher. Okay, okay. I'm, not the, I'm not the Sunday right there as soon as it drops guy. But I will watch, so. Uh, I I don't I don't know about the specific comment, but I know that like Tom Aspinall is somebody who prides himself on like not moving like a heavyweight, right? Like probably not going rounds like a heavyweight. He's a little bit different from what we see from a lot of the heavyweight division in terms of like flat footedness, sitting down on shots slower. Um, So I just have a feeling that like he's just looking to get the best work in and like he doesn't get that necessarily from just big bodies that are available. That now I don't think that discounts the idea that like he probably has heavyweight training partners. We have talked about several of them. Um, and I'm sure he gets that work. But I would imagine that like in order to kind of keep up with Tom Aspinall, who is like who is exactly what I've just described to his credit, you probably have to be a lighter type guy. You probably have to move a little bit more. You probably can't just be a hunk of meat that he's going to dance around. Otherwise, what's what's kind of the point there? Uh, I agree 100%. Also, we do know that he has trained with the likes of Rico Verhoeven in the past. He has trained with the yeah. likes of Tyson Fury. So I, I would find it hard to believe that he is just training with heavyweights now or sparring heavyweights now. Um, Robert, Ariel, on Monday, you made it sound like a manager was upset with you breaking fight news. You say that if you break news and the promotion doesn't like it, they'll move or scrap the fight? How does this manager allow that to happen? And even if he does, how do the fighters agree to go along with it? Well, okay, there's, what I said last week was, I mean, the vast majority, 99.9% of the managers have a great relationship with. 
what would happen is the UFC would get a fight done and they would tell the manager, hey, if Ariel breaks this news, we're going to scrap it and uh, or move it or change it or whatever. Now, at the time when this really was a thing, it was when I was at ESPN and I guess they didn't like that I was at ESPN. And so they they would threaten to do this and give it to the other reporter at ESPN to try to make me look bad and diminish my standing within the company. And 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 to the credit of my boss at ESPN, Glenn Jacobs, he would say to me repeatedly, we don't care if you break news. We don't want you to break news. You do other things for us. But this was just like my competitive spirit. I was obsessed with it and all that stuff. No, no more in large part because I, I didn't like that it was putting the fighters and the managers in this awkward position where they would call me and tell me, hey, this is happening, but you know you can't break it because they told us this and we don't want to lose it. This has kind of died down, but I know it's still a thing because I've heard it from people. And so it's not... The only manager that gets upset when I break news is Ali because he doesn't like when I talk about any of his fighters, good or bad. And I would argue that it's way more good than bad, but he just doesn't like it. And so that would be the only manager that is upset with me breaking fight news. The other managers don't care. They just don't want it to affect their standing. And I would also say they've never actually gone through with it. It's always just been a threat and the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Like, are you going to try to ruin a fight so that I could break it? Like, I totally understand why they wouldn't want to do that. So the reason why you ask, like, why would the fighters go along? It's not really up to them. And the managers are like, hey, man, like, you know, we love you and you could come interview our fighters. Yeah, they come on the show this and that, like just this one, you got to keep it under your hat. And so what am I going to say? It just would put me in an awkward position because you're sitting on big news when at the time you're dealing in that type of currency and you have to watch someone else break the news because for whatever reason, this, you know, this organization at the time doesn't like you. It's all very silly. I, I want nothing to do with it. And uh, I, I mainly don't want to put the, I, I love these fighters. I love these people as human beings and I don't want to put them in any kind of awkward spot. And so as I was talking about like with the phone and everything like that, like the, the less obsessive I can be and I feel like I've proven over the last 10 plus years that I could break news, I could break a fight just like anyone out there could break a fight. I proved that there will be a thousand others to come. I'm, I'm totally fine with letting someone else do it. Uh, again, if something gets dropped in my lap, if I hear like, yeah, sure. But there's really no, like, I don't work for an outlet that is requiring me to break news. I don't write for anyone at the moment. Um, so I don't really have to do it. And there's re- like, again, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. No one is asking me to do it. Sometimes I just do it out of habit or history. Um, you got right in there? Yeah, I dropped my pencil. But uh, to answer the question specifically, it's really up to the UFC. So the manager or the fighter don't really have a say. If the UFC says they're going to do something, they're going to do it. And we've seen this. They, they, I mean, let's just say, you know, when they announced those fights on Monday, you know, some people heard it for the first time the way you heard it for the first time. And that's just the way, you know. That's just the way the business is run. Peter, hey, Ariel, Monday was an all-time great show, but throughout the O'Malley interview, he reminded me of a character named Ziggy from The Wire. Wondering if anyone agrees or am I way off? Uh, Have I ever told you guys that I've never actually seen The Wire? Yeah. I thought you were a big fan. No, I like saying that line. Um, but I'm yeah, you love the it. we're back. You love the we're back. I like that theme. one. I also like the uh, come at the king, best not miss. Uh, oh yes, yeah, Omar. Does anyone know about this Ziggy character? And does Sean O'Malley remind you of him? If so, uh, I understand, but no. 
but I understand why. Okay. Like, what, just specifically in looks? I don't know. That's what the guy said. I mean... What was the question? Does he remind you of, of he Ziggy? He reminded me of Ziggy, yeah. I don't know. Ziggy was season two. Not my... Not my favorite season. All right. Well, that was. Um, I mean, this was a good, no, this was a good one. No, nobody's favorite season. Let's let's be How real. How many seasons were there? Five. Five. Oh wow. And that two two is up. two is one of those that like everybody hates, but there will be people who will pretend it's their favorite one so that they can you know have yeah, the hipster. It's, it's so take different on it. from the rest of the show, and then it doesn't really have any impact on the later episodes. Yeah. Shout out to the Sabakas, though. Yeah. Yeah, Have you ever watched like a full series, Ariel? I mean, it's a bit disrespectful of a question. What are you talking about? Of course I have. Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, the Wonder Years, I've probably watched a thousand Wonder times. Wonder Years, okay. Anything that isn't like a sitcom. Mm. Wonder Years was not a sitcom. Yes, that is true. Uh, Friday Night Lights, I binged one weekend. Oh, uh, Coach Taylor? Love it. Love it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, huge dog, fan. Former uh, UGA student. Mm-hmm. Um, Entourage's comedy. Um, yeah, but Entourage, yeah, that's 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 a little more like show esque. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just you know, I'm doing a lot of things. What do you want me to say? I, I'm a very busy guy. There's there's a there's a ton that I've loved to like. I, I I've always wanted to watch The Sopranos, but I've never had the time. Oh, that's great stuff. That's why I moved to New Jersey. Yeah. Um, all because of the Sopranos. Those Game of Thrones nonsense. I have no. I have no interest in that. <laughs> Those Game of Thrones. Yeah, nonsense. ten million dollars an episode for production. I have no interest yeah. in any of that. Did you ever watch Coach, the television show? Ah, uh, that's a classic. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. Coach Cheers. My uncle loved Cheers. My uncle Gad uh, loved Cheers. He was a huge fan of Cheers. But it was Home a little, Improvement. Home Improvement was fun. Oh, I mean, don't get me started on Family Matters and Step by Step, and of course, Saved by the Bell was a classic. Shout out. Uh, hang time, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Remember that one on Saturday oh, yeah, mornings? Um, no, it was, I, oh, welcome back. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else? What else? Oh, happy days. Amazing. Um, happy days like the Fonz? Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. We were big yeah. into the Fonz back in the day. One, two, three o'clock. Happy days. Four, six, seven, seven, happy days. Nine, nine. Uh, there was also um, these days. Anything after 1985 or no? <laughs> wait, wait. What was the one? Oh, Family Ties was so good with Michael J. Fox. I, re- I repeat. That was a great one. <laughs> the episode yes. after, Anything this century. Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel Air. Okay. So Quality good. shows. Quality I mean, we're catching. Television we're catching. Program. Yeah. 902. Seinfeld uh, ended saying, right no. before the, the turn of the. Uh, Entourage was the century. You know what I really liked? Uh, the Hills. Wow. Okay. Oh, That's That was kind of like my, the Hills and Real World. I, I, at one point, were kind of like my guilty pleasure TV watching. Um, Favorite Same. Real World season. <sighs> there was one in it's Chicago that was good. There was one in Chicago, Chicago. Was good. New York, I think, was a good one. Um, there was one on some the Miz, island. The birth of the Miz? Yeah. Or are you talking about the original New no, York? No, I think that was a little bit before my time. Um, How about the Jersey Shore pull by Steve-O? Jersey Shore was a good one. It, it was, yeah, it was, that was, it was, was great. Sur- it was kind of surreal to see Steve-O, like a product of late 90s MTV, give a Jersey Shore example, right? I was like, I, wow. I, I think he had Snoopy I was on curious his podcast he, a couple weeks ago. Wow. I was curious if he was going to do his own, his own uh, financial. Sorry, Frank. I'm just going to keep going. Do it. Um, <laughs> I, I was wondering if he was going to give his own finance because his example was basically like you prove your worth and then you're worth so much more. I'm sure all those jackass guys were getting like 50 bucks to 
you know, tase each other in the nuts and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like yeah. millionaires. That's true. Um, it's yep. pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But uh, what about him? Product just... of the time. I wonder if that could happen today. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that's why I asked him that question about like the platform and all that. But I just, I'm blown away by his knowledge of MMA and like how deeply he cares about the minutia and the thumbnails and the time code <laughs> and the first fight. And like we, these- We got tweets I love it. that were like, preach brother like steve-o for president like yeah. people are are feeling the same way as he is so he's speaking for the people honestly i wish i spent more time on mma with him but i wanted to give you know props to his his show yeah. um yeah. but he, i mean it's incredible it's it, incredible he's mentioning like these aggregator sites yeah and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the one keeping them in business they owe it all to steve-o to be honest unbelievable oh that's great um chris what the heck happened with Tyler Santos? She was on her way to being a champ, literally. I mean, she may have even won that fight. Some, Someone or some fumbled something letting her go. Uh, any info? No, I saw yesterday. Uh, I, I, I think this is a question for our boy Guilherme, uh, the Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz. But uh, I, did not, I did not inquire on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a weird one. Surprising, it's happened. Um, but yes, that close to beating Valentina Shevchenko before Alexa Grasso uh, beat her, of course. And uh, we'll see. Maybe someone picks her up, PFL. Um, obviously not a huge, passionate following, but someone who's very good and, again, has the credentials because of what she did against Valentina and others. Uh, Ryan, hello, Ariel and crew. Other than stacking the card for 295, is there really any reason why they couldn't have Pavlovich versus Aspinall at another date with both guys under full training camp? I mean, could we talk about the, like, 295 is very top-heavy. Um, so you drop that fight off the uh, the card. I don't know. I don't know if that's Madison Square Garden worthy. So I think you, you needed that second title fight. Um, maybe hope that some British people come over. A lot of, uh, you know, Russians live in the New York area. I mean, do you guys disagree? Like, GC, I know you like did the deep dive for the podcast. Like, it's it's not a very deep card. Am I am I unfair in saying that? Uh, I think the top two fights are unbelievable. But then I the rest, like, like, talk about so, MSG the, top to bottom. I think the main card is fantastic, but it's funny that you say that. Yeah, we recorded No Bets Bar this morning, and like, we were so energetic, we were so hyped up at the start of the podcast, and we go top down. And by the end, I, I did mention, I was like, man, I feel like we're kind of. Kind of losing some steam here yeah. because it's a it's a it's a it's a build up card. It's like you you're gonna be hyped. We're at MSG and as the fights go along, like once you hit that like featured prelim, that's when I mean that's it's gonna pop off. Yeah, and sometimes the MSG cards have been great. There's been a couple like the DC uh, Derek Lewis one. Like they were they were scrambling for a main event three weeks notice. Um, it's hard for everything to, to align. There was that legendary 217 card. Remember that? Those three title fights, back to back to back, might have been like the greatest 90 minutes in UFC history. Rose, Joanna, Cody, TJ, GSP, Bisping, all finishes, uh, title changing hands. Like, I mean, that was just amazing. That was at the Mecca. Um, but sometimes, you know, the stars don't necessarily align. Last one, OCO. Howdy, Ariel. You are unrivaled in what you do in the realm of combat sports. You have all the accolades and all the legendary interviews, but there's one interview that you need to truly go down in history as the greatest MMA journalist, the Iron Turtle. The people want, nay, the people need, nay, the people require a Park June Young interview. We want to hear from the people's champion, 
the Iron Turtle. Thank you. Wow. That seems like it's more of a request or a demand than a question. Uh, do, you, do you guys share this? No, your, your legacy is on the line, it sounds like. I don't think it's a, a question or, or a request at all. Well, dare are I you, are you Are you as great as you say you are or are you not? That is what has been presented. So the well, uh, line has been drawn. I, I will mean, say... People are absolutely clamoring. They love the Iron Turtle. This man. I, okay, yes, I, mean, I will find him for during you. The, during the, you know, the Chael Sonnen interview last week, as, as things were getting very heated, I, you know, I, I tried to get a temperature on the chat, and mm-hmm. someone was like, I hate to change the <laughs> subject here, guys, but are we getting an Iron Turtle interview anytime soon? I mean, it was... The, the people want what the people want. And we, I mean, we got to give it to them. Well, shout out to the chat. We love the chat. Hello, everyone on the chat. <laughs> quietly, um, quietly seven and one in his last eight. Don't no. Sleep. Okay. Don't sleep. Making I'm a little run. I do Making not know who run. represents uh, Iron Turtle, but I'm going to find him. And I I hope that when we book him on the show, people aren't like, who? Who's that? They're going to complain. <laughs> I dare people. I dare people to do that. Yeah. Uh, that, by the way, was the, uh, the That's Money question of the week. And I uh, want to remind you that support for this show comes from Cash App. So thanks uh, to Cash App for their support. Uh, Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store to start saving today. You could get your paycheck two days in advance. Thank you to everyone for the questions. Thank you. There's actually one more question. Uh Uh-oh. It was the first question asked. It said, this is from Alec Tomlinson. Shout out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thoughts on Sean O'Malley leaking a video of Frank's face on the Snapchat story. Let me answer this one for you, all right, if you don't mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Look, just because some random PA walks in front of my board that happens to be caught on camera doesn't mean that it's me. So I appreciate the flattery of saying that I've been doxxed or whatever, but it's just not true. Okay. There's 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 nothing. Um, there's no proof. That was actually, he took a video. I think he took a picture. And um, that was that was of, I think it was Alex, right? In the corner over there? Yeah. That was the the people think that it was you, but yeah, you sit on the yeah. you sit on the other side of the room, so I don't know what they're talking about, right? Crazy pills. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I meant to bring that up. Appreciate it. Um, all right, thank you very much to everyone for the questions. Uh, now we will uh, close out today's show with uh, the picks for the weekend. Before I get to that, I do want to remind you that November 11th is a massive event for the UFC. It's gentlemen, take it away. Uh, all right. Guys, I've already got Juliana Pena's pick uh, in the holster. Love it. Uh, do we go right now? I mean, we have one more show this week. Do we Do we make the picks right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say you run through them relatively quickly, no? Or what do you, what do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. I meant the Parlay Pals picks. Uh, I say you do it. All right. Uh, Juliana Pena's pick will be the over two and a half in uh, Ricci and Godinez. Okay. Nice. And that takes us to the randomizer. Fire that bad boy up. See what we got. And Frank, you'll actually be going first. Rick second, and I will be uh, bringing up the rear this week. All right. Well, I think there's only one pick that interests me. Let's hear it, man. Tommy Aspinall. Ah, I love that. Look at look at that. Look at that, uh, what is it, multitasking right there. Also, yeah. shout out to the OG Brian Tucker in the control room. Got a shot oh, no. on the camera. There he is. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he knows. I thought that was Frank. He probably doesn't there, notice. There, there he is. is. The OG <laughs> of MMA. Right on the bench back here with wow. me. I love it. I mean, in the trenches. That might be his debut on the show. Yeah, it's good stuff. 
After all these years, two thousand nine. Uh, shout out I, think, I think he desperately wanted to avoid this moment, but he, I, I just saw it. I mean, I, I, I'm he sure just slacked. People are going to say, camera off of me. "People are going to say that's Frank." Now, there's going to be a whole thing about that. It could Frank. be Frank. We don't um, know. Yeah, we don't we know. Don't know. It's a good it point. could be Frank. Was uh, it Frank on Sean O'Malley's snap story? It was not. I say no. No. Um, all right. Uh, they, that sends us over to you, there, Rick. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the money line. I'm going to take uh, Jared Gordon money line. Wow. Not a bad pick. That's a big one. Yep. Jared Gordon, big fight. Any, Mark any, Madsen. Any reasoning of confidence? This, I mean, you're 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 oozing confidence with this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this is one of my my all time confidence picks. Um, no, I just think uh, Madsen's Madsen's uh, getting up there in years. Gordon does things that Madsen does uh, better in the MMA capacity. Um, if it was a wrestling match, it would be different. But as an MMA fighter, I, I, I think there's value on Jared Gordon here. Uh, I think he's much better at putting it all together. And on the feet should be should be Gordon's to have. So, yeah, I, I, I just think uh, it's it's half a fade on Madsen and, and half a confidence in Gordon, if I'm being honest. No uh, no love for my Denmark boys, huh? I mean, they've, they've treated us so well. Uh, I like it, though. Not Flash Gordon. I like it. I like it. That brings us to me. I will go last here. We're already at plus 240, guys. I mean, we're trudging along. Uh, I'll head to the main event. Yuri Prohoshka, Alex Brera in studio on uh, on Monday. Yuri, a great guy. Have met him. Mm-hmm. Won't take a side in this one. I'll be taking the under four and a half. Uh, I think someone's going to get got here. I think someone's going to get got. Minus 450 on that. That brings us to plus 316. This feels like a good week to bounce back. Gotta love it. Feel that. Uh, that's money. That, that is, is money. Money. That's what they say. That is, uh, that is certainly money. Uh, so Richie Godinez over two and a half. Tom Aspinall, Jared Gordon, and under four and a half in Yuri Prohashka, Alex Pereira. I love it. Love it. Also love seeing Cheeto Vera and Sean O'Malley face off today. You guys see that? Uh, yeah. We will actually have that video uh, momentarily. Oh, I love that. Maybe, okay. Yeah, we can, we can play that after I... Uh, after I do uh, my picks. Okay, what else? What I just else? want yes. I want yeah, Action please. Bronson like in all these these Videos? Cheeto things. Yeah. I just want him to be like the hype man, the muscle. Uh, just like great. I was hoping for more of him in the in their interaction with uh, O'Malley when he when he FaceTimed. I just want more. I want I want Action out there like on this fight being being Cheeto. Action's got to walk Cheeto to the uh, yes. Oh, that'd be amazing. Scale the ceremonial. Let's wins. do it. I love it. Gonna put in a and word. maybe Sean can can get his own version of that, and then who it can who be, this be uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, no, we're not that guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Not okay, that guy. not that guy. All right, fine. No. Um, all right. What else? What else? Yeah. What else? Uh, UFC 295. I've got quite a few picks. Uh, I mean, we're gonna have some fun this weekend. You know, it's just kind of a a celebration, a coronation of the hundred units. If we go back down under it, it it will be all right. I will kick off the evening. With an old friend, a fly weight under. Uh, I mean, it's good to be back. You know, we're, we're we're near that holiday season. We're near that that Thanksgiving time. It's like it's like you're back home. You're seeing old friends. You're seeing old family. That's how I feel with the fly weight under here. Um, I mean, both these dudes, finishers. Uh, yes, both their last fights they did go to a decision, but before that they had never been to decisions. Uh, Van had never even seen a third round. Uh, in his eight previous fights, and Borjas had just once in his previous nine. So I think this one's going to be exciting early on in the card. Set the tone. If it doesn't win, I mean, we know where we're at. The the, the tone is immediately set uh, for the evening. 
And uh, yeah, let's get back in the win column for Flyweight Unders. Next up, Rick's man, Jared Gordon. I mean, he did all the explaining that that uh, I was going to do. I mean, he said it perfectly. So we can just keep rolling right along. Next up, our man, Slava. Sadikov, I'm going to take this one under two and a half. I mean, if you watch the Slava fight, if it stays standing, he's probably going to knock his opponent out. Uh, I mean, the dude is crisp. He is fluid on the feet. Uh, and then on the flip side, Sadikov has finishing capabilities himself. Uh, nine of his ten fights have not gone the distance. Uh, and when it comes to the wrestling itself, I mean, Sadikov, he's got one takedown in the UFC, and in that fight he racked up 19 seconds of control time. I know Slava doesn't have the, the greatest takedown defense, but... Uh, I don't know if Sadikov's just going to come in here and lay and pray. Uh, so I like this one to to stay standing, and I, I think someone's going to get put out. Uh, and that leads us to our next pick, our man, Slava Claus, by KOTKO, plus 250. Like I said, if it stays standing, you're more than likely going to get knocked out by this man. The, the striking is crisp. It is nice. So uh, at this number, I, I like to take him by the KO. We keep it rolling. Lupi Godinez. I'm going back to the well. I mean, I've had some trust issues with Lupi uh, in the past, but she just looked so impressive that last time out against Elise Reed, and and now this time against Tabitha Ricci. We know Ricci is going to go to the wrestling, and and Godinez is a, a wrestler herself. I think she's going to be able to na- negate that. And when it stays standing, I think she's going to have the pressure. I think she's going to be able to dictate this fight wherever it goes, and and I think she's going to be able to win uh, a decision. Next up, another flyweight fight. Uh, Steve Ursek. I like this matchup for him. He's going to be the bigger fighter uh, by quite a few inches in this division. I think he's the more skilled fighter as well. And then Alessandro Costa is coming in on short notice. I think he has a lot of advantages in this one. And I think he gets it done. And Costa knocked out in two of his fights. I think this one's going to be a scrap. I think it's going to be a banger. And I think there's a chance that Ursek gets him out of there. So I'll take a little dart, a little flyer on Ursek by KOTKO in this one as well. Um, couple sprinkles on this card. Have a little fun. You know, it's, it's UFC 295. We are in New York City. Uh, let our hair down, as you said. And speaking of letting our hair down, I mean, who better to let our hair down than our man Diego Lopez? Oh, yeah. Is it the best hair in the UFC? Is it the worst hair in the UFC? I, I don't know where to rank it. I mean, it's the people love him. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about something that gets the people going? It's Diego Lopez. I mean, this is strictly just a vibe bet. Love love Pat Sabatini, uh, great Philly man, but Diego Lopez. I'm just riding the vibes on this one. I, I think they will be high to kick off the main card. Uh, so that's that. Diego Lopez, money line. Next up, Jessica Andrade, Mackenzie Dern. Crazy to think that in January, Jessica Andrade was coming off a stellar victory over Lauren Murphy, and now she's trying to avoid losing a fourth straight uh, before the year is out. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy how fast this sport moves, but not going to play a side on this one. We'll be playing the under two and a half on Drash, similar to, uh, to Charles Oliveira. I mean, they both just happen to be Brazilians, but, I mean, they are just agents of chaos. Andrade, the queen of chaos. I mean, uh, nine of her, ten of her last 12 have gone under the two and a half, eight of those ending in the first round. She pushes the pace, she pushes the chaos, and... Uh, if this one hits the mat, I mean, we've seen her sub twice already this year. Who else is uh, is good at submissions? Mackenzie Dern. So I, I think there's multiple ways that this fight finishes. Uh, I think they're going to put on a show. I think it's going to be a fun one. So I will be taking the under two and a half. If, if Andrade is fighting, I am typically playing the unders. Let's get to the co-main. 
And the main event. This was, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a must-play for me. Aspinall, Pavlovich, under one and a half. I mean, what what more can you say about these guys? Aspinall, 16 fights, 16 finishes, 13 coming in the first round. Pavlovich on the other side, 19 fights, 16 finishes, 16 of those coming in the very first round. That's 35 combined fights for them. 91% finish rate, 83% in the first round. I mean, I think this one is just going to be... It's just going to be insanity from the moment it starts. Both these guys pushing insane pace. Pavlovich, you know what he's going to try and do. He's going to try and get you out out of there. Aspinall, he can mix it up a little bit more. And, you know, coming in on short notice and, and having watched Pavlovich's most recent fights, I, I do feel like Aspinall is going to try to wrestle. I mean, we've seen him get takedowns at the UFC level. We've seen him get submissions at the UFC level. And he's, he's just nasty once he gets on top. So I feel like he is going to try and mix it up. Uh, I feel like that would be the game plan, which is why took a little flyer. Tom mm. Aspinall submission round one or two. Uh, you know, getting kind of fancy with the specific rounds, but the dude has never seen the third round before. I mean, he he's not there uh, for a long time. He's there for a good time. So kind of zigging when when others are zagging on on the submission. Uh, a lot of people think this one ends by KO, uh, but yeah, I think if he gets it done, it's it's going to be done early. So uh, at the plus five hundred. Thought it was worth a, a little stab. And also be taking another stab on the main event. Um, sort of an alternate line here. Looking at the lines, you know, you had Alex Pereira KO plus 100. Yuri Prohoshka KO plus 200. Despite 29 professional wins, 25 of them coming by way of knockout. Felt like a little bit of a disparity to me. And then I looked a little bit more. Yuri Prohoshka never had a first-round finish in the UFC. I know it's a small sample size. Alex Pereira... Only had one. I feel like there's going to be some patient. I feel like there's going to be a bit of a feeling out process. I know everyone wants chaos from the start. I don't think it's going to see a fourth round. So what I did, Yuri Prohoshka, KO round two or round three, plus 550. Just another little sprinkle, just oh, another yeah. little dart uh, in the main event. But Alex Pereira's line on this was like plus 290. Felt that's too big of a disparity where I really think the most likely path to victory for both of these guys is to win by knockout. Uh, so really just playing it by the number there. And then... A violence parlay. And those are the picks for UFC 295, New York City, Madison Square Garden. And that is big time stuff. Can't wait. Big card, big time stuff. Uh, and of course, you'll be doing the uh, watch party. Right uh, where you're sitting. Right where I'm Well, sort of like there, no? Yeah, yeah like a, to, just to the left a little bit. Uh, I did get these gloves. Uh, one of these, you guys have to fight it out. I got one pair for the two of you. Wow. So it's uh, in large part because of the love that you showed Gian on that episode post Sean O'Malley winning. So I don't know if you guys want to take one each or whatever, but you guys, you know. All your GC. You guys. Uh, no, 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 Rick. Let's each put on one glove and and uh, slap fight. Winner gets. And scrap for it. Take them. Yeah, winner gets to take <laughs> them both home. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Sanibal for that. And uh, yeah, Friday we'll be back, 6.30. One other piece of news, uh, the Jake Paul fight was announced uh, December 15th in Orlando. Uh, Andre August, I do believe, is his opponent. Um, I know uh, there it is. Uh, December 15th, Friday, December 15th in Orlando, Florida. So everyone wondering who he's going to fight. This is a uh, a pro boxer and uh, for now, he is going down this path as opposed to the MMA fighter slash influencer slash famous person from another sport path. I know this is a polarizing topic, not one we're going to get into today 
because it's way too late. But I did want to mention that. And do we have that face-off video? Uh, we do. We can go to that. Frank already Let's booked his hotel in Orlando, by the way. I can't. Done and I done. can't wait to see it. There it is. Uh, Cheeto Vera. I mean, as cool as can be. Is he wearing shorts? I can't tell. Yeah, those are shorts. All right. Look like my shorts. The ones that uh, people made fun of me that I rocked at the uh, Real Madrid Stadium. And there they are, the old friends. This is going to be a gigantic fight. Oh, a little bit of talking back and forth. This is a big time fight. Cheeto Vera, Sean O'Malley, they met. Uh, a few years ago, uh, the fight ended. Somewhat unceremoniously, Cheeto Vera got the win. Sean O'Malley has refused to acknowledge the win. And who would have thought in the O'Malley year 2024 <laughs> that they would be facing off again with O'Malley as champion? Pretty remarkable Crazy. stuff. So we'll Crazy. have plenty of time to talk about all of that and more. Both look great in their own right, I must say, in that, in that clip. Um, but we are out of time, gentlemen. Thank you very much to the both of you and Frank you can hit our music Uh alright my friends what a day it has been Uh, what a week it has been so far in total six in studio guests Uh, another one booked for Monday already you'll hear about him closer to Monday and of course we've got the big show on Friday Uh, people bought tickets early and uh, we are appreciative and, and thankful and because there was such a demand Uh, We decided to air this one on YouTube. I've done the live shows in front of the audience before. Never before have we aired it live and direct from the venue. So let's see how it goes. Appreciate everyone behind the scenes who is working very hard to make that happen. Again, that's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern this Friday, 3.30 p.m. Pacific as well. Stay tuned for that. Also, the watch party on Saturday. Uh, starring one GC, Mike Heck, and the whole crew as well. Thank you very much to everyone who came in studio. Shout out to Steve O. Shout out to Anthony Smith. Shout out to Slava Claus. Shout out to Uriah Faber. Shout out to all of them. Shout out to all of you. Back on Friday, same time, different place, different time as well. Until then, I say peace. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 100.
and 68 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.